uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster. I did like I said, geez, do I put the ginger in the ale or the ale? Do, do I take the ale out? Of, I take the ale out of the ginger, and I mean, yeah. I say the man who says to I say, what's ailing you, ginger? Yeah, because it's time for sleep with me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, so that's that. I want to thank uh, Chris Post. He posts him from Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music. He's got a podcast, Sounds Like an Earful. Check it out, please. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer, who do our artwork. We have a Facebook community over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S, nods. And that's to talk about sleep stuff and, and, and podcast stuff and just make friends, actually. Or acquaintances, or lurk. You know, I'm I've I've lurked in more than a few places. You know, they say, "Scooter, you're an IRL lurker, aren't you?" They say, "Well, former, formerly." Uh, but anyway, I want to thank our moderators: Jennifer B, Julie C, Rachel L to the G, Lida S, and Laura, and also former, you know, founder Alexandra. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. I think I just said that a little bit like Elmer Fudd. Well, welcome. Well, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Or the podcast that's here to put you to sleep in between doing uh, poor, uh, whatever you call those cartoon imitations. Or the podcast to put you to sleep. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what, what is the rest? I'm going to reach my voice, my hand via voice across the deep, dark night. And I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been running through your brain. Whatever's been chug, chug, chugging along, you know, keeping you up, tossing, turning, thinking, worrying, uh, feeling, uh, whatever, if it's, uh, if it's thoughts, if it's physical pain, if it's emotional tumult or turbulence, it could even be physical turbulence, you know, if you're up in a plane and you need distraction, any of those things, I'm going to take your mind off it, and the way I'm going to do it, uh, tonight's a metastasis news episode, so the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones. I'm going to use, you know, some uh, point pointless, I call them, they, I started using this a couple weeks ago, and they might have tried to teach you this in school, but this is gerrymanders, shaped like a gerrymander, maybe, if I'm using, there's a possibility I'm totally incorrectly using that. But just, you know, picture, we say, geez, what does a gerrymander look like? If you're picturing in your brain, you're exactly right. But I'm going to take that and do it in story form. And no, it's not going to be the history of gerrymanders or gerrymanders. I mean, I probably could say, well, boy, I remember the first time I saw a gerrymander. I walked to the, you know, the gerrymander canal. Uh, which we built uh, for $20 million, and back in those days, that was a lot of money. And it was a pet project of old uh, Senator, you know, Cigar Breath, and we uh, we sunk all our tax money into that Jeremy Andrew Canal. Uh, so I could do that. 
And the podcast is a little bit like that, but instead I'm going to talk about Metastasis, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad, which happens to be in Spanish, because that's the language they speak there. So I'm going to run through the episode once or twice. I don't speak Spanish. I'm, you know, I'm, because uh, I, 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 English, I'm doing my best at Spanish. I said, well, I'm going to see if I can pick up a few words. Then I'm going to watch the Breaking Bad episode that corresponds to Metastas episode. So I'll run through comments on all those things. Then I'll run through and see what words I needed, you know, that I wrote down that I looked up. And then, you know, if I have time after that, I'll talk about, you know, I'll say, Jesus, what else could we learn about Colombian culture, Breaking Bad, Metastasis, or, or, or the Spanish language? And this is all done in the spirit of uh, celebration of uh, the brilliance of Breaking Bad, celebration of uh, curiosity. Uh, can a man learn Spanish that can barely speak English just by watching a show twice a week and saying, hmm, hezo, it has something to do with hacer, which means to make. I think it means he made. So see, I learned that, maybe. And so, so and that's where I started. I said, geez, I wonder if I could learn any Spanish by watching this. What a cool idea. The, the uh, Colombian version of Breaking Bad, I, I'd like to watch that. And then I found out it's, it's a show populated by wonderful actors. And it's given me a chance to rewatch Breaking Bad, which now rewatching it, I can I say, holy uh, frickin' moly. This show might be better than I, than, than I remembered. And I guess check that. This show is, is way better. It was so, it's amazing. It really is a treasure. But I'm going to do that all, as you can tell by my tone. You say, geez, you sound a little detached. You sound a little tired. You sound a little, you sound a little bit like I imagine a gerrymander looks. And I say, yeah, that's how I do it. I, I try to keep it, you know, I'm trying to distract everything that's in your brain that's trying to keep you up at night. You know, so I'm going to do my best to keep it fairly entertaining, fairly. But you say, geez, you don't have to invest. All I want you to do is invest a little bit of your attention. And, you know, the same amount of your attention that said, oh, boy, whoa, you know, where did I put that when I left work today? Oh, geez, how many steps? You know, you start thinking, well, I don't want to forget that. Forget everything. You know, you're going to remember everything better in the morning. You'll be more equipped if you just lie back and relax. I'm going to do a bit of a, a circus act. Like I said, I'm going to talk about metastasis. I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad. I'm going to talk about Spanish. I'm going to talk about other stuff. But instead of performing for you, I'm going to perform for the parts of your brain that can't, you know, that you know usually won't leave you alone. Instead, tonight you say, hey, hey, everybody. You know, hey, worry ward. Hey, hey, know-it-all, hey, hey, uh, Holly, why aren't you a Hollywood star? Uh, you know, now that you, what are you going to do with those crows? How are we going to be a star with those crows? You know, hey, all you people in my brain, circus time. And they say, well, we don't like to, what, we got a, we got a worrying to do with it. Well, this is a special circus, everybody. This guy put together a circus for you. He calls himself Scooter. He seems, well, let's just listen for a little while. What do you guys say? We'll, we'll snuggle up in bed as a bed. He brings the circus to the bed just for your convenience, everybody in my brain. And they may, let's win him over. Well, geez, that's, that's kind of, that's convenient of him. 
And he even likes to compliment you guys at my brand. He says that you're out to protect me, and, you know, you guys are looking for certainty to keep me safe. And they say, really, this guy, he's a big fan of ours. They, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And and he never, he, he would never say, you know, this is a misguided attempts to keep me safe. Because he knows you guys are just doing your best the way you know how. And he said tonight, in every night from here on out, if it works, He'd like to entertain you for just a little bit. And he said, you know, he does his best. And you guys, instead of criticizing me, he said the best part is you guys can keep He said there's so many. He said his circus is like they could call it the Swiss cheese circus. There's so many holes in his act. So you guys go ahead and keep track of his act. I'm going to lie down here. He's got a special. Uh, uh, he said, he, he, you know, instead of stands, he has, you know, special seats for you guys, brain seats. They're, they're heated, warmed, and cooled. And like those laptop computers, that you say they're liquid-cooled and heated or something. He said they were designed by Muskie. So he said you guys would like that. I'm going to, for for us, you know, we're, you know, we'll get brain, you know, brain holders. He's got these magical, he said, he said, he said he's got a place for me to lie down. Because he said, you know, you guys are really the ones running the show. The circus is for you. Uh, so, hey, I'm just going to lie back here behind the stands. And you guys enjoy the circus. I'll be back here. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. And I say, hey, everybody, come on in. This circus is about to start. I'm going to finish up with this, you know, metaphor. Try to wind up the, they say, well, you know, you guys are right. It's not much of a metaphor. I know. I'm just doing, you know, but I'm going to, you know, finish up this metaphor. You guys keep an eye on me and let me know, you know, if there's anything coming out my nose or my ears or, you know, keep an eye on it because I mispronounce a lot of words. Oh, boy, I can use some help with that. And if my Nana said, you know, I've never, I, I don't have enough shame once, she said it a million times, really, she did. So you guys could always throw, you know, shower shame, whatever you need to do is this shame, you know, shame free, you know, shame them if you got them, they say at this uh, Swiss cheese circus here. So welcome one, welcome all. Uh, but mostly I'm glad you're here. That, that I don't know if that made any sense to you. But maybe it quieted down some of your brain and you just kick back. Anytime you want to doze off, go right ahead. Not going to bother me one bit. I'm glad you're here. And I hope I desire and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. All right. So we're on episode 12 here. This is our first metastasis run through. Fissuras. I mean, I don't know if that's the name of the episode. Fissuras. Uh, but we're in a dump, or what looks like a dump, and we have, you know, one of those desperate, uh, just doing their best to get by. And this poor man, he, while he's doing that, he finds Tuco's grill, uh, Tuco's gold uh, teeth sealed in uh, whatever that plastic's called that people use to display things. It's a paperweight, you know, level situation. And then we're at ICCT, uh, we're at ICCT, and we got a time lapse of Walt getting some treatment, and then Walt's meeting with the doctor, and they're alone, Walt's got his hands on his thighs, he's making a smile, he can't get comfortable, then his hands are in his lap, 
he sees nor he seems nervous or unsettled and then Walt gets his bill from the doctor or the doctor's you know uh, administrative and he seems to be working on some kind of discount and she gives him a button that says uh the button de esperanza uh, when with the bill and then Walt takes that and he tosses it in the trash as he leaves and then we're back at a Casa de Blanco and Cielo's got a pile of bills she's on the phone she's clearly stressed uh, she says uh, bien bien muchas gracias and then she kind of throws the phone down in frustration uh, Walt kisses her on the head, but she seems very, very under duress and cold almost. And then we're in bed at night, and Walt sneaks out of bed. There's some spies-type music playing. And he goes and grabs the hidden money, his old dead bolt. He puts the money in piles with all the bills Cielo is going through. He bites his fist at one point, then he gets sick. And then he notices his toilet's clogged. It's clogged with a cigarette wrapper and cigarettes. Then we have a time lapse of the city, night to day. And then we see Tuco's grill from earlier, but it's uh, on Henry's desk. Henry's looking, uh, I said, Henry's looking uh, Swedish, oh, shirt-wise. He's got a brown diamond shirt. He pulls a photo down of a guy. Uh, oh no, he pulls a photo of someone down. Then a guy wants to meet with him. It seems like he's a big shot. He's talking about Tuco and Heisenberg. I thought he said Blanco. I put question mark. And then Henry's uh, thinking about a promotion. I, I think they mentioned an office. And then we're in Henry's office. Gomez and, and the rest of the crew are in there as co workers. And Henry's really holding court. He's got two. He's with Tuco's grill. One guy had a very uh, a strange voice. I noticed, but in a good way. A good way. I don't. I didn't write any more details about it. Okay, can picture. I said, "Well, that was weird. That guy's voice was different." Then the phone rings, and Henry. Uh, it seems like him and the teeth don't get along, like some sort of, he says, oh, geez, I don't know about these teeth, uh, Tuco's teeth, like something, it's got some emotional grip on him. And then we have Henry walking around the office building, all chipper, and he's like the man, he's getting the man type treatment, like, hey, you the man, Henry? And then he gets in the elevator, and there's a little, like, shake in the elevator, and then Henry, uh, he seems a little overwhelmed, like either uh, stressed or exhausted or just tired. And he, he doesn't feel so hot. He's breathing. There's a lot of close-ups and camera angle changes. There's sound effects. Henry doesn't look like he just he says, it looks like his stomach's upset. And then he gets off the elevator and lobby pulls himself almost instantly back together. And then he sees his buddy Gomi and uh, he, he's acting all chipper. Uh, but then he gets off the elevator, he pulls himself together, he sees Gomez and uh, the rest of his buddies and he acts all chipper. And then we have the junkyard and Jose and the bus pull in and the junkyard dude is there and he's obviously still mad at Jose. Uh, Jose Miguel, 
Jose, Jose, uh, and he pays him, and he's like, you know, count it if you want, and then Jose kind of tries to make a a deal with him about, I think, storing the RV, the bus, and he, the dudes ask him for too much, they go back and forth, and then they agree on amount of money, and, uh, and then the, Jose, Jose is like, oh, I like that truck. He's like, not too much. And then he buys this old car. And then Jose's looking at apartments. He, he sees this really fancy one with this uh, beautiful, stylish, pretty agent. Who he said, it seemed like at one point she was looking at her own ring. I was like, she engaged, but then she doesn't want to take cash after Jose Miguel offers it to her. She says something about her papa, and Jose just begs her to take a chance on him. And he seems she's trying to keep her boundaries, it seems like. And then Jose signs the lease, but she does check him out a few times. And then we have Henry. He's making his own beer. It's a Weiss beer, and he's got himself on the bottle. And he's very serious, almost like he's cooking, you know, very similar and Maria rolls into the garage, and she's not happy at all. He went, He's like, hey, try some beer. She's like, no, no, no. And she talks about Mexico, beer, the garage, David, it seemed like. And then talk gets serious at some point. Maybe that was this. And she glares, and then she closes him in the garage. She closes the door on him. And then Henry gets irritated. He gets a beer-making injury. And then we have Jose in the bus. He meets Walt in like a quarry or something. And they get it, it seems like it's cooking time, but then it becomes a debate time. And Jose's clearly not happy with Walt. He's like, what the hell are we going to do with it, with the stuff they're cooking? And Jose seems to be the serious one, but Walt's all like, no, 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 not a zero. Uh, he coughs, he, he doesn't feel good, and then he makes a more quiet argument. And Jose thinks about it, but w- he's like, well, you just don't get what I'm trying to tell you. And I think he even says, like, this costs me my house. And Jose, he really lets Walt have it. And, but I wasn't sure what he said. I was like, what? And then we're at Jose's new place. He's got chips. His boys show up. You had Mono, who loves Echoes in empty apartments. He loves the Echoes. And then Jose talks about his big plans for the new place. The Mohawk guy was there. He looked terrible. They said, man, you need to, you need to go see a fit. You need to get a physical a checkup. But he seems to be interested in, like, giving Feng Shui advice for the apartment. And then everybody's having some chips and soda. Uh, Tan Fuerza. And Jose has a plan. I think it's about dealing. And he's very serious and leader-like. He puts Mono on the spot, I think, to do some math. And he really goes over his points more than once to make sure the guys understand him. And then we have, like, Walt and uh, Walt Jr. and Cielo in a car. Uh, they pull over Cielo's size while Junior gets out. And then those two sit for a while, and she frowns and gets out. And then Walt sits, he sits there, he checks the ashtray. And then it's a garden party at Maria and Henry's. Cielo doesn't, seems like she's, uh, 
like at that pregnancy stage where she's just feeling so uncomfortable, not to mention her, you know, everything going on in her life. And Maria's sitting there, she's making a point, you know, then uh, Cielo gets up and leaves, Maria gets up and leaves. Henry does some kind of shot bomb, you know, like uh, where he drops a shot of something in his beer and then he pounds his beer. And then we're in the kitchen with uh, Cielo and Maria. Uh, Cielo's like doing uh, dishes, she seems sad, Maria's just so chatty. And she's talking and talking and talking, and finally Cielo shushes her. And Cielo grills Maria about something. I didn't know if it was about Walt or about Maria, though. And whatever conclusion it starts to approach, Cielo seems very hurt and very upset and sad. And Maria's almost speechless. She says, pardon, pardon. And she walks off. And then you have Henry, Walt Jr., and Walt Sr. there. And Henry had on that sweet, like, blue shirt again. That almost looked like some strange writing or digital symbols. Uh, Walt Jr.'s asking him questions about something I didn't know about what. And then uh, Walt Sr. asks Henry something. At first he's like, I don't know if I like this conversation. And Henry was drinking his own beer. He says something about cucarachas, and then Henry walks off kind of irritated. Uh, and then we have some music kicks in, and the next scene is like uh, it's a deal in the blue sequence. And Jose's on the phone. You got like all these different customers, and Jose's three buddies making drops, making deals. Even a boy scout, a group of boy scouts dropping their money. Uh, to uh, uh, Greasy Mohawk, and uh, it seemed to be going really good. We even had we had Mono at like a club that looked like a kind of Bootsy Collins uh, cosplay club, which I had thought about starting that uh, Bootsy Collins cosplay club, but uh, I don't look. You know, I don't. That's not my look. But I said, geez, there's an untapped market there. And someone said, there isn't a market. And I said, well, maybe in Colombia. And they said, well, there already is one. And I said, well, geez, good thing. Mo- that's a good place to sell blue mass, I bet. And you have, like, the uh, Jose lying down, throwing money in the air. Uh, then Mohawk gets his, uh, he, he gets tricked by someone. They say, hey, the police are coming. Follow me. Let's run. And then they take all his stuff. And then uh, Walt and Jose meet. They seem like they're talking about Jose's new, you know, old car, his new old car. He gives money to Walt, who does the math. It's short uh, due to those losses, and Walt does not like it. He can't accept the reality, and he gets all bent out of shape. And then Jose tries to explain it to him. Then Walt talks about how Tuco had a reputation, I think, and how he would handle it. And they can't agree. Jose gets Jose's the one getting adamant again. And then Walt is all cold and businesslike. Then we're back at Walt's house. Cielo's having a toaster oven, pizza for dinner, and soda. And Walt comes down and he's like, "What are you eating?" And he's not happy. I couldn't tell if he was unhappy because it was unhealthy, or because she didn't, you know, share it. Uh. And then I say, he says, like, oh, where's Walt Jr.? She says, out. And she says, what, do you want to call him? 
And then Walt busts out the cigarettes. He gets all outraged. And Cielo's like, dude, you know, screw off. Take, take your take your uh, outrage elsewhere. And then we're at Henry's house. There's a noise in his garage. And it's all this pop, pop, popping. But it was the popping of the beer bottles. And then where Walt shows up at Jose's place, he's like, hey, you need a deadbolt on this door. Or maybe we need a deadbolt on our business to keep it safe. And Jose's like, oh, whoa, we're going to start locking, virtually locking everything down. And then Henry, he's like in some weird uh, industrial alley during the day. He's acting all weird and thinking, and then he throws the teeth out. And then uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, So that was uh, Metastasis run-through number one. All right, so we're going to do the uh, Breaking Bad run-through and then the Red Pen run-through again. That's how I watched it this week. And this episode starts out with uh, water, and then we have two men crossing the river. And they're carrying water and boots. They seem to be crossing the border. And one of the guys happens, it's a, you know, a tense scene. You wonder, are they going to get caught? And then the guy trips on what seems to be Tuco's grill. And uh, I say, geez, those are some gilded teeth. Much more gilded than I remember. Or whatever you call it. I said, they got like a lot of uh, uh, stuff on there. And then the show opens... And then we see Amber to Liquid, it's medication, and there's lots of shots of Walden treatment, um, what do they call it, not freeze frame, time lapse. And then we have the doctor with Walden, he's like, yeah, we've come a long way, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. And we'll see what happens, we'll reassess and decide our next move, right around when the ba- this doctor is so, uh, his bedside manner, if you don't mind me saying so, is phenomenal. Like, I would say, Jesus, uh, you know, seriously, I, I love this doctor. He's just, he's got the right amount of comfortableness, charm, and uh, just command. He says, yeah, we'll check back. He just seems caring. I don't know. I said, Jesus, and maybe it's like I got doctors on the brain. I don't know. He said, hey, Walt, that's right when the babies do, huh? He goes, uh, maybe this is good timing. He goes, you'll start feeling better. Your hair will come back. And Walt's like, well, I'm used to the cue ball look. And the doctor who happens to be bald or shaved of head, he says, I I call it streamlined, buddy. Aerodynamic. And he says, you still confused? Walt's like, no, I'm good. And he says, how are, he looks at the empty chair. He says, how are the two of you holding up? And Walt's like, well, geez, you know, we're busy. You know, so they talk confusion. They talk marriage. Then Walt gets the bill. And we get a little dinosaur action because there's a dot matrix printer that spits out about 40, you know, a lot of you were lucky enough not to be alive in the the great dot matrix days where you say, geez, I would go, I could, I would give any, I'd give my right ear, ear cavity for a uh, mimeograph machine because these dot matrix things, they, but they're good uh, for multi-layered Forms in triplicate, which is what the bill is at the doctor's office. And so Walt uh, gets his bill. He looks at the bill. He's like, what about the cash discount? He's like, yeah, it's on there. And she gives him a button and says, hope is the best medicine, which Walt throws in the garbage. And then we walk his home. Skylar's on the phone. 
she 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 uh, we get Anna Gunn's got some really good uh, physical acting this episode uh, because she hangs up the phone with this wonderful flourish. And she says, uh, she, you could tell, she, she says, three days, uh, $13,000. And then she's like, can Gretchen Elliot cover this? It's like an incidental, you know, expense or something. Well, it's like, yeah, I'll figure, yeah, they'll, they'll cover it for sure. And then we have Walt lying awake in bed, uh, worried or something. He gets out of bed, he goes, gets his cash. He piles the bills, he looks at his deadbolt, his stomach gets upset, plunges the toilets, we get a point of view of the plunger, we see the cigarettes that were hidden in the, they're flushed, and I say, oh boy, I don't mean to criticize Skylar and Cielo, but uh, uh, you're going to flush a whole pack of cigarettes down there? You know, come on, what, what are you, rookies? They thought you were, uh, you know, come on, you can't you... Uh, but, you know, most, maybe they wanted to be caught. I don't know. And then we have a cool view of Hank, like with Tuco's, view, uh, Tuco's grill framed with Hank behind it, I think. And he has a meeting with his boss. And he's like, uh, bring me up to speed on uh, Tuco. He's like, he's done. And he's like, great, all right, well, thanks for stopping by. He's like, well, things are, you know, quiet out there. There's not a lot of mess. But, you know, that's not going to last, you know, with this turf up for grabs. And, and his boss is like, well, we got a name? And Walt says, I Heisenberg. And he's like, that's what everybody in the strip street is saying. Heisenberg? He's like, yeah, I know. It's like maybe it's an urban legend. But he's the guy uh, cooking the big blue is what he calls it. And he's like, we're on it. And then the boss says, uh, you know why foods are, or sharks are at the top of the, you know why foods are at the shark top of the shark chain? Uh, you know why sharks are at the top of the food chain? And Hank says, because uh, they have uh, three sets of teeth and they'll take a bite out of anything. And he says, some of those sharks travel thousands of miles in pursuit of their prey. And he says, you're a great white Hank. And Hank says, that's not, this is a diverse workplace. I'm not comfortable. And he says, no, shark, shark. And I said, okay, okay. And he says, how about a, you know, a promotion? You could work in uh, Albuquerque and uh, El Paso. And he says, cool. And then he meets with Gomi. And he's like, hey, buddy, what are you going to do without me? And he says, well, I won't have to look at you. And he says, I'm the brains and the brawn. And uh, his other, the other guy's like, well, you're making me lose my appetite or something. And they're saying, geez, Frank, you think you're pretty hot stuff. And he said, well, you buying lunch or what? He's like, yeah, I'll see you suckers downstairs. And again, we have also Hank's laugh. He does the bush laugh. You know, the second bush, will we have a third bush? I don't know, but this bush, I know, has a, <laughs> that, that's not it. <laughs> I can't do it. But Hank and, and that, the former president have the same laugh. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I can't do it. But uh, let's see, then Hank's in the hall. He's, snap, he's doing like the old snap and clap move when you're waiting for something. But even when he was walking down the hall, he was doing it. Then when he's waiting for the elevator, he does the more 
uh, standing, so it'd have to physically show you to do it. But there's, you know, two, a couple of different kinds of snapping and clapping moves. He does both of them. The one where you snap your, I would snap my right hand, shoot it down uh, to clap it on my left, uh, which maybe would be my fist, it would make a clapping noise. And that's what usually you do that when you're walking, but then there's one where you stretch your arms out uh, wide, uh, like uh, where your arms are at lengthwise away from your side. And then you clap and then slap your hand, you know, like and push your hands together in a clap. He does both those while he's waiting for the elevator. You know, usually you're in you're in a chipper mood when you're doing that. And then he waits for the elevator. He gets in. And there's a quiet moment, and then Hank kind of has a little bit of a, you know, we say, "Geez, I'm not feeling so comfortable with the latest turn of events. It's stressing me out." And then the doors open. He's pulled it back together. And then we're back at the the junkyard type place. The guy, the tow truck driver's welding the truck. Jesse rolls up, and he's like, what the heck are you doing here? And Jesse says, like I said, my word is my bond. And he says, uh, can I, st-? You, you know, he pays the guy for everything, you know, covers all damages. He's like, can I keep my, uh, carrying the guy? He goes, yeah, for a million five. And then Jesse says, come on, yo. He says, what about you, your sister? He says, I'm serious, I got storage needs. Scratch you up front. Uh, we could, you know, negotiate. And then they go back and forth. And Jesse says, come on, man. And he says, oh, well, okay. You know, they go back and forth on money. And just says, lock it inside. And he says, you know, I'll pay you up front. And he says, hey, you got, you got, a, I think it was the El Camino. He says, how about that? The guy says, like, 9000 Jesse's looking for a car. And then he says, huh, well, and then he finds this, uh, he says, what about that? I don't know if we see it in this one, but uh, then we see Jesse pull up. He's apartment hunting in this sweet old car, and we meet Jane for the first time. And he says, hey, he goes, he goes, Jane, this place is great, uh, awesome, and she's kind of one of those, uh, she she likes to play with words, uh, I think, in a, a way to maintain some uh, superiority, maybe, or control. She says, oh, does it inspire awe, really? And Jesse's like, well, it's great. It's what I want. And he said, you know, I used to have a big house, and now I got nothing. And she's like, well, you know, it's all set, you know, utilities. Jesse goes, he says, uh, what does he say? Oh, there was a great thing with a garbage disposal where he uh, turns it on great physical. He thought it was a light or something, and then it kind of frightens him, or and he tries to play it off, which was hilarious. And then she points at like the uh, washer and dryer, and he says, "Stacking, uh, sweet." Like I just thought it was so funny. And uh, you know, is this a great place? And he says, I'm a fan of the hardwood. And she's like, uh, you know, no pats, no smoking. He's like, it's cool. And she's like, hey, what about W2? He's like, well, you know, uh, he's like, uh, I'm between, you know, things and stuff. And he kind of shows her the cash. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And, and she's like, my dad's not really, he own, you know, he owns the place. He's not an exceptions type thing. 
And it, she goes, you know, go run your game somewhere else. And Jesse's like, Jesse really makes a heart, a heart, heart-wrenching appeal almost. He says, you know, I, I got nowhere else to go. You know, I got no game. I just need a chance. My parents kicked me out, and I'm a disappointment, apparently. Don't meet, didn't meet their expectations. And so he says something like, I mean, I'm a person, person no, non gratis or whatever. But he said, I'm a good person. I work hard. I'll pay you. And I'm not going to mess this up. And she says, well, you know, for more money, you know, cash. And he says, great. And she says, and actually, give me like a couple more months of rent for a DBAA. Don't be an asshole. And he says, no problem. And she's like, I live next door, by the way. And she said, no squatting rice. And, you know, if you blow this, you're out. And she goes, I have people I can throw you out. And she's like, what's your name? He says, Jesse. Jesse Jackson. And she's like, what? And then the next thing we have Hank singing. Uh, like a beer, old beer song about Schrader Brow. And he's brewing beer. Uh, almost like he's cooking. Uh, it's just great. And then Marie opens the garage door. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, taking care of family, you know, personal business in here. Uh, you know, beating off. And she says, that's exactly what it looks like. And he says, brewing's an art form, Marie. And he's like, don't you remember the good beer I made? And she goes, you, and this I didn't realize in the other, she goes, you call in sick on your first day of work after your promotion. And he's like, don't, he goes, babe, relax. And this one is a new one too. Don't ever tell Marie to relax. She says, don't tell me to relax. You know I hate that. He goes, oh, yeah, sorry. And she says, Dave said I should say that. And he's like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm fine. I I can take a day off. And he goes, get out of here so I can concentrate. I also noticed there was a, a, a Jesse in there. I think, they were t- I think they used the term man cave. And then there's a real cool at the end, like Maria's standing there and she closes the garage. And again, like a, she's Skylar's sister. It's just a cool uh, way that she kind of stands there, uh, kind of, uh, what do you call it? In protest, not protest, but saying, geez, Hank, what, what the heck? And she, she, I don't know, with a little bit of anger, I guess, she closes the garage door. It's automatic, so it's be tough, but. And then Hank, it looks, he's alone for a minute, and he, uh, and then he kind of, uh, accidentally breaks a bottle. Then the next scene, we should, we have like high power lines, we have a stick bug, uh, someone twisting their wedding ring, a desert, and we see his Walt. Then Jesse pulls up in the RV, and he says, hey, what's the pro, pro, uh, plan? And this is, these are some good scenes between Walt and Jesse this episode. Because uh, Walt's like, the plans are cooked. Jesse's like, why would we cook uh, if we can't sell anything? And Walt's like, well, uh, just sell everything yourself. And and he's like, well, dude, uh, he goes, you, and Walt's like, that was our original plan before we met Tuco, right? And one, it wasn't good enough for you, Walt. And Jesse tries to say that, and he's like, you know, the, your brother-in-law is watching me. And uh, he goes, it's too risky. 
uh, well, Walt's like, I don't want to think either one of us want to get in bed with uh, Tuco. And Jesse's like, I got bills and rent, yo. Responsibilities. And, and uh, he's like, I already lost more money than I've got. And, you know, I'm tired of messing around. And Walt gets really, he's like, you know how much money I've got left for, you know, the cancer treatment, world's most expensive alibi. I got nothing. And nothing for my family, which is the whole damn point. And he goes, we're not quitting now. And he goes, we got two choices. Uh, I'm, you know, somebody like Tuco or you sell it. And then Jesse says, there's a third way. And Walt's like, what? He's like, we, we be the middleman, you know, or run our own game. And he goes, what, like uh, snort math off a buoy knife? But Jesse Scaffney, he goes, I can set up a network. I know people. Production and distribution. And uh, we can, you know, sky-high stacks. And Walt says, I'm not willing to do that. And Jesse says, I, you know, who said anything about you? This is, this is, I'm, I'm doing it. And Walt says, uh, I don't, I don't vote for this. Uh, unknown entities. And Jesse says, you don't gotta vote, bro. And Walt says, well, this is a partnership. And he, and he says, uh, you cook, I sell. That was, you know, you were the one that talked about that division of labor, Walt. I also noticed they had better suit, they had nicer suits and aprons. That's another thing I wrote here. But Jesse's really standing up to him. And but Walt's like, well, yeah, that was the division of labor, how we should have kept it. Uh, and Jesse's like, look at all the mess you got us into. And Walt says, well, I admit there's a learning curve here. And I'm over-ambitious. But that's not going to happen anymore. And Jesse's like, right. And he goes, uh, and this is when Jesse kind of takes control. At least in this moment, because he has the power of choice here. He says, uh, yeah, we do things my way or I leave. Uh, you need me uh, more than I need you. Walt, he says, Walt, in this... Uh, uh, sweet way. I said, you need, you need Walt. Uh, I love that instead of Mr. White. And then we have Jesse putting pretzels in a bowl and over the side of a bowl over and then cleaning those up. And then Skinny Pete shows up, Combo and Badger, who loves, you know, Badger really loves the echoes and doing funny hellos. Uh, Badger, in the past, Badger does not know that 3D TVs, he's like big on 3D TVs. Actually, I didn't realize that plasmas would stop being made or almost be phased out, unfortunately. You know, Skinny Pete's a big plasma man, as am I. But Badger was big on the future of 3D uh, adult entertainment, which, uh, didn't, you know, adult uh, 3D, 3D television did not catch on. It, was, it seemed to be more of a marketing ploy. Uh, but all the guys are there, and Jesse, you know, gives him a tour. Jesse talks like about a lot about inner, you know, how he's going to have the apartment set up, and how, you know, feng shui type stuff. I think he even talked about having a fountain and uh, modern stuff, zero gravity chairs, candles, and then they're like, "Hey, wh how about we party?" And Jesse's like, "No, no, 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 no partying." He goes, "You can do that when, when you're free time. This is business time." And he goes, here's how it's going to go. You know, I give you an ounce, no cutting it. And you sell it for 2500 and you, you keep uh, 500 and I take 2000 
And they're like, uh, dude, there's a going rate's like seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. And Jesse's like, this is the best stuff, and there's nothing else out there right now. And he says again, this is good stuff, so do not cut it. You know, sell it how you want, but no, no cutting it and no price changing. You know, mess it up, you're gone. And he goes, this is a big opportunity, boys. And then he says, understand, Badger? What is this, Badger? It's a big opportunity. And he says, this is the ground floor. Uh, and he goes, there's going to be blind drops and all sorts of professional type stuff. Uh, move it quick, move it right. There's always more. DBAA, mofos. Apply yourself. So he's using all this other stuff he's learned, which is funny. And then he even kind of stares at Badger, I think, at the end when he says DBAA, but that might be my imagination. And then we have Walt's van, and it, or, well, the truck, mini, mini, yeah, truck van. Uh, it pulls up to Hank's house, and the whole crew gets out slowly. First Walt Jr., then reluctantly Skyler, then Walt, who checks the ashtray. And then we have Marie. Right away, we cut to a scene in their backyard. Marie's kind of making a speech about how Texas is an armpit. And Hank's kind of trying to, detect, uh, you know, say, well, it's not really that bad, Texas. And Marie's talking about how much better it would be when they can live in D.C. and Georgetown. And Hank has a hat on, which I was like, oh, that's that's rare. I don't know if I've seen Hank with a hat before. Very plain shirt, you know, not, more flash in the hat. And then we're inside, and Marie's still talking about D.C. and the culture. And then uh, Skylar does this wonderful, again, I said she was on her A-game. She does this uh, shush, shush, shush move, where she puts a finger to her lips and says, Marie, shush. And then she kind of points her finger out, at, at, not exactly at Marie, but more... And then she goes, shush, shush. So she goes, shh, 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 or something like that. Really good. Really beautiful to watch. And then the scene just really takes it up a notch because, uh, uh, there's like this apology showdown where Skylar's like, now or never. Uh, and if you don't apologize, it's never going to be the same between us. And again, it goes back and forth. And then she says, uh, She's really heartbroken, Skylar. And she says, I need my sister back. And her face is so hurt. And Marie just says, I'm sorry, you know. And, and uh, Skylar accepts. And, and uh, you know, the wound, at least in this situation, seems to be healed or healing. And then we have Hank and Walt Jr. talking to go. And Hank's like, you know, it's not that such hot stuff, Walt Jr. This is the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night. And Walt's listening in, but he's kind of staring off. And But then Hank gives some bravado, and he says, You know what it is? A cockroach comes out of the fridge, you just act, you just take it out. Uh, you take the cockroach down. And then Walt kind of needles me. He says, well, Where do they come from, criminals like that guy? Uh, what makes them who they are? And uh, Hank says, Buddy, you might as well be asking me about the uh, cockroaches. And then there's just this beautiful, beautiful view from their backyard, uh, from their house, which is beautiful. And, oh, Hank also says something about, like, there's a whole mess of roaches out there. Armada, maybe, he said. 
And then we have Jesse and the boys doing their uh, selling sequence. And then Skinny, you know, that's a pretty long sequence. And then Skinny Pete gets his stuff taken away from him. Then we have a Walt and Jesse meet, which is, again, just as fabulous acting. Because uh, he's like, hey, what's up with the, well, like, what's up with the new car? Jesse's like, keep it on low. And then he's like, uh, this doesn't bounce, huh? And then Jesse's like, here's your money. Uh, you're welcome. And then Walt counts the money. He's like, uh, wait a second, this is... Uh, uh, $1,000 short, and Jesse's like, well, something came up. He got, you know, Skinny Pete got uh, taken, money, stuff taken from him. And he's like, but Skinny Pete's cool. And Walt says, well, it's your guy that got robbed, uh, or you that got wa- robbed, uh, whatever. And J- Jesse's like, dude, it's breakage. Like at, like at Kmart, okay, stuff breaks. And Walt's like, this is acceptable? He's like, yeah, it's the cost of business. He goes, you want a thousand bucks here? Take it. Why you got to be a jerk? And then Walt shames him. He says, well, maybe this breakage is just you being played a fool. He goes, this is a non-sustainable business model. And Jesse's like, you're so negative. He goes, we're making six grand a day. And he goes, well, once everybody knows that Jesse, Jesse Pinkman's running a clown-based operation, uh, you know, we're going to be toast. He goes, uh, do you think Tuco dealt with breakage? And he, he says, no, he was the one brokeage, you know. He was a brokerage, you know, like Walt Trump firing people. And Jesse's like, here, take a 1000 of my money. You have $15,000 you didn't have yesterday. These things happen. And he goes, well, while you're at home tucked in with your family, I'll be doing all the work. And then he says, why do you have to be such a freak? And then Walt says, well, you've made the division of labor clear. Good day. And then Walt gets home. Oh, wait, it was, I put that, that scene was just delightful, the level of acting. And then Skylar's at home. She's making a microwave pizza, or I said a pizza or a bagel. Ends up as a panini, she says. Uh, Walt gets in. He's got all this passive-aggressive dialogue. He says, oh, how about my panini? He goes, oh, no, I thought we didn't eat those. They weren't healthy, like sodium and stuff. She, she's like, yeah, I was hungry. I had a craving. Uh, once in a while, it's not a big deal. He, he's like, where's Junior? She's like, out. And she's like, he's like, who? And she's like, Lewis, where? Somewhere. I don't know. He's going to be back at nine. He's like, well, I thought you'd know where your son is. And she's like, well, who you know? She goes, I'll tell you what, why don't you call him and find out where he is? And then Walt busts out the cigarettes and then, but Skylar, boom, she goes, "Uh, maybe I smoked it. She goes, he goes, you smoked it? She goes, "Uh, maybe, or maybe I did in a fugue state and I don't remember. And he's like, I want an explanation. You know, you're pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, this is three and a half cigarettes, Walt. And she goes, you don't want to go down this road. And she goes, you know. She goes, you know, if if it helps, I totally feel ashamed. And now you're shaming me even more. And he goes, this isn't like you. And she goes, oh, really, how would you know? And then Walt ruins it. She, she walks off. She says something about him, mumbles it. Uh, 
Oh, I forgot at the beginning, when when Walt first starts talking, Skylar's like reading, ignoring him. She's got this really nice laugh, like dismissive laugh, uh, while they're talking. And then she kind of ruins her his app her appetite. Uh, and she calls him out. And then we're back at Hank's, and his beer starts popping. It kind of frightens him. He goes into, like, what's going on, Mo? But it's just his beer popping. And then Walt shows up at Jesse's house, and Jesse's like, yo. And he, Walt wants to come in, and he says, he says, he says, uh, Jesse, he says, uh, he goes, you asked me what you wanted to do, wanted me to, wanted you to do. And he pulls out the deadbolt. And he says, I want you to handle it. Lock this business down, uh, Trump style. Like, take it to the limit one more time. And Jesse just kind of looks at him. And then I think, I don't remember Jesse's look, to be honest with you. I just said that, so I apologize. But I mean, Jesse probably did look at him. And then we have Hank. He's walking to the river. He's got band-aids on his hand. And he throws Tuco's bill, gr grill into the water. And that's the end of the episode. Thank you. And let's move on. Uh, you know, in, in the interest of experimentation this week, I'm going to do the red pen run through and the uh, language learning at the same time. Hopefully things... You know, won't won't uh, explode or anything. But uh, first word I wrote down was Sabera and Aguacata, which couldn't be translated. And I think it was so. And I remember looking these words up. Somebody was talking to me from my family, uh, so that didn't work. And then C A U Cautela, Cautela, a caution. Uh, then Bueno. Es un nuevo uh, look muchos. That's a good, good is a new look many. But mucho, you know, that's a very good look, I think. A very good new look, I think. Uh, lo usan, used what? You used what for your, you used what to walk, dry your hands with? Lo usan. I also noticed that in Colombia, Walt's bill was, uh, uh, was much shorter and printed on like a laser inkjet printer, where in the U.S. it was long and on a, a dot matrix. Uh, so that was something I wrote, you know, laser or ink, yep. Uh, que Dios la bendiga. Uh, que Dios, I think that's what the lady says. What? Que Dios lo bendiga. God bless you, Walt. Uh, but what about this? Pero el médico la pedro de biria, uh, la pedo de biria, the doctor requested but should, and or cubirla, cubirla, I don't know how to pronounce that, cub, cubirla, cubirla, uh, cover that up, buddy. Hey, can you cover that up? Uh, you know, like when I just got back from being, being on vacation, I try not to wear a shirt as much as I can. And I don't even say, I didn't ever get that, but, you know, can you cover that up? Someone may have sent that. Lamento, lament. I lament uh, not. What I did do is I went to the Great New York State Fair, 
And every year I used to have a tradition to see, you know, you're supposed to wear a shirt in New York State, I think even at the great New York State Fair. But it's the kind of place you say, geez, I'm at a state fair. I want to take my shirt off. And usually it's crawling with uh, police, you know, because people tend to misbehave at state fairs a little bit because there's a lot of cheap alcohol. One of the reasons I used to frequent it. But uh, I used to experiment. I'd say, geez, I wonder how long I can not wear a shirt and see if a police, and even if I'm with, with little kids, like, will a policeman say, hey, can you put a shirt on? Or someone else be like, could you show some common decency and put a shirt on? And then I found out that no one would, and this might sound funny, it's true, two years running, uh, but I didn't do it this year. No one asked me to put my shirt on except for people I was related to. But most, but most of them, they thought it was funny too. And back when I used to drink, you know, I'd have like two beers, no shirt, and I'd be, this would be at the midway. That was like the prime spot for not wearing a shirt. Uh, you know, dirt, dust blowing, people riding, little kids riding rides. And old Uncle Uncle Scooter with no shirt on drinking beers. This year drinking soda with a shirt on. I should have taken my shirt off. It wasn't quite warm enough. And also I kind of forgot. So that's the main reason is because I forgot. Uh, otherwise it would have taken off for sure. So I guess Lamento, I lament that. Uh, Peral, P-E-R-R-A-L, did not translate. Ongame, put me. Uh, you know, if someone was, they'd be like, you put me in an uncomfortable spot not wearing a shirt at the state fair. And I would say, well, no, I put myself in a comfortable spot, man. You know, it's a breezy, cool. And I say, well, you know, this is a, where it's unfair. And I say, well, yeah, I'm the only one at the fair without a shirt off, usually. And to be honest, I'm gathering data is why my shirt is off. And, you know, it's just, 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 I guess it's a, not rebellion, but what do you call that when you're, the bratty version of rebellion acting out or something like that. Okay, what about this? Yo de lo que siesto y seguro. I, what, I, siesto and safe. Siesto must be safe and sound, I'm guessing. Uh, and then the guy says to, en un tiburón blanco. It, this translates it, it is a white shark, but he's saying, uh, Henry, you are the white, great white shark, my friend. Uh, Merer say, Mer say, Mer say, uh, worse. What's it worse to you, buddy? And I would say, a CK aprendan y pravochen. So aprendan and seize. So we got a pro, so we got part of that one, but this one, this is probably this is the phrase of the week, even though it's not complete because it's got some, uh, uh, it's got some good stuff. Pongase a desir bobodas. That's it. I mean, that's the word of the week and the phrase of the week, probably. Que después se la las cree quien solo agota. I keep saying nonsense. That was then, and who believes what, Agota? But I just like, you know, keep saying nonsense, and that was then, who believes? Uh, que rico, uh, delicious. Uh, was it how delicious, or just it's delicious? Uh, uh, babodas is, uh, que, que rico, babodas. 
That word, nonsense, is delicious to me. Uh, mayor, higher, orale, below. Oh, is it? Okay, this is a question. Is there a word, orale? Is that orale? 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 Orale, right? You always hear people say that. But I thought it was orale. But is it orale? Orale. 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 I was trying to do it the other day. Orale. 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 There you go. Orale. Orale. So, I don't know. Let me know about that. Kamine, let's go for a walk after you just did that. It gave me a headache. I need to go for a Kamine. Well, uh, what about Yugadores? Those are the players in the game. Yugadores. Uh, Palotas, they play with balls. Palotas. They get a feeling this is metaphorical. Uh, he asks how we hear that. What, what, there it is. Uh, Scooter can't figure out what a hiesta is. There, there it is. Uh, he asked the Scooter was tempted to do some uh, who's on first material, but he decided not to. Uh, he asked a, uh, palabra, word. What's the palabra of the K? Esta palabra un semana. Close to speaking Spanish there, maybe. Uh, what's the word of the week? Um, who, you know, maybe uh, palabra, but we already said it was bobodas. A scooter Bobotas has been the word of the week every other week. Well, thanks, uh, Bobotas is, is the name of my game. Uh, Apute. Apute does not, Shiflo does not translate either. Um, Almay, Samont. Uh, week listening to you, Scooter, feels like, what did I say? Amia. Almay, so it feels like a month with you translating. Well, how about this? We play a little Palos, uh, Sticks. Uh, pickup sticks. Palos, uh, pickup, I don't know, pong pongame? No, that doesn't mean pickup, but put me in sticks. Pongame. Instead of put pickup sticks, we'll play, play pongame sticks. Put me sticks. And someone say, I'd like to put some sticks in you, Scooter, you know. Well, pregunta, why? That's my question for you, pregunta. I want to ask you a pregunta. It's pregnant with meaning. My question is why? And they would say, yes, uh, in that, uh, aha, baldosa, tile. Baldosa, you know, they be, you know, tile can be cold and cool to sleep on. You know, key is if it's clean. Uh, I don't know what clean is, but I might think of it, but uh, baldosa. If you're living in somewhere with a heat wave, think about sleeping on some tile. You know, a lot of people advise against it's hard. Possibly dirty, but if it's if it's clean and it's cool, uh, it might be soothing. You know, hard, clean, cool. You know, you'd have to outweigh the the hardness versus the coolness. And then if we were in Eastern Europe, they'd say papeles, papeles. Can we have your pa- papers, please? Uh, papers, please, papeles. And I would say por fa, which I think means for what, but uh, according to this, it means by fa. Uh, para elos, I'd say for them, that's for what? For them, para elos. Uh, dale, man, do it. Give the uh, Eastern European guy your papales. Do it. Uh, this is what uh, Jose Miguel says when he says talks about why his name is Jose Mercado. Mercado, coma el supermercado, el como el carrito de mercado. 
And that didn't translate at all. It just says Mercado is a supermarket as the market Carito. But I'm guessing it somehow translated. I was born in a supermarket is what I was guessing. And she she, she says, Aca también, here too. Were you born here too in uh, the supermarket here in Colombia? Aca también. And he says, this is what uh, uh, Maria says to Henry. Uh, no, no me digas tranquila. Uh, don't freaking don't tell me to sh- chill out, man. Do not tell me to chill. No me digas tranquila. And he, Henry said, "Well, ahora see si. now if uh, Dave says to chill out, Dave, can you calm down, Dave? Uh, ahora see." Si. And then he say, uh, "Que hacemos? What do we do?" Uh, what what do we do? Holy crap, look at this one. Uh, ya estoy mamado de ser gueva del paso mamado. I'm being sucked, sucked, gueva of step. And if we gueva on his bird brain, we'll say... Uh, ya estoy mamado de ser gueva del paso mamado. I'm being sucked, bird brain, of, of sucking steps or something. And someone might say, pues no, uh, for there is no sense. You know, this is all babotas. And I would say, probably right. I'm a guevon spewing out babotas to put people to sleep. Or you got it. Uh, balbemos, uh, return, botas, boots. Tejanas, this says Texans. Oigame, listen to me. We know that Oigame. Well, we always saying that to Jose Miguel. Jose Miguel. Jose. He always says that. I think people mispronounce his name there. Because he says Jose. Jose. Jose Miguel. Uh, Oigame, listen to him, how he says his name, Scooter. Uh, pues sabe que llave de malas, but buddy, knowing that is bad. Uh, pues sabe que llave de malas. Also noted in the red bin run through, I liked how Jose Miguel slides down the spiral staircase. Uh, I don't know when spiral staircases fell out of fashion, but they're a giant pain in the ass. I mean, they look cool and they save space. But if you, and I've never lived somewhere that had it, and probably last time I went up and down a spiral staircase, I was like, uh, it's been a while, and I, for a long time, I guess this is me brushing back against my fantasies of owning, uh, uh, someplace with a spiral staircase, but, but they just seem like, it's like, geez, it's a lot of work. Uh, regular stairs are easier. And for such a tight space, a lot of people tend to tumble down them or slip in and go butt, you know, do the old butt on the uh, spiral staircase. But Jose Miguel handled it. Jose Miguel handled it fine. I also put when Maria was saying, hey, don't tell me to chill out. She did a great move while talking. She spread her arms. It was really nice. Again, no me digas tranquilita. I also noticed uh, Razon. When Jose says razón, uh, to Jose, like you call, you saying you cost me my house, something razón, he snaps. I liked that. Uh, reason, razón's a reason. 
Uh, usted me necesita mas a mi de lo que yo. Lo que yo lo necesito a usted, Walter. Uh, translate, you need me more than I what you necesito, Walter. But you need me more than I need you, Walter. And I love how both those shows, they finish it with that Walter. It's very, very powerful. And then Jose taps his head. He says, piensala. Think about it. Think it. Think about it, bro. And that was one of my favorite scenes on both shows, watching Jose, Jose and Jesse stand up for themselves. Piensala. Think about it, bro. And someone say, Scooter, what, what, what's your rush? Well, I'm out, you know, aha, uh-huh. I don't know, AJ, Pared, wall, writing's on the wall, man. Pared, writing's, Escrio de Pared, right, uh, on, I don't know what on is. Probably do. Uh, Estillo, style, you get good style. Cine, that's the cinema, or cinema display television. Uh, real hunte did not translate gasimba, I think just means soda or maybe uh, fuzzy gassy water. Gasimba, uh, punto sticks, time for pickups to pongame a punto. Uh, palos, oh no, palos is sticks, oh, a punto's on the brink. I'm on the brink of screwing this podcast up, a punto. Uh, palos is sticks, Luca did not translate. Uh, quig, quill, quill. Quill, C-U-E-L-E-G, uh, C-U-E-L-G-A-N. Well gone, uh, hang, do you want to hang? Uh, digo yo pues, I'll say it, no, Scooter. Uh, digo yo pues, uh, no, I don't want to quill gone with you. Well, ahora o nunca, it's now or never to hang with Scooter. Uh... And they say, uh, digo no, uh, yo pues no. And I'll say, well, I guess some fresco, you know, some fresca, fresco, fresca, right off the bottling line, fresh fresca. And they would say, de don de salon, I'd say, from the bottling line. And they would say, really? I'd say, no, from the store. Well, it's not even fresca. It's just fresco. It's water, cold water, tap water. And then the usual next thing they say is, no, no, say, no, 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 I don't know if I, we, we need to go. And I would say, Salantantas, you're leaving. Many, many people are leaving. Salantantas. And then I'd be home alone and it'd be like Ziggy or Kathy or Charlie Brown or their modern equivalent. I'd say, y no pase nada. And nothing happens for Scooter. Wah, wah. I also liked when uh, Walt Jr. Walt Senior asked Henry about the uh, they they're talking about the criminals. He says no no say and his look uh, was was very good. And then Henry's a cucarachas, you know that's what these criminals are. And then uh, when Jose and Walter meet up, I liked how uh, uh, Walt starts looking at uh, as soon as he hears the number, I think or whatever. Jose, he's already cringing because he knows it's coming. Like he says, here's 11,000. And Walt says, okay, 11, oh, wait, 11,000? And he says, see, Walter, son imprevistos que pasan. 
if Walter are unforeseen passing. Uh, Cosas, that means stuff. And foca, focus. Uh, Romper, botellas, breaking bottles. Cosa, thing. Or stuff, you know. Ineptos, that's inept. Pasan, pass. Carajos, uh, uh, fuck, fuck. And Salio, I went. Uh, let's see, anything else from Red Pen run through? I noticed Walt is angry when, when he sees, uh, uh, Cielo eating the pizza. He gets this really passive aggressive, angry sigh. Like, and you know, when, when you're in a relationship and someone sighs like that, it's really irritating. When you're in a relationship and someone sighs like that, it's really, it can be irritating. And then Walt starts grinding his teeth. And I think that's it for this week's Red Band Run-Through and Language Learning. Uh, so, thanks a lot. Uh, then over on Twitter, I want to thank Sean C., uh, new listener, Marty M., for recommending the podcast of Fat Anarchy, who I guess is a new listener. Uh, Virgo Tex, who sounded like they were having a rough week last week. Uh, regulars, Babs, Billy, Silvertone. I want to say thank you to Laura M. for writing nice stuff about the podcast. I want to thank you to Chicago Girl for bringing in Jimmy. I want to thank Ellie. I want to say hi to Ian, who seems like a new listener. Frankie, good old listener Kimberly, a new listener Ben B., a new listener Tara or Tara. I said, she said, yeah, by, by the time you hear this, I should know, but, I, but I'm recording this Friday night, so I don't. Mary W. over on Facebook, Ahab's wife, uh, David P., Brenda S. Over on YouTube, I gotta apologize. YouTube does not send me, so I, it's my fault. No, but I didn't know. I had a couple of people think Vain Glory, VN Graveyard, uh, Braden, Braden B., Good Dancers, Hector, Like O, Like H. I want to thank all of you for your comments on YouTube. It's so nice of you. Email. I got a nice email from Meg. A wonderful email. A couple emails. I've been talking to Poe about some dreams. Uh, another Mary I heard from was a nice email. Kimberly A. Lindsay. Uh, and then over on iTunes. I want to thank again Tara. Tara. Got a Blanca Tara. Got a blanket, got a blanket, Tara. Got a blanket, Tara. Do you say that's like, uh, do you got Tara? Do you have a blanket? Got a blanket, Tara? Got a blanket, Tara. Suba duba dabara. I don't know. That didn't work, but she she wrote a wonderful, wonderful review over there. And I'll tell you what, you should go over there and read it. Part wonder, part comedy, part boring, sport storytelling or storytelling. That's my other podcast. So, uh, the, the, pan, the plant podcast. That puts your plants to sleep so they can spore. It's instead of soporific, whatever the spore is, sporific. They say scooter plants don't have spores. That's fungi. Well, yeah, the fungi cast. That's what I said. Aren't you listening? But anyway, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Go over there, read a God of and all the other wonderful reviews. Thank you so much for the support. And let's get on to the show. What do you say? I want to thank Chris Posey Posterson, who does our music. He's over at soundslikeanearful.com. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer. 
on our artwork. Also testing out some light dims that I think uh, Jennifer had recommended once. Uh, maybe that'll be on a show, upcoming show, a sleep show. We have a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. And our narrators over there, Laura, Lida, Rachel, to the L to the G, Julie C, and Jennifer B. And it's just a little community place where you can, you know, get to know, you say, geez, you listen to this podcast too? What's up with this scooter guy? And then you can say, geez, you, you rub bomb on your feet before you a bomber or a non-bomber? B-A-L-M, you know. And you can talk about stuff like they say, well, geez, do you do uh, clockwise bombing or counterclockwise bombing? And they say, geez, I never thought about it that, that way. I've always done, uh, you know, parallel, parallel, you know, parallelogram bomb. App- and then someone say, I'm a bomb applicant. I'm a bomb reader. It's like a palm reader, but I, I put bomb on and I read. It's actually the same as a palm reader. Uh, but just with bomb on your feet, you know, so kind of like a, you know, a bit like a palm reader. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. But we do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to do the rest. And this is your first time here, you might be like, well, what's the rest? Or if this is your fifth time here, you'd be like... The, the, the other four times you said the rest, it didn't really make any sense to me. Uh, so I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and uh, give it a shot. What, what the rest is, is, uh, well, tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday. So I'm going to try to spin a little story based on what's trending on Twitter. And you just get in bed, you snuggle into bed, pull up your covers, or you could start this podcast and start getting ready for bed. You know, put your slippers on if you're a slipper sleeper, take your slippers off, whatever, you know, sit on the foot of your bed, take some breaths, or whatever, you know, or you see, GC, whatever it is, look out, Scooter, could you get to the point, remember, you were going to get, you were going to say, because the other four times I didn't understand, okay, I mean, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be, 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 be understandable here, what I'm going to do but maybe this time I'll tell you the why instead of the, I'll tell you the what, but I'll try to keep that compact and then I'll tell you the why. How's that? Oh, it's a one-way interactive medium here. But what I'm going to do with my voice, with my stories, with my tales, is I'm going to reach out my hand across the deep dark night. And I'm going to do my best to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing through your brain. Whoever's got your body perturbed or your mind disturbed, your emotions unnerved, uh, the rhyming will be curbed here, right there. I, was, I almost rhymed something with there, but I held back with a little a devilish little grin. I don't know if you could hear that. Here it is again. Uh, I think there was a little mouse noise when I did it. Uh, but I'm going to do, do that with my voice. I'm going to take it to, I'm going to try to distract you from all that, all that stuff that's churning. If you're an overthinker like me, if you're hypervigilant like me, or you're different, but you say, geez, there's something I, I just can't get it off my mind. Or I just can't quiet down my legs, you know. 
or whatever it is. I'm going to try to distract you from that by telling a story. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, long explanations, a lot of uh, pregnant pauses, like going on a walk with with somebody that says, hey, let's go down the street. And you say, well, there's nothing down that street. I'd say, well, let's check it out anyway. But but this time you're in bed, you really, there's no walking involved to say, okay, well, why don't you go down there and give me a play-by-play? Because it's even, there's a sign there's the most boring street in the world. It's actually, you know, when they said, this is where, this is the street where vanilla sex was invented, they said. Uh, it was based, the tale of the old woman that lived in the shoe was based on that. But it was only because it wasn't interesting like a woman living in a shoe. So I'll say, okay, well, I'll go down I'll narrate it for you. It was somehow, and I don't understand how, how it works. I don't even understand why it works. I know how, why I want to do it. But somehow, if you listen to me, you say, well, he's going down the most boring street in the world. I'll listen to see if what, what, what his initial take is. But then you'll be like, well, I'm kind of yawning here. I'm kind of drifting, but his, you know, it's not half bad listening to him talk a lot better than thinking, oh, wait, I'm not thinking, all my thoughts are listening. And they, they may be there like, oh, is this the most boring street in the world? Because it's a pretty bold statement for Denmark to make, you know, say the Finns, say the uh, other countries around there. And I say, are those, are those isthmuses up there, peninsulas, or I say, I know they call it something. Uh, we bust out what those Northern European countries loathe, which is called the passive listening. Now, those, you know, mentally uh, healthy countries with the high life, long lifespans, you know, one of their mottos, I think it's on a flag, it's one of the smaller countries that says, you know, active listening thus for or something in their language, you know, together, actively we listen. I think that's what it translates to. Uh, together, we actively listen. But here you don't get used passive listening or non-listening. You don't even need to comment called listening. You could say, well, my ears are naturally on. So my ears are, you know, absorbing his sound. My brain may be. Maybe it's just my eardrums may be reflecting most of it. And then it's ideally you drift into sleep. Now, I said I'd tell you why I do it because I haven't done that in a little while. And I'll tell you, there's a few reasons why I decided to make this podcast and test it out and see if it worked. And then it worked. And then I said, let's keep doing this thing. One is I'm an overthinker. I got brain bots. I got brain, you know, my brain is always racing, always thinking. Eight, eight, eight thousand voices. I think there was a Bruce Springsteen song about cable television. Along, you know, 20 years ago, I said, well, geez, that kind of sounds like my brain. You know, there's a pitch man on every channel or something. And I said, yeah, most of them are saying, you're awful. Like, they said, well, we got this great new product, but it'll never help you. But you should buy it anyway, because, you know, there's a chance. But, okay, so let's, let me try to focus the best I can. See, I'm trying to focus. That's why this podcast, I guess that one, I guess that one's not on my list of whys, but I guess that we could put it on there, naturally unfocused, so that's two. Uh, three is I had this horrible bout of insomnia. 
of sleeplessness when I was in uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Uh, based on thinking about school and being uh, afraid of school, t- terrorized by school, uh, among other things. But mostly I spent the whole night worrying about school and then worrying because I couldn't get to sleep. And, and it was uh, it was one of those things I'm sure many adults tried to understand it, but they couldn't believe. I didn't feel like anyone could relate to the intensity uh in the depth of my pain, and I'm not trying to, you know, make a. I'm not trying to make a, a, a pitch for sympathy here. It's just something I've never forgotten. I've carried it with me, and especially when I said, "Geez, I can't." And people would say, "Well, geez, you know, do, do you do butter your toast? Because if you have some butter in the morning, they say a sleepless man." Leaves no toast unbuttered, or a sleepful man, or and they say people would say, you know, well, did you did you ever walk around the block? Well, yeah, when I go catch the bus, I got to walk. Oh, okay, well, uh, and they say this is about have you tried breathing? Have you tried not thinking? Have you tried thinking about something good? And even to my small child brain, it it they said these these adults aren't making any sense. They don't they don't get it. Uh, so that's part of it is is trying to do the impossible, which is, is to go back to that child I once was and say, hey, buddy, I'm here for you. I got some boring stories I'm going to spin you. And this isn't something I'm angry about or anything. It's just It just is. But there was also something I experienced in those those dark years, in the deep, dark night. That's why I use that term. Uh, on Sunday nights, which were the worst night uh, for me, there was a show called The Dr. Demento Show, which was a comedy parody radio show where like people like Weird Al Yankovic would play songs and it was joking around. And it wasn't quite like anything I had heard on the radio before. And there was something about it that felt a little bit illicit to a younger me and a little bit escapist. And it just gave me a brief two hours of freedom from my thinking and my worrying and, and, and just some sort of uh, a distraction. And it didn't always help me fall asleep, but I felt like it was this companion, this soothing companion. Now, I never met Dr. Demento. And he, he probably does, he probably has gotten thank yous from people. Maybe I should thank Dr. Demento. I have kind of, but. That's a, that's what should go on my to-do list. And just in case, thank you, Dr. Demento, uh, for, 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 for bringing me some comfort. And, and so those are the reasons I do the podcast because I, I said, geez, if, if this can work for anybody and they're feeling anything like I did as a kid or as an adult when I can't possibly get to sleep and I just start to lose hope and I feel like I'm caught in some sort of cycle or whatever, like, oh, okay, you just got to stop thinking. Well, how can I stop thinking? Well, just stop thinking right now. Okay, well, I'm thinking right now about stopping thinking. How am I going to stop thinking? Well, you got to stop thinking. What's wrong with you? Well, I can't stop thinking. But geez, well, how can I possibly stop thinking? That just seems, if you can relate to that, I, 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 I say, geez, I know how you feel. I might not be able to. And some of you that I've heard from are going through totally different things that I, I, I maybe not that maybe I haven't experienced. But I said, geez, okay, we're, we ran on some parallel paths or something similar. So I don't know. It ends up this podcast helps a, a, a sliver of people, a wonderful sliver of people. 
and I'm incredibly humbled uh, to know that sometimes I said, hey, let's test this out and see if it works for anybody that it, that it has. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I, but those are reasons, those are some of the reasons why I do it. And plus, I love telling stories, I'll be honest with you. But the same thing about telling stories comes in that, that overthinking brain that's on your case, the critic, the uh, perfectionist, all those things, the, the putting it offest or whatever, the procrastinist. Uh, I think that was a book recently, the procrastinist. And they said, no, that's not even an English word. And I said, yeah, it was in French, okay? I was trying to translate. I guess I messed it up. Excuse me, poor, 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 poor Vey or whatever that, you know. Uh, so this gives me a chance to say, geez, my stories don't have to be perfect. They have to be lulling, soothing, a little bit fun, a little bit in the spirit of Dr. Demento. But, you know, so I'm here for you. I'm doing my best. And this isn't for everybody, but if it's your first time here, you say, geez, give it a couple tries. I don't think it can hurt. I mean, probably. I mean, there's not a lot. There's a lot of nonsense going on during this show. Uh, But go ahead and give it a try. I hope it helps. And the main message I always want to get across is, I'm glad you're here, and I hope I I desire. I really do yearn, and in some sense, like I said, in some way, yearn to go back in time, and help myself. So this could be just some great. What do you call that? Oedipalian or whatever the thing is when you want to be the center of the world, egotistical, narcissistic thing. But even if it's it's still helping people and I'm still just doing my best, even if it's that I'm doing my best and I, and I hope I help you fall asleep. That's what I really want to try to do. All right. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. All right, everybody. I'm on uh, Twitter here uh, checking the trends. Again, I'm not getting. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm my skill of figuring out loading Twitter uh, to uh, what do you call it? Find trends. I don't know. I think they change their interface or something every once in a while, and I say, "Where the hell are the trends?" So this time I'm getting the full like the trend with like uh, additional English and stuff, but that'll be fine. That should be fine. Uh, I'm trying to get ahead on shows, so it's 8.09 here, or 8.09, what's the date? August 11th, so you'll probably be hearing this around August, uh, two weeks from now, August, what's 14? 11 plus 14 was what, 25? Uh, Maybe, maybe you'll hear it sooner, maybe not, so... So it's trending Twitter Tuesday, and it was interesting because I was, uh... I, I I got myself into a, a situation with because uh, you know with the podcast. I'm, I said, well, I said, man, I, I got a I got a job, and then I got the podcast. They both take uh, equal amount of my time, but just different. I said, well, so uh, they both take like an equal amount of my time, but uh. But you say like uh, you know, but but not uh, over, not overlapping except at like lunch and there during the commute. I'm working on the podcast, uh, writing and editing stuff. But then, and then I said, well, she said, you know, I've always wondered, can I do this podcast as a job? What, what can I, you know? 
uh, and I, I've had, I, I, and then I'm like, well, just be patient, Scooter. And I'm not much of a business person. We've talked about business before and how me and business have not gone well. And this isn't a good or bad thing. This is a gray area thing, so I don't want anybody to have a knee-jerk reaction. But I'm not someone that's motivated by money, and that actually is not a good thing necessarily. Because it's probably not, it's not out of altruism, it's just out of fear. I'd like, geez, I don't want to think about money. I just want to pay the bills and that stuff. So I'm not good with, I can't do sales type stuff. And also have bad temper, resentment, and fear. And I say, geez, how the heck did I get a ton of anger and a ton of fear? Uh, that's why I, I don't run a business. Uh, it's, it's just not in my, it's not my forte. But I've said, geez, I'd like to do, I'd like to figure out a way with these stories or this podcast to at least only work 40 or 50 hours a week instead of 90, you know, and I'm and being patient about it. But you got like a lot of people in this podcasting world that are in it, uh, and their minds are more focused. Okay, well, here's some good ways to make money at your podcast. Uh, and they say, well, geez, uh, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, one leverage your 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 skills you already have. Like if you're an entertainer, you leverage the audience you've already built up. You leverage that you're already entertaining. And you see a lot of success, you see like a, people making a success about it. Like I think about the guys running Wolf Pop or Scott Ackerman, Paul Shear, uh, Matt Gorley, you know, or other guys that look up, I personally look up to uh, that, uh, like Tom Merritt, the McElroy brothers, uh, Sidney McElroy, doc, Dr. Sidney McElroy. And then, you know, people that are doing the podcast as a, as a, just a educational thing, like, uh, uh, John, John August and Craig Mason. But then you say, well, geez, Scooter, hey, none of them are making, some of them are making a decent amount of uh, money at it, but they're also doing other stuff, you know, that's not their primary source of income. So I say, okay, oh boy. So you tell me, and I say, okay, okay, plan, okay, what's our plan B then? And I said, okay, hello. I said, what's our plan B here, boys? And I said, well, she said, I could just uh, sing uh, Ricky, that song from that Ricky Schroeder show. Maybe one day I'd be like Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons. Uh, like here we stand face to face, just a couple of silver spoons. Hoping fine, we're two of a kind, making it all, taking it all together. We're going to find our way do, 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 together, uh, taking the time each day, uh, to learn about those things you just can't buy. We're silver spoons together, you and I. And then that part of my brain says, well, Scooter, how are we going to use that? And I said, well, hold on. Well, didn't Ricky Schroeder... Wasn't the plot of that like he got thrown out of military school, and he was estranged from that guy who was a two, who owned a, like FAO Schwartz took him in. John Houseman was there uh, to say things, 
And he was friends with Jason Bateman. And he had a train that went around the house. And that worked out pretty sweet, you know. And I think they might have owned a candy store, like, at the front of their house or something. I'm not positive on any of those facts. Uh, so then I, so that was one of my plan B originally. I said, okay, well, okay, silver plan, silver, plan, silver spoon plan. Uh, find a rich person, similar to the silver spoons guy, and, and ha- you know, have them hire you to br- brush, brush their teeth. I joked. But, you know, do a bedtime story, 10, 10, 10 G's a pop. And, you know, make sure you have a no perversion clause, maybe bring a bodyguard or at least a witness to say, well, yeah, I had to tase him because he, he, he touched my forearm and yeah, that, that that's t- t- it's in the tase, you know. I said, clearly, I don't want my forearms being touched by anyone. Uh, that I'm, you know, in a professional, this is a professional environment. They say, the officer said, oh, okay, you're a professional, but I don't buy any of this. And then TMZ got involved. And this poor guy, he's like, I haven't been on TV and, you know, I just was on Silver Spoons. So I, I guess formal apology to that guy. I, I, I know his name. I think his name's Joel something. So Joel, I apologize. For making you, I said it was free. You know, I said normally, I think they call it in kind or something. I said, uh, you know, uh, you're my pilot program. And he said, how did you find me? But that's not true. No, no, I would never do that. Uh, like that, I would, you know, say, you know, make up a more. I said, well, I'm with the International Sleep Sleep uh, Experimental Council on Sleep. That we need to set up it, but anyway, none of that's important. Most of that is sealed in, 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 in this, that state, so don't worry about it. Forget I said anything about that. But it turns out there's not uh, a large portion of people that listen to this podcast that have ten multiple, you know, stacks of ten thousand dollars that aren't uh, forearm touchers. You know, they say, well, Scooter, yeah, then I can do a little for And I say, no, 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 there'll be no forearm rubbing. You won't even, I don't even want your body heat transferring to my body heat, you know, at a distance of, I don't know how many, what a meter is. Uh, but I said, and then I said, just listen to the podcast, it's free, keep your 10,000, all right? And I said, darn that anger and resentment blew it again. That's why I'm not a business person. So that was plan B. It did not work out. Uh, but that's what a lot of it is. people said, we got to find a way to, you know, soak the rich people that listen to the podcast. And so I said, I tried that. And then the next thing they say is come up with a, a product uh, and sell it to your audience, you know. And I said, like, it was, you know, with with fal- false hope. I said, with, and then they, they, would, they would say, uh, they, they said, well, you know, they said, you can't say that out loud. And I said, with, with false hope, you saw them false hope. And, and they said, and I said, oh, wait, this is just me imagining having a conversation with these people. But they say, make a product, you know, usually you charge a grant for it. And it's like, how do, and I, I said, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable. That's this is again, why I'm not a business person. They said, if there is a business that involves soothing my fears and expressing, you know, 
And I guess that's the Midler app, you know, said, geez, I, that I can't make money off that. So then I said to myself, I said, Scooter, uh, and I said, when did I, and I said, when the hell did I start calling myself Scooter in my private life? And then something said something back and I said, then I had to curl up in a ball for a while. And I said, oh no. And BK said, but then I said, and I just said, oh, it's just, it's just, you know, new muscle memory, new pathway burned in the, in the plasticity of my brain. Uh, so I said, okay, well, I said, I said, well, I could be, they have a, have a plan D, which is a B, but I don't want to air that plan D because that one's, uh, that that's in the day. I said, well, I have a fear of being, you know, out there. And they said, but Scooter, you got all these characters that come on your show. What about a new, I said, what about birthday, children's birthday parties or something like that? And I said, oh, geez, I said, oh, boy, who, who said that? That is gold. And then I started running through. What, I said, okay, what kind of costumes we got uh, saved up here? And then I said, the old lab coat. It's time to bring out the old lab coat. And so I put on the old, I went in the closet. I put on the old lab coat, which is the old, it's an old lab coat that I said, that I keep. They just had a, had a long tradition since, the, since the, like when I was trick-or-treating. They said a lab coat's all, if you don't know what you're going to be for Halloween and you got a lab coat, you got no problems. And I'm not talking about just being a doctor, you know. I, I, at one time, oh boy, personal story alert coming in, unexpected personal story alert. And they go, go, get young on the phone because this is going to involve the collective uh, subconscious or whatever he calls it. Well, there was a one time, I, many times, that I didn't know what I was going to be for Halloween, right? But I, then I grabbed the old lab coat. And I think one time I tried to go to school as underwear man. I think I talked about that and I, got, I think I got sent back home. Uh, but I, I think I used a lab coat for that, and then I was just wearing a pair of uh, underwear. My, maybe my father's, maybe my own. Please, God, if there is a God in heaven, please let it be, have been my own, or never let me find out it wasn't my own. But there was a, so I'd bust out the old lab coat. Now, there was one time I was in some sort of, uh, Man, I, he said, geez, if I told the story of the apex, I, never mind, we'll talk about that on Halloween time. But So I said, well, I got the old lab coat. I had a pair of those. Uh, now, I had no idea these were Groucho Mark glasses, but the one with the nose, the mustache, and the glasses. I had, to a kid in the 80s, I think it was not Groucho Mark glasses. It was like an undercover. That's what spies wore when they went over to Russia. You know, to stay undercover, they wore these special glasses with a fake nose and a mustache, and they were undetectable. Uh, so I had no idea who Groucho Marx was, but again, collective unconscious or whatever. So I said, okay, I got this lab coat, and then I got these glasses, and I said, and I don't know what grade I was in. I guess this is what was my destiny, this podcast, because I said, okay, I'll pull it off. I can pull it off. They said, I'm not going to win the uh, costume contest, but I could give shit about that. But I won't be humiliated either. And at least I don't get one of those damn, uh, you know, my parents were like, geez, we got six kids. We're not buying you one of those plastic uh, 
Halloween costumes that breaks in 15 minutes that cost like 15 bucks. Uh, believe me, I was uh, full of envy, and, and occasionally I would get one of those, but not, you know, every year. But so anyway, I was like, I'll, I'll pull it off. So I pulled it off, and I remember there was a Halloween parade where you parade around for the adults. Very bit perverted and demeaning in some level, you know. Where, I mean, I guess if it's parents, makes sense, but I feel, got a feeling there wasn't all parents here. Uh, but whatever. And at some point, the people were cracking up because they had a routine. You know, but I was like, you know, just, I was just hamming it up. You know, I'm terrified, but as soon as I got out there in the parade, you know, something in my brain goes, beep, 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 go crazy, bro. And then I started going crazy performing, you know, and I didn't even know what I was doing, but, it, but I think I was killing. I'm pretty sure I was killing. But for some reason, I was, I was, I was doing some Groucho Marx moves, which I had no idea. But then people were like giving me, somebody gave me a fake cigar and they were saying, why don't you say this about, you know, whatever Groucho Marx says, I should have called an attorney or whatever. I don't even know. And I'm sorry, Marx Brothers. I was a, I was a Stooges fan and I never watched it. And I'm sure those guys are brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it, but I never watched any of it. But I think maybe Groucho Marx was like Twitter before Twitter. Like you would be, somebody would be like, oh, terrible excuses for being late. And he'd be like, I drove a duck here in front of Froome, you know. Your wife is wonderful. I just, you know, that's why I'm late, you know, stuff like that. I guess those are terrible excuses for being late. Uh, my brother is in a giant raincoat and he's got that hair and I don't know what the heck's wrong with him. And they say, well, yeah. That's a good excuse for being late if you're not, you know. But anyway, so I was doing a Groucho Marx routine, and I think my point was ever since then, I've tried to keep my hands on a lab coat at all times, white lab coat. Not, and I said, geez, I'd like to own an actual science-based lab coat from a science-type organization instead of one. Instead of one I found, uh, you know, in a thrift shop or bought at a costume store, you know. I'm thinking about Halloween stories. I say, geez, how come there hasn't been one about a lab coat, you know, that when you put it on? Well, I guess maybe that is the story about. So I put on, you put on a lab coat and you change into a. This is actually what happened in this situation, but different because I said. I was being driven not by greed and not by survival, but I said, I got to figure out an angle with this podcast. And I always hear people say income streams or diversify. And I said, okay, you know, any time I get involved in that, it ends up being bad. You should just say bad idea, Scooter. Uh, Don't, you know, disaster ahead. It's like uh, there were free tickets on the Titanic, boys. Let's do it. And they say, well, geez, aren't you from the future? Don't you know what's going to happen? Free, did you hear me? Free tickets. You know, there's free food and stuff on there. And drinks. I'm going to start drinking again, boys. Free tickets on the Titanic. So I put back on the old lab coat, you know, like like uh, like someone cool would pull their leather, leather vest out. Like an old break a breaker, B-boy, be, B-girl. Be goes to the back of their closet and they say, you know, like if it was breaking, you know, if it was like, uh, 
I know they're making a remake of Gem in the, Hol- Gem in the Holograms. But if they were remaking Breaking break Two Electric Boogaloo, uh, Breaking Redo Electric Boogaloo, ooh, hint, you know, Hollywood, Turbo, Tesla, you know, Tesla, Elon Musk is definitely going to be in that. Electric Boogaloo, 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 Electric Redo, you know, whatever, Electric Redo. Electric boogaloo redo, you know, what do we say, electric redo? I don't know, but I'm sure, you know, you, so when I, so I slipped on the old lab coat, I searched it, I patted it, and I found one of those things that I still don't know what they're called, not a compass, but the half circle thing, I think that might be a compass too, or maybe it starts with a P. Prism parallelogram? No, I think it does start with a P, it's some math thing. And I said, okay, that's a start. And uh, and I said, okay, sleep podcast plus lab coat equals. And I said, what was our other idea? Plus children's parties plus a lab coat plus uh, brushing rich people's teeth. And I said, okay, I, guess I think I got an idea here. And I said, well, San Francisco is full of... Uh, you know, tourists and water-based things in the Bay Area is full of it. And I said, okay. So I put on the old lab coat and I started hanging around with the areas where people would have questions about marine mammals. So I said, okay, well, I have my lab coat. I'll go down to somewhere where families uh, go with where there's marine mammals and I'll just hang around, and I had a, a vague plan in my mind to uh, co- combine us the podcast with this hybrid form of money making. And, and I didn't know how I was going to make any money doing this, but uh, uh, huh? Well, now talking about it, now it really seems like a bad idea, but uh, it, it, it's not that bad an idea. There I was, I was walking outside a, a marine mammal center or someplace not called that. And I was wearing my lab coat. I, I was measuring things with the, uh, I'd found one of those short, uh, those short things. What are those called? Rulers. And I was measuring things. And I was standing by the water, and it was one of those beautiful days in San Francisco Bay. The sun was shining, the water was churning, the breeze was flowing, and and families were were taking it all in. And then I saw a a father with a, a daughter and a son. And the daughter seemed to be about 10 years old, and the son was maybe seven, six-ish, uh, something, I don't know. And they were looking out at the water, and the daughter said, Daddy, look, Daddy, look, there's a dolphin out there. And we all looked where she was pointing, but but it was it was gone, or, or it was never there. And the dad said, oh, and she said, I didn't see it, honey. And her brother said, oh, there's no dolphin out there. And then the dad said, well, geez, it could have been, uh, you know, a sea, you know, some sort of sea lion or a seal. 
And the daughter kind of sighed, and then she was looking at the same spot. And they they saw me with my lab coat, you know, measuring. Essentially, I was just measuring the guardrail, so, but it looked very official. You know, I was like uh, measuring it inch by inch and testing its structural integrity. Uh, but, but that's when I heard my in, because the daughter said, Daddy, where do dolphins go to sleep? And I said, Scooter, this is your moment to shine. And uh, and I straightened out my lab coat, and I, I made my most official walk. And I said, you know, make sure you don't seem like a creep, Scooter, because this is a family trying to, you know. And I said, uh, and then I said, oh, boy, I don't even have a fake scientist voice. But I said, oh, I said, uh. That's an excellent question, my dear, if you don't mind me me saying that. And, and she kind of looked at me. But I'll tell you what, in most situations, but no, no, in 60% of situations, a lab coat gives you carte blanche. You know, with people, they say, I can trust that person. They're in a lab coat. In the other 40% of situations, the person says, my God, that person's in a lab coat. You know, let's get out of here. But this was one they said, well, marine mammals in lab coats and, and this guy. So I said, uh, I said, well, do you mind if I bend your ear a little bit about the, where dolphins sleep? Because it's a magical, uh, magical, uh, I said, there's no magic involved, but there is. And they, I, I said, look out there at the water. Do you know that a dolphin has lungs just like you and me. And, and, and that's when I realized the kids were actually maybe smart. They said, well, not exactly, because the dolphin's lungs have a greater oxygen capacity and they're more efficient at exchanging O2. And they have a sire, CO2. I said, CO2, is CO2, is that water or, or carbon dio- oh, dioxide? Okay, sorry, go ahead. And they talked about, uh, I don't know, ion exchange and the dolphins, uh, when they're diving deep, that the oxygen just goes only to their brain, their heart, and their swimming muscles. And then I was like, well, boy, I'm learning something about dolphins here. Great. But then I sensed it. They didn't know. And I said, son, you, you you certainly know a lot about marine mammals. You wouldn't happen to spend a day in the Marine Mammal Center, would you? And he's like, I've touched a, I've touched a dolphin's lung. And I said, okay, anyway. I said, anyway, uh, where, where do you think dolphins sleep? And he said, probably a cave. And I said, oh, tell me more, tell me more. And he said, like an underwater cave. And then they pop up and they got a bed there. And I said, well, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't they dry out down there? Wouldn't they dry out? And he said, well, I said, okay, good, good point. And I said, don't they have to stay in the water? And then his sister said, uh, uh, they just float in the middle of the water. And I said, okay, well, what about those lungs they have? And she said, well, maybe they uh, swim up and get it. She said, huh, I don't know. And then I said, what about baby dolphins that, uh, you know, they're not strong enough? And they said, well, their mother carries them. I said, well, okay. 
And I said, why don't you guys step into my dolphin uh, story lab, which is this bench over here. Have a seat, and I will spin you the tale of where or how do dolphins sleep. And then the dad said, don't, don't make that voice around my kids. And I said, where do dolphins sleep? And he said, all right, that's more science. And I said, and then I straightened the, my lab coat I was wearing. And it, unfortunately, I was going to point towards a doctor scooter, but it, you know, it didn't say that. Or, uh, but probably not doctor sleep because I think that's taken. I think, uh, but no, that's Dr. Feelgood, but it, definitely not Dr. Feelgood. You don't want that on there around, you know, at a marine mammal area. But I said, kids, have a seat, and I'm going to tell you a little bit. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uni-hemispheric slow-wave sleep. It's an unusual form of sleep that is deep with slow, you know, obviously slow waves, because I said slow waves. But it helps the brain consolidate memories and recover from daily activities. And then there was a, a long pause because I said, I was trying to remember the facts that I had written down when I said, hey, I'll be right back. And then I ran off and I said, do not go anywhere. And then I ran off, wrote down all these facts and came back. But I said, as you guys know, because you're so smart, uh, you know, marine mammals spend their whole lives at sea. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about bottlenose dolphins, because that's one everybody's. You guys, you get your kids fans of bottlenose dolphins, and they kind of shrugged. I said, "Well, you know, they." I said they were telling me how much they like you guys, and then they kind of gave me a grin. Like, but I said, "I think we can all agree dolphins need to sleep, right? We can all agree on that." And I said, "Maybe they have more than one way of sleeping." I said, "Do you guys ever take a nap?" And they said, not anymore, we don't. And I said, when you were in kindergarten, did you ever take a nap? And they said, our little sister's at kindergarten, and she still takes naps. And I said, on a little square rug? And they and they said, yeah. And I said, don't those rugs smell terrible? And then the kids said, said yeah. and even the dad said, oh, those rugs. And, then, and they said, he said, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to call the school. And I said, no, no, no. We're talking about dolphins. No, we're calling the school board. But I said, maybe dolphins have two ways of sleeping, kids. Maybe one where they just rest in the water like a log. Uh, like log sleeping, I think they call it, where they're deep asleep. But some part of their mind is still working. Like, hey, kids, do you mind if I ask, do you breathe while you sleep? And they say, yeah, yeah, of course we breathe, you silly goose. And I said, huh, I wonder where geese sleep. But I said, maybe that's for another performance at a, a geese sanctuary. But I said, uh, I said, uh, and I said, do you guys think about breathing or do you just breathe all night? And they said, we, we just breathe. And I said, have you ever watched each other sleep, you know, and gone in and said, well, look at, look at how cute, like, do you guys get along? And they said, no. And then I said, they said, but yeah, I said, aren't you guys, don't you like each other better when you're asleep, they're asleep, your sibling? And they said, oh, yes, of course we do. And I don't know, I, I think I didn't have a point there. But I said, so dolphins, a lot of times they'll sleep like in a, like a log in a deep sleep. And then, but then their brain will say, hey, let's get some air. And then they'll float up and get some air. 
But I said, could you believe that dolphins can also swim and sleep at the same time? And they said, what? And they said, they said, like, sleepwalking? And I said, well, I said, no. I said, no, more like a, uh, uh, because they're, 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 they're doing it because they have to, you know, to stay, stay, uh, clear of predators. You know, I said, I actually, I don't know anything about sleepwalking. You're asking the wrong person. And I said, your dad ever sleepwalk? And they say, oh yeah. And I said, I bet it's to go get snacks, huh, dad? And then uh, you know, we all gave the dad a hard time. Uh, but I said, so the dolphins, that's where the unihemispheric uh, sleep-a-majig comes in. Because one half of their brain is asleep and the other's awake. And the kid said, no. And I said, yeah. And I said, you won't even believe this when I tell you. One of their eyes is open and one of their eyes is closed. And I said, do you think you could sleep like that? And they said, no. And I said, go ahead and try. And they said, hey, Dad, why don't you go buy some ice cream? Me and you can get some ice cream while these kids sleep with one eye open. And then the kids, they, they had a laugh. And I said, I'm pretty sure I don't know anything about the brain. But I think the, the opposite side of their brain, so if they're this eye, they're, their right eye is open. And then we got into the thing where it's like, is it my left eye or your left eye? And I said, well, I said, whatever eye is open, I think the opposite side of your brain's on. But then I said, in the middle of the night, they'll just switch brain, their brain and their eye will switch. But they'll just keep swimming along. And I said, this isn't based on any science, but I know that they, a lot of times they'll swim in pairs. And I wonder... If we had actual scientists, now I know I'm wearing a lab coat, and that's because I, I, you know, I believe in the science of sleep. I don't know anything about it. But I said, you know, they're there so that they each have one eye to keep an eye, you know, on the situation, and then the brain can switch right into a safety mode if they have to go get away from a predator or, you know, they see a mermaid and they want to say, hey, Ariel, what's up? Or if they need to get some air. But kids, I can't tell you, if you think that is interesting, wait till I tell you about baby dolphins. And then I said, I'll be right back because I got to go look. The, and I said, I'll be right back because I got to go look this up. Okay, kids, because young dolphins and actually most marine ant mammals, uh, they actually eat rest and sleep while their mother tows them along behind her because she can't carry them obviously because she doesn't have arms and she needs her flippers to move but they she tows them behind them in her slipstream have you guys ever seen a boat before and then we looked back out on the bay and we watched the wake behind some boats and the wakes behind the ships and we ended up the father was a b- expert on boating or something. I don't know. I stopped listening to him because a, a seagull was talking, you know, annoying me. Uh, but I said the mother, the trailing behind her is enough power in her slipstream. It's called an echelon to tow the baby behind him just with the power of her swimming and the power of the flow of water.
And I said, as a matter of fact, the dolphin, the mother and the baby, they can't stop swimming when the baby's a newborn. Because if they do, the baby will start to sink. The babies are called calves, by the way. Because the baby is not enough body fat to just float on its own. But at the same time, the baby can't swim too much because it'll tire the baby out. And the baby, you know, could be too tired to stay safe. Or the baby could catch, a, a, a as we call it, an ocean cold, uh, which is a general term for, you know, some sort of infection or something. So the whole time, the baby's floating along behind the mother, sound asleep. Uh, the mother is towing them behind when they're asleep. I said, would you guys like that? And they said, uh, well, it's kind of, and then they told me this story about how their brother, I think his name was T, was his nickname. And I said, can I call you T? He said, sure. He said, can I call you doctor? And I said, well, uh, that would be a fraud because I'm not a doctor. But I said, you could call me, uh, 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 Slockter, and he said that sounds weird. And then they called me. They said, "Can we call you the Slockter?" And I said, "I guess." And I said, "But wouldn't you guys like to be towed behind your mother?" And then they said, "Well, we were because you know you push these strollers around." And they said, "T could only sleep in a stroller." And the dad said he would run around in the stroller, and maybe you know push it. And and then the sister. I think her name, uh, I, I can't remember her name. It was something to do with good weather. I, I don't know if it was, uh, her name may have been Double Rainbow. It could have been Double Rainbow, but I probably would have remembered that. But she told me how she loved to be, and I said, you guys are like a couple marine mammals. Like, do you guys like to swim? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah. And when we went and got some, it was a pleasant afternoon, uh, and and I said, well, geez, uh, I didn't I didn't make any money doing that. And then I went home and I said, I got home and I was I, I was exhausted. And also I had I had paid people to do. My, I ran up to people working at stands. I said, can you do some research for me on where dolphins sleep? Here, here I'll pay you four dollars. And then I bought the ice cream. So the afternoon cost me about thirty bucks. So my business plan was at negative thirty. And I said, well, geez, I thought I was going to diversify my income here, but I don't, I didn't, uh, but I said, well, I, I said, I, I said, we might be onto something, Scooter. And I said, well, geez, at least I know I have this lab coat here whenever I need it. And I said, maybe, and I said, is that a thing? Could I be a sleep busker and travel? And I said, is there a room in the, the street performer? Uh, world for a man so boring he, he bores you know I'll bore the street right off you I'll bore you and I said probably not now is there room in the is there enough marine mammal sanctuaries for me to tour outside and I said probably not and I said well this could be a pastime another new hobby is uh, where do animals sleep I don't know so I want you to close your eyes now.
and try to imagine that you're a baby a bottlenose dolphin named Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
I, don't, I haven't written a check yet. I don't even know when. But then just send us either $3.14, is that what pi is, or even to point, to point thirty-one cents to Children's Museum of Montana. Information's there. Your bank doesn't charge you to send a check. And then go ahead and listen to that download episode. I'm sure, you know, what if four of you guys send it, four, four, you know, four of you listeners send us 30 cents. That's a dollar twenty, right? So, but yeah, send three dollars and fourteen cents, and it'll be funny. I, you know, just like when you fill up gas for somebody, or maybe I only do this, and they say, "Can we put twenty bucks in?" And then you put nineteen ninety nine, and then you laugh, and then they say, well, "I, I never liked you." And then you say, well, I got to start on to be a friend. So, Children's Museum of Montana, let's move on to the show. Thanks so much. But uh, I want to thank, uh, but let's run through some quick uh, emails. I want to thank uh, uh, Carrie or Cherry. I think it's Carrie with a C for her email. Over on Twitter, I want to thank William G. Aaron S. T. M. and Nick Z for their uh, tweets. Or tweeting activity over on Facebook. I want to thank uh, Dustin, Alexandra, Julie, Laura, and then over on uh, iTunes, iTunes reviews. If you want to review or rate the podcast, it's a huge help to keep us, uh, you know, ranked, I guess, or whatever uh, on iTunes. And it just helps people say, well, Jesus is what this podcast is like. I relate to what this person's saying. Uh, you can do that. You just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Or if you've already done that and you want to help, uh, go to uh, com slash strange. And that'll take you to iTunes for our new sh- new new version of the podcast. Uh, intro free, uh, intro free, recycled stories twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. That's com slash strange or strange android. But if you can subscribe and review and rate that podcast, that'd be great. Well, speaking of Nick Z, I want to thank Nick Z for an iTunes review. He says the podcast is incredible and magic. Whoa. And, you know, it sounds like it's helping Nick. So uh, get some sleep. So thank you, Nick. And then Grapefruit Girl says Insomnia Conquered Through Bedtime Stories. I've been listening for several months, but between uh, uh, triple anxiety, insomnia, and med- painful medical conditions, uh, maybe at least getting a little bit of rest and, you know, that late night anxiety, at least now Dr. Demento did for me. I have the honor of doing that for Grapefruit Girl or excuse me, Grapefruits Girl. So that that's the geez to being able to pay back Dr. Demento by helping other people not feel so alone and uh, uh, goof around with you. So thank you both for your reviews. And thanks everybody for 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 all, all the ongoing support. Thanks so much. And let's uh, let's keep this keep this. Uh, I would say keep this party moving, but it's, well, it's a bit, we're in bed, or some you know. So it's kind of like a, let's keep this lulling, lulling. Let's keep this me. Yeah, I guess it would keep a meander. Let's keep this meander bending. How's that? Let's keep this band a turning. I'm dancing while I'm doing that. I don't know if you heard my chair squeak. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's keep this meander bending. Let's keep this gerrymandered. What's the other one politicians do? I, uh, f- 
let's bu let's bust some fills out here. Okay. They say, hey, this one's for you. This doll's for you. So that's out there. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful who does our music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. We have a Facebook community. So we have a Facebook community. Uh, I guess it's kind of like an unofficial community where people can get to know each other and, you know, be, become friends, talk about sleep-related issues. That's at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. And it's free to join. You just got to, it's a closed group, so you just got to whatever, say I want to join. And our moderators, I want to thank them. There's Julie C., Jennifer B., Rachel L to the G, Lida S., and Laura, who's the O, 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 O nod, original nod. Uh, so that's over there on Facebook. Hey, you uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else. trouble getting to sleep. I don't know. Well, welcome. Uh, what this else? This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight is our serial story, Tales of Lady Witchbeard. All you need to do is get in bed, turn on the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what is the rest? What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing through your brain. I'm going to craft a nice, soft, safe place, uh, or a psychic place. I don't know. You know, it's safe, safe zone. And then I'm going to reach my hand and my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's got you, whatever's got your wheels turning, spinning, you know, mud, you know, mud flaps getting, you know, flapped by the mud because you're spinning your wheels in the mud, snow, sand, you know, asphalt. Please, you know, please don't do that. But if you right now, or if your emotions are on edge, or you know, excited down, or your body's all flared up, or bent out of shape, or you're in some kind of pain, I'm gonna try to. Uh, take your mind off all those things. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, jerry meanders, which I invented, you know, just recently, uh, wings of pointlessness, all those things. And is this your first couple of times here? I usually like to explain it in overblown explana explanations. And I, I usually, sometimes I take a little notes, you know, an idea hits me, something that's going through my brain, and I say, uh, oh, that would make a good opening. And I saw, I was looking for my notes for tonight's show. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, I got a lot of notes uh, in breaking this one, tonight's episode, but it, this one, I think this was uh, supposed to be opening for a recent episode. It says, uh, this is my woe, but woe is not mine. And I'm sure at the time I said, if I had done it that, I said, geez, that, that's going to make a great opening. But I, to be honest, I was on the bus about uh, 45 minutes ago. I said, what in the heck? I said, okay, this, and I said, I tried to recreate. I said, where was I when I wrote this and what was going on with me? Because uh, at some time I, I was, I must have been feeling some woe or thinking about people's woe. And I said, oh, geez, this is my woe. 
Whoa, what was a good word for a sleep I guess a whoa. I guess either way, whoa. Whoa is me where you say whoa. But whoa is not mine. And I can understand the point I was getting at. But I was like, gee, what was I feeling? What was I feeling? Where was I when I wrote this? And I couldn't, I couldn't remember it, but I'm sure at the time I was probably, you know, had some emotional shifting going on or whatever scientists call it, phase, you know, phase transphasion, or as uh, the, the, they say feelings, they, that's a more it's a technical term for it. I was having some feelings, but then as important as those feelings and real as they were at the time, now going back to it, I say, geez, I don't know what was going on. I could have been thinking about anything. And I realize that it doesn't make a ton of, a ton of sense, but it's, that's kind of the theory or kind of example of what happens with this podcast. When, when you lie down to go to bed for a lot of us or for a lot of people I hear from and for me, you might do all sorts of stuff, you know, do a little meditation action, journaling, gratitude, prayer, uh, uh, just thoughts, you know, write a letter. You know, you might rub some bomb on some stuff when you say, well, oh boy, whoa. You might get some, you know, some smells going. You might pet, pet, you know, pet your animal, pet your dog, uh, fix some tea, run a bath, eat a cracker, a biscuit. If you're over, 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 over in the UK, you know, you guys are, she said, we're going to have a biscuit, bedtime biscuit. Well, this podcast a little bit of your bedtime biscuit, but the thing is before, or maybe it's the bedtime biscuit that's keeping you up. But it could be anything, because as soon as you let, you say, okay, I'm set up here, a world, I'm, you know, whatever. Maybe you got some mantras, maybe you got some affirmations, maybe you got some uh, whatever other stuff, you know, some sort of uh, list you go through. Who knows? Or maybe you're just like, geez, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. But then it's like, boom, you, you lie down and all of a sudden the lights go out. You know, all of a sudden this a hive of activity erupts in your brain. And it could just be one voice, it could be a bunch of voices, it could be your own voice, it could be pure, pure, 100% common sense. Like, geez, tomorrow's going to go a lot better. At the time, I'll see my cat, well, I better figure out this woe thing. And then your attention gets pulled, you get stirred up, you see, and you remember something, you say, you say, geez, what, why do I have to have woe? Why can't I, maybe a bit, people like me better if I figure out the human condition and can communicate it uh, using this woe paradigm that I've come up with. If I could just master it, you know, maybe I could give a TED Talk on woe one day. And that'll change everything. And this is kind of stuff that honestly goes through my brain. Maybe I don't think I'd be, I couldn't do a TED Talk because it would be too, I'd never sleep again before, after, or during it. And, but, you know, but, but, uh, geez, now I'm like, am I going to be able to sleep tonight now that I've contemplated this? But what if this bright part of my brain is like, geez, we'll, we'll give the greatest TED. Remember, they'll be like talking about it for years. They said that talk that guy gave about, whoa, it changed everything. And then another part of your brain might get, well, geez, why can't, why can't you put together a TED Talk about, whoa? Well, you see, you, we got the nugget here. This is my whoa, but whoa is not mine. And then maybe even try to say, geez, this whoa is my whoa. This whoa is your whoa. From the Wallwood Islands, 
in the woodwood forest. This woe has much woe. This woe has low woes. But this woe, this woe, 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 this woe is my woe, but woe is not mine. Or whatever. But, but you say, Jesus, guys, I'm trying to say, I don't think, I'm not scheduled for a TED Talk tomorrow. Or even if you are, you say, Jesus, maybe I, I'm doing a TED Talk tomorrow. I need to get some sleep. And then you probably to bring, but it's a TEDx talk, by the way. You're, you're talking to your brother, Ted. It's not, you know, it's for his birthday. You made it up a TED. That's a great idea. I got a brother, Ted. I think I'll give a TED talk about Ted on his birthday, except he listens to this podcast. I can't believe that idea. Have any other Ted's out there, you know, prepared to be surprised. And if you, you're married to a Ted, your partner's a Ted, your lover's a Ted, your sibling's a Ted. You work for a Ted. You know, give him a Ted talk, you see, even tomorrow. Say, hey, I'd like to do a Ted talk this morning at breakfast about how great Ted is. Even if your name's not Ted, maybe nickname someone uh, Ted tomorrow and give him a Ted talk like that. I'd like to give you a Ted talk. Today I'm calling you Ted because you're so damn great. I just want to Ted talk the hell out of you. Huh, maybe that would work uh, for me and other. Hey, I'd like to talk to Ted Talk the hell out of you. What? Okay, no, don't, no need to call the manager over, please. Please, it was a joke. It was Ted Talk. I was trying to work some Ted Talk material, you know. You know, and then I was going to interlude into the Teddy. But okay, I'll just stick to the other Ted Talk I was doing on my podcast. Okay, but I mean, okay, I'm back, guys. Uh, no Ted Talks at bars to strangers. Pro am tip. Uh, but see, uh, what was my point? But, but all, there's no reason to have your brain, your body, your feelings carping about TED Talks, TEDx Talks, or other stuff. Because it's like, hey, I'm just trying to go to sleep here. I know everyone's jockeying for my attention now. I know you thought you had this nugget of wisdom about woe. And I think all those parts of your brain, whether it's woe or pain or success, failure, fear, whatever it is. I mean, those parts of your brain, we all know they're as serious as they can be. They're not joking around. They're using, you know, every weapon they got to get your attention and to get you to, 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 to listen to them. They just don't realize it's bedtime. It's uh, so, so you, but it's really hard to wrangle them down because it's like, well, geez, why are you telling me to be quiet? I'm just trying to tell you what a bad person you are for not doing a TED talk about whoa. And, it, you know, think about how good you're going to sleep if we, we, we pound out. We're just going to brainstorm shaming you, shame you, brainstorm about why you haven't done a TED talk about whoa. And then you can go to sleep. And I realize that was, but my podcast tries to distract you from that. And you might even have noticed, as I've been going on this ridiculous tirade to, to a normal person, but to me, I was pretty serious the whole time, about woe and TED Talks. You know, all those parts, you're like, this is my woe. I'm the only person that, you know, I, think I almost had it. I almost tied together the metaphor, but I was unable to do it. And sometimes the bedtime is just not, you, you just got to get some sleep. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to distract you. You say, geez, you know, can you go back to that? Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to go right back to giving the TED Talk to somebody tomorrow. 
And maybe maybe you can't do it with your brain, but some reason I can with a lot of people's brains. I don't know why. So why don't you lay in hey, every, everybody's brain parts. I call them brain bots. I have other terms for them, but right now brain bots the one. Hey, everybody, come on in. I've got great, great plans for tomorrow. We're going to TED Talk some people, and it'll be like so much fun. And maybe you guys tomorrow, you'll think of some good stuff for it. But it's just like, think about the look on somebody's face when they say, hey, I'd like to give a TED Talk to you. I'm going to call you Ted. And I'm going to talk about uh, what a great job you're doing here. Uh, you could even, and maybe we could even do it to like our cat, our dog, our computer monitor. Because, yeah, I see you in the back. You're like, I'm not giving anyone a TED Talk. We give it to our computer computer monitor, and I see you over there on the left. Yeah, we could give it to ourselves, too, in the mirror. I know a lot of us aren't comfortable with that, but if you are, go right for it. And we'll say, hey, you know, we could even do T is for Ted Ordinary, E is for Edward and Excellence, and D is for... A dairy so milk ordinary Ted. I'm talking to you about you. Even though your name's not Ted, I'm calling you today because you're so great. Yeah. And I'm so, you know, I'm so glad you guys. So we're going to do that tomorrow. What do you guys think about all that? And I know it sounds nonsensical. Maybe you guys could, could, could listen. Like, believe it or not, I got a podcast I'm going to do here. So if all you brain bots want to listen in, and then tomorrow you can say, like, think about how much better your human's going to do it than me. You say, did you hear that Ted song he just did? Susie Q is so much, she's going to be great compared to this clown. And then be like, we could use our Ted, you know, Ted Kennedy material for this, because he's like, oh boy, we're going to be, we're going to be killing it. So everybody's listening, gather around. I know this idea sounds silly. Well, it may sound weird. This, this podcast is a bit weird. I mean, I probably just talked about fantasy TED Talks and whoa for eight minutes. But it's all in good and good fun. I want to take your mind. I want you to kind of focus it on me. Clearly, if you listen to the content of what I've been talking about, you say, well, it might, might. I don't think this is going to be useful. But it's like, well, mildly amusing. I wouldn't mind saying to somebody at breakfast tomorrow, hey, keep up the good work, Ted. Well, I'm not Ted, Mama. Well, you're, honey, I wanted to give you a TED Talk and, uh, you know, tell you what a great job you're doing in your breakfast. Uh, point one, you know, I don't have my slide deck with me or whatever the hell they call it. You can't say that to your kids, but, you know, when you just say, geez, where, 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 you know, where'd you learn to handle that spoon? Go ahead to give, give us a... Uh, you give us the TED Talk and your great spoon grip. So that's it. That's the spirit of the podcast. Lighthearted, off the beaten path, distracting, but not, you know, someone get, you know, just say, get, bring your attention in and then your attention to just wander away. But you can bring it back here whenever you want. I'm going to keep going. I put a lot of, I put, I put, put everything I got into making sure this podcast is, is enough. To, to keep your attention, but, but not riveting where you're like, oh boy, I got to listen to every single second here. Because obviously if you fell asleep and woke back up in the last eight minutes, you're like, he's still talking about TED Talks, isn't he? So that's it. I'm glad you're here. You know, give us back a few shots. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. 
but, uh, you know, I hope it does. And I'm glad you're here. And as I just said, but as I always try to say, I, I really hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. Hey, so when we last left off last weekend, Tales of Lady Witchbeard, it was a pretty, pretty simple uh, episode, actually, or pretty straightforward. Couldn't get more straightforward than this. Uh, Lady Witchbeard and I flew from the temple or the pyramid that Montezuma was presumably building in search of Cortez to capture him and bring him to the gods as uh, as some sort of, uh, to get to God. We're, that was our job. I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure on the details, but it would have made everything better, fixed everything. So we scouted out his camp. I snuck into his camp. I snuck into his tent. I found out that him and Marina, which you probably already knew this, but they were madly in love uh, in a way that kind of made you not even jealous. They were so in love. It was like one of those things, like a warm fire watching them together. Like I said, like some classic movie. But then they caught me, and I realized they were going to use the coat of many colors. I guess at the time I didn't think about it. Were they going to use it? The, were they about to make love and use the coat of many colors? Or I guess I panicked. I put it on. I tried to dance. I tried to dance my way out of trouble, sing my way out of trouble, because they were singing to each other. Oh boy, that was some romantic stuff. Singing to each other. I danced with Marina. And then they cornered me. They said, give us the coat. And the only thing I could think of was goat. So somehow the magic of the coat of many colors turned me into a goat of many colors. And I did what a goat would do, which was beat it, you know, get out of there because they tried to catch me. And I don't know if I've ever tried to catch a goat. It seems pretty mean-spirited, goat catching. But I'm sure some people, you know, say, Jesus, my job, I'm a goat catcher. What do you want from me? And I say, no, no, no. I said, if it's your job and you do it, but I'm not non-judgmental. He said, it was just a, sorry, I didn't mean to criticize your goat catching. Uh, but if you try to catch a goat, goat's going to try to go. So I did like a little goat move. Like a little left, right, left, which is pretty surprising. Got out of the tent. I booked it. And then I was keeping out, you know, my use of my coat of many colors is a coat of many cover-up, you know, camouflage. And I figured I'd get with Lady Witchbeard and we'd reassess the plan. Little did I know I get with Lady Witchbeard. She brings me, but she's got, she's got a, she brings me back to the camp and she, she's in cahoots with Cortez and Marina. And I said, what, what, wait a second, what? I didn't say that though, because I was a goat. It was, and, and even then I said, uh, wait, wait, am I goat? Because again, my brain was, I guess, like it's total transformation. So, I'm not sure the consciousness intelligence link. Like, but I mean, maybe there's some sort of bandwidth. It's like, okay, I had a goat, a human brain changed into a goat brain. I still retained some of my, I mean, obviously my consciousness, because I knew I was a goat. I knew I was a scooter. I knew I was germ the goat or the phage. 
But then it would be like, uh, kind of like a, you say, wait, what, oh, what was I talking about? So, what was I talking about? Jesus, and maybe my brain didn't change back, or did it ever? Who knows? Am I old goat brain? Yeah, sure, right. That's a good book. There's a lot of books about, you know, I talk about this brain plasticity stuff. We, we could we could do a lot of stuff with this, the goat brain. Like, that, I think that sells itself. And they say, I would never buy a book with the goat brain in there. And I said, well, you haven't seen the cover yet, okay? One, or the subtitle, you know, make millions with the, go, you know, unlock the goat brain. Uh, they say, no. And I would say, what about the, the goat brain, 60-day goat brain cure? The goat brain, 60-day now, yeah, 60-day goat brain now. That sounds like I'm suffering from goat brain, which I am. What about the goat brain paradox? Unlocking the goat brain paradox. They say, geez, what's up? That doesn't have a broad mass market appeal. I'd say, just stick with the goat brain. You know? And they say, yes, I'm tempted to start singing insane in the goat brain. I'm a goat, got goat brain. But, you know, I don't want to do insane. It's a earworm, goat brain. Got goat brain going, you know. With, you know, my hoof, I did sprain. Uh, but anyway, goat brain easily. Dis- so I turned into a goat. They captured me. And that was about that was about it. I was stuck. And that's where we left off. So it's time for another episode of, okay, all right. The Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, yar. Ha, 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 yeah. Good thing you can't. The good thing is, Mike's. You can't drop it because you would. You just dropped that, Antonio Banderas, ladies and gentlemen, and another tale of Lady Witchbeard. Thanks. All right. So as as the episode opens, uh, I'm still a goat, and they've you know put a rope around me, leashed me. Like she has the episode, the rule past episode opening, because they, they had leashed me as a goat, which obviously I didn't like. And I did some tugging, and, and then that didn't do, do, do work. And I gotta tell you, there's so much when you're a goat, if you become a goat, great, it's, uh, the eating is, it's a, I don't know if that's the the amedula, the medulla, or the am amedica, whatever it is that makes a goat eat. It's so frustrating, especially when it's the point in the story. It's like, geez, why I picked the worst time to become, a, and then I'm like a goat. I said, if I was at least like, a, and I didn't. Re- I said, well, it's not so bad initially. When I said for about two seconds, I said, well. It's not so bad. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm eating grass. Oh, wait, I'm eating scraps. Oh, I'm chewing on a steak, tent steak. And I say, okay, stop eating so I can come up with a plan. Let's try to pull, pull you know, oh, that hurts our neck. Oh, stop to eat for forever. And I said, geez, when I was human, I had enough trouble controlling my behavior. And now I'm a goat. And I, oh, it was, it was so irritating. And it was just like, just like troubles. I said, can't you just stop eating? Nope. 
Oh, let's chew it. What is this? Uh, some sort of insect? Let's chew it up. And I said, that's bad karma, you goat. And I said, well, I'm tired. But anyway, so then I tried uh, pulling on the rope with my teeth. And that didn't work. And I said, well, geez, and I wish. I think eventually I would have thought to eat the rope as a human. But, uh, you know, my goat brain said, let's eat this thing. And then uh, the next thing I know, I'm not chained to the temple anymore. So I started wandering around. And I said, okay, germ, this is it. This is the big, okay, this is it. This is the, uh, everything's, uh, Lady Witchbeard's against you. Marina, I said, and I said, well, she's actually, I don't know 100% what the plan is. And I said, Lady Witchbeard double-crossed me. And I said, okay, I got to get some information. And I don't know if this is all goats or just me, but I had terrible hearing, or at least, uh, or comprehension. Maybe it was just the goat brain I had, as I said. But I said, you know, I tried to get myself pumped up. I said, this is going to be great. The goat saves the day. Goat power activates. And I started trying to listen in to Lady Witchbeard, try to find something. I couldn't, one, I couldn't find, you know, I, I tested out on some, but all I heard was, and I got closer, and then someone would say, wait, 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 and I'm pretty sure I could interpret like that. They were like, you stink, and the other guy's like, no, no, and I was like, oh, they smell me. And I think in Italian that's uh, fai schifo, maybe. It's, uh, I think that's an insulting term about baby, but, uh, something, but... Uh, but they were these guys. These guys weren't Italian. But anyway, not important. I guess I was a little. But anyway, so, but then I got caught. I said, Geez, that, that went great. I couldn't pick up on any plans." And they figured out I ate the ropes. So then they covered the rope in hot pepper. Ate two more hot pepper covered ropes until finally my goat brain. And I'm not kidding. I was like, "This. What are you doing? This is burning my my goat mouth." But then finally, my goat brain, after two more ropes, his stomach ache, which got me, you know, but obviously the results that got me sent to the side of camp, where at least I, could, I couldn't even, uh, I guess it worked out because there was more grass to eat. So I guess I said, you stinking goat. But I stopped eating the rope because they had a hot pepper on it. I think they put some tar on there, too. I think that's what did it, the hot pepper tar combo. Uh, but whatever, I said, thank you for not eating a fifth rope or one, two, or fourth rope. I don't know, goats, you know, you only got the, the split hoofs, so you only count to four anyway. At least that I could see, you know, the other ones I couldn't count. Uh, but during that time, I tried the other goat. I said, okay, what other goat power? I said, I got snorting. I was snorting a lot when it, between eating. But that didn't, you know, yeah, every once in a while, I would see a lady. But they were Lady Witchbeard Marina and Cortez. They were mostly avoiding me. And then I tried, I did a lot of stomping of like one hoof and two, and I tried to do that. And actually somebody came, they're like, is there something stuck in your thing? And I can't feel bad about this. I guess I should be, you know, I should have apologized. 
because this poor king, I guess poor conquistador, maybe he was an inscripted man or whatever they call it. But he actually was like, oh, you poor goat, yes. And then I said, well, I'm going to, and I, I stomped his finger when he was checking my uh, hoof uh, to see if there's something stuck in there. But I was just stomping, or hoof, you know, whatever goats do, you've seen it before, irritating. A hoof stomp or whatever. I think I knew the other word for it. I, I forgot it, though. Uh, I did some budding. I talked about that last episode, though, but then most people would avoid me. So I said, well, and I said, geez, budding's really not nice. So I should save the budding, you know, because I don't want to. Obviously, a butt would be better if they don't know it's coming. If you, you know, save the butt for, you know, uh, you know, all or nothing situation, which is kind of all or nothing behavior, butting anyway. Uh, I never, I, I never resorted to biting because it was mostly because my mouth was full and I was eating stuff. And I said, geez, I don't like, you know, I like animals that like people, you know, poor animals that got to bite people. They pray. And I said, I, you know, I'm not going to bite anybody. Yeah, plus, I guess my goat brain over it. I said, geez, if you bite somebody, you're not going to get, you know, when they hand feed you uh, whatever the hell scraps. And each day the camp was moving a little bit. But, you know, for a while I had a terrible stomachache from all the tar and hot pepper and rope I ate. And I said, geez, these goats, it's, it's just like, I mean, said, so thank God they haven't invented tin cans yet. Because I said, I'd hate to eat a tin can like a cartoon goat does. Uh, one more thing that kind of is annoying about being a goat, or maybe not, yeah, that I disliked about it. You said, what is this, a goat criticism podcast? And I said, geez, it was really annoying that your jaw has this weird side-to-side action. I don't know why I didn't like it. But I said, geez, I don't even, you know, I said, I don't know, I couldn't get, I kept saying, why you got to move your jaw like that? And I said, I'm not a cat. You know, it's not like I'm chewing my cud. I don't even know what that means. But I said, well, you know, the side-to-side jaw action, I don't like it. And I guess a couple more goat things, just to get them off my chest. One was there was a poet named Paul Goat Allen, or Paul the Goat Allen. He was a Syracuse, New York area poet. And he would come every year to my school in high school, my lovely teacher who I probably shouldn't be, made, you know, send a letter of apology to uh, seriously because he was a great guy. Uh, and I said I was a pretty good student, but he, he anyway, a whole other set of stories. But Paul Goat Allen used to come and read his poetry to us. So that's another reason, another goat reason I like goats. Uh, uh, two, as I talked about before, I really love the place Sylvia, uh, what was it called? The Goat or something Sylvia, um, which I think I messed it up last time. I think I said it was an Ibsen play. I think it's an Albie play. And it's just a wonderful play. Uh, to me, I saw a performance in uh, San Francisco at one of the big playhouses with great, great actors. And it's a play, uh, something, a piece of art that I would only strive to be like with this podcast because it balances, it's just, it has this concept, which you you, you can look it up, it, but but it's, it explores it in such a wonderfully nuanced way. 
uh, beyond nuance, at least with the acting that I saw, that it was just mind-bendingly great. And you say, Jesus, not an LB play, it's an Ibsen play. And I say, well, oh, oh boy. And it's probably, but anyway, who is Sylvia? That's it, the goat, or who is Sylvia? Because uh, that's what, anyway, I don't want to ruin it for you. But I think if you go to the play, you'll, you'll be spoiled. I don't see how you could go to the play without being spoiled, but great, great play. Uh, there's a third goat thing, which was, I don't know if I told this something, but the, I went to a petting farm just recently this summer, and I was surrounded by goats, so maybe I'll post that picture. The goats loved me. Uh, and now they'll love me even more because I'm like, geez, I know. So, man, you guys, it must be exhausting doing all that eating and the chewing with the jaw. Uh, so I feel for the goats. Uh, but at this, at this time, it was not an ideal time to be a goat. I think that was my point. And it was frustrating. We trying. To, I said, okay, got to come up with a plan here. But there was really, and, 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 and I guess I was playing the waiting game, the goat. And I said, well, and I, I did, I said, I can't speak. But I kept thinking, like, don't be a goat. You know, don't be a goat. Change into a human. Uh, goat of many colors, road of many colors, boat of many. And I said, well, don't turn into a boat of many colors. That won't do us any good. I said a tote of many colors, but then I said, I wouldn't be, a, it'd be worse than being a goat, a boat or a tote. You have, you know, you're inanimate. And I said, okay, maybe I should stop because yeah, what if I become an inanimate object? Frodo of many colors, but that become a fictional character would be weird. And again, it'd probably just be the book. But at some point, uh, Lady Witchbeard came to the to to see me, and I, I, you know, I looked at her, and I'd had a lot of feelings as a goat. I was feeling stubborn. I was feeling uh, angry, I guess. And I even made some, when she came, I said, you know, some goat, you know, irritated goat noises. And she said, I know, I know, germ. And she said, I'd like to explain. And I could see she was upset. And I said, I said, well, because I really care about Lady Witchbeard. And then I kept being like, geez, and so much of our relationship was based on me, my buffoonery, that I said, geez, I'm going to try to make her laugh because I don't know how to handle human interactions without goofing around. Uh, but being a goat forced me, I guess, forced me not active, I guess active listening because I was moving my goat head. And I was even doing a little goat, you know, turning my head. And even my ears, I think that was probably involuntary movement. And then some active listening was interrupted by me, you know, chew, you know, eating. And I even tried to eat her, uh, one of the buckles on her. Actually, I did. Ugh. I ate a buckle off her shoe. Uh, oh, boy. And I know what you're wondering, and I won't even discuss the digest, you know, what happens. But she said, germ, uh... You know, she she says uh, she says I have a plan, and she was looking at me and then looking away, and I I, I was like, oh, I got these big goat eyes, and I said, well, I, said, I don't know how good goat eyes are, 
Because I tried to goad out, you know, he said, is that goad? That's goad. But I tried to goat, goat her, you know, like a puppy dog, like a little goaty poo. And it was working. I think I tried, I said, come on, goat eyes, water. She said to me, I've had to weigh what's really important here. And I had to do what was right, germ. And she, she said, for, 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 for both of us. For the magic and for your daughter and for you. And then she got real close to me and she, she put her hand on like, uh, I guess the back of my skull. They say, Jesus, is that my neck or my head? But she said, some risks, Germ, are not ours to make. And she said, and then she it was a longer pause. I don't know how to do the pause to do just then she said, or take. And then she just kind of looked at me, and I could see she she was. But I said, she she's upset, but I don't know what I I don't quite understand what emotion she's feeling. Uh, the impact on me was well, she's uh, I guess because I was already a goat. I was like, well. Uh, we're already screwed, but I said, and she said, she said, I'm going to get you home. And I said, well, that'll be nice for me. And I guess Lady Witchbeard's going to save it. But she was so upset as I was thinking about my goat, you know, my non-goat problems. That I said, well, it'd be good not to be a goat. But she, she was so upset she had it off. And then, like that night, they called, they called a meeting, and they I guess she said I could come because they led me to the meeting. And it was Lady Witchbeard, Marina, and Cortez, and a bunch of Cortez's higher-ups that he handpicked, I guess. And they were talking some military stuff. That first, that's when I was eating. There was so many it was just stupid bug chasing. I said, what are you doing? We need to, like, eavesdrop. And I was like, go, Brain. I like grasshoppers. Leave them alone. I said, they can't. Oh, I said, uh, they can't possibly taste. And they said, Jesus, these are good, good, good insects, you know. Leave them in. Rump, rump, rump. That's what it sounds like in your head, by the way, when you're a goat eating. You think it sounds more slimy, but that's it. And I guess it's soothing. Maybe goats are high-strung. I mean, I know I'm high-strung as a goat, but, I, you know, this is the one part of the story where being a goat's incredibly inconvenient. But then Lady Witchbeard said, come over here, germ. And they even had a pile of, like, you know, fresh grass for me, I guess, because they knew I, I was useless without it. And she started talking about this stuff that I had no idea about, about how uh, the stone, I think, I don't know where she learned this stuff. I don't know if it's from Montezuma or Marina and Cortez. Uh, but I don't think Marina Cortez, because they seemed to, to be, but anyway, she told this tale, uh, which is probably too exciting for this podcast, but the basic summary was that the stones from this pyramid, uh, this powerful pyramid, were not crafted of, of this earth. And then she can explain some of the thermodynamics of it, I think. But that these were crap, these stones were 
uh, from a quarry in, in 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 the beyond somewhere. And I don't know if it's like a pocket. I think this is a quarry again because it gets there's like this. But the, the the these these people have their own unique belief system. So I didn't know if it was a pocket or uh, like an underworld or a parallel. I don't think a parallel universe they had. But we'll just say a pocket quarry of, uh, I guess it would be an underworld, probably like a pre-underworld, quarried in the pre-underworld. Can we agree on that? Uh, in, in a you know place, a mystical, magical place, of course, and that's why the pyramid could capture ostensibly all the magic on the earth. And then she said the the top stones were crafted in the most, the deepest and most magical place. And then she talked about the journey to get the stones and how perilous it was. But she said one one person would go in wearing a coat of many colors, just like the one Germ had, uh, or was wearing. You know, she she said anyway, and she said they it would give them the power. Not to not to get to the stone, but to carry the stone back out, and a colossal—he's a trial-laden flatlands between our world and this this uh, underworld. And everyone was like, "And there's a lot of questions." But Lady Whisper said, "This is a, you know she knew very little." But then she said, she said, I have a plan. And then and she said, we, 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 once we get the code off of a germ, she said, one of us will go in and bring the stone out. And then it was a little bit of a debate between her and Cortez uh, about who would bring out, the, you know, who would do it. Cortez said he would do it. And really, but, but she said, she said, who? Uh, she says way too risky for someone with without a coat to go because he's like, why can't both? You know, it was a debate, a typical, you know, common sense debate. But obviously, I was more worried about the next debate. If if you if you if you follow my logic, but Lady Witchbeard said, you know, there's nothing. For, I'll go. There's no. It's very risky, and there's nothing to lose. You know, she goes, if I go in and I don't come back out. You know, Cortez, you just proceed with the plan. And he said, okay, okay. And she said, we've already agreed on this plan, or none. And I was like, okay. He said, she's, when was it? He said, a lot of stuff's been going. I said, man, I got to, and then I was eating again. But then I was, I said, okay, what about, how? and then Marina said, well, how do we get the coat off a of germ? And Lady Witchbeard looked at me, and she locked eyes with me. And actually, a couple of times I was uh, was trying to listen while I was eating. I was making sure I was maintaining eye contact in that direction, at least. Uh, but she said, she said, Germ just has to decide to take it off. And I said, well, that sounds like a, I said, no, well, now I'm going to think about it. And then he said, take it off, Germ. And I said, well, I, you know, I got all nervous because I said, so I just started to eat more. And then there was all sorts of, you know, chattering. You were, and Lady Witchbeard, she didn't like that. She raised her voice. 
And she said, I said, uh, he must decide to take it off. And I think I understood her point was like, geez, Germ, you know, Germ's got to, you know, you got to play a cool hand with Germ or he's actually, I think she meant my subconscious has to decide to take it off. Because then I said, well, geez, do I have a subconscious since I'm in a goat situation? And I said, well, I thought about it. And they said, well, I'm hungry, you know, let me eat. And I said, well, what is this thing here? Is this a rock? Well, how does this taste? But then she talked about it. She said, she said, we'll have the, we'll have it, you know, uh, sundown tomorrow. We'll be on the edge of the, the entrance to the, to the, ne- I think maybe she was calling it the netherworld. I said, well, she, granite world. I said, well, I don't know if they're granite, these, uh, stone world. That's kind of boring. Magic quarry. But I guess that's how, you know, actually, that's pretty, uh, something, something in the magic quarry. You know, they say, geez, the magic stone cutters of magic quarry. But anyway, I knew what she meant, and then the meeting was over, and then they uh, sent me back to my little corner and tied me back up, and I said, well, maybe I'll eat about for a few more, instead of sleeping, maybe I'll eat. That's what my goat, you know, goat half said. And they said, geez, I got to think. I said, well, geez, do I have to think of a plan? And then it hit me. I said, wait a second. I forgot about one of these goat powers. And I said, I remember one time coming across these fainting goats. And they said, geez, anytime these goats are frightened, they faint. And I remember having a, uh, whatever you call it, moral dilemma about it. Because I said, geez, I don't know if I'm comfortable making a goat faint. It can't be pleasant. Because I said, remember, it's like, geez, aren't you here to make the goats faint? You know, shouldn't it? And I said, I don't know. I said, normally this is the kind of thing I'm into. But something, I said, geez, fainting sucks, you know. For a goat, it's got to be even worse. So I'm not, no thank you. I I don't want want to take the goat fainting tour or goat fainting. And it was part of a. It was a strange thing. It was a geyser in somewhere in Napa County, and then it had goat faint, fainting goats. And I said, "Well, no, I'll just wait for the geyser." And the geyser seemed like a scam too, to be honest with you. I'm about ninety percent positive it was a scam. And then the goat fainting thing. But then, uh, who's coming towards me? But Hernan. I say, uh, and then next thing you know, I fainted, and I didn't even think about it that much. And then the first, then they woke me up, uh, or no, actually Hernan woke me up. And then he said, but he started talking and I still was a little woozy. And I said, I think I'll faint again. And this, I went out for a while. Clearly I couldn't get, you know, and then I'd let him start talking. He'd be a germ, we need to talk. And I'd faint. And he said, germ, I'm not kidding. And faint. And then I said, I could, buddy, I could, I could do this forever. And then a lot of times I'd wait and they'd like listen and I wasn't listening though. I was just pretending to listen. To be honest, I was just like, when should I faint? Okay, let me look at his eyes. When his eyes get really serious, you're going to faint then. And then I would faint. It was, oh my God. I felt like uh, whatever the hell, you know, practical jokers. And then I, and then I would eat and then I would wait, you know, he would 
And I could tell he's getting sick of it after a third or fourth day. You know, it was in the, I could have done it for five or six days, probably. But finally, he got sick of it, and he said, Jarvis, and he said, I know you're listening to me. And I was, because I said, geez, I want to wait him out. And maybe he'll give up and then come back, like redouble his efforts, and then I can really faint on him. But he said, I'm going to, he, 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 he kind of, I didn't like it. I said, geez, you're a little bit aggressive with me. He was kind of trying to wake me up. But, but it, he go, he finally started making his speech, and I said, okay, I'll listen this time. But I won't open my eyes so he doesn't know. So then maybe later, like, then I'll know what he said. But he won't know if I know what I, he, he said, and then I can faint on him later. You know, but I'll still know. So I was listening this time. And he was like, Jerem, you misjudge me. I just want to, you know, he's giving me, he's giving me like a, he said, yeah, I just want, I'm just here to help things. He goes, that's all I want and I know what I'm doing, Jerem. I mean, as a matter of fact, I know much better than you and I know much more, you know, and I said, oh boy, this guy. He said, I going to do the opposite of feigning in about two seconds. And he said, don't do anything stupid, Germ, because people will get hurt. And I said, is this a conquistador talking to me like this? A freaking uh, helmet-wearing, gold-stealing, breastplate-wearing, uh, indigenous people-abusing, uh, disease-carrying. Is he, is he talking to me like this? And don't give me any point of order, Conquistador Cast, because like I said, your charter's revoked. And it was like Cortez could read my mind, though, so I said, maybe my eyes are moving or something. Because he said, I know how to keep the most people safe, Germ, and bring them prosperity. And I know you wouldn't argue with me about all those things, about right and wrong. And their gods and mine and purity and I don't know, some other. He was taking a tone for me. I said, I do not like this tone at all. And then he said, said, but you just don't understand, Germ. It's beyond your understanding. And they'll be honest, I I, I got up and I butted him. Good, good and hard. Well, no, no, like I said, geez, I, I tried to butt him good enough, but somehow this freaking cat, and I mean this Cortez cat, he, 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 his reflexes were lightning reflexes. I mean, I went from, you know, fake feigning to instant butt move, and he, and I didn't even realize he was wearing a cape, but he spun around, took off his cape, did a, like, bullfighting move, Slashed me through the cape, whipped whipped down my butt, not too hard, but just hard enough to amuse himself. And then he said, see, Germ, you've made my point for me. And then I fainted involuntarily because I said I've been uh, uh, conquistador, I guess. Uh, but uh, but after I woke up from being passed out, I started. I felt a little bad about myself, to be honest, Cortez. And that might have been the name of his game. But I was like, well, what if I don't understand everything? Maybe should I trust Lady Witchbeard? 
And should I just go home? Because then I was like, maybe I really am a goat in in a, in a larger sense. Like, because if I act out here, just like Cortez said, I'm probably just going to act out uh, for the sake of acting out. And I said, actually, I was, that's all I can really do. I don't have any power here as a goat. So maybe I should just take off my, like this uh, coat and give it to them and be on my way back to my world. And I said, geez. and then I felt someone petting my head and I said, well, geez, that's nice. Makes me feel a little bit less lonely and isolated. And then I look up at some arena and I said, geez, I said, I said, man, what a person to soothe me. Cortez's lover. But she was honestly the guy and soothing me. And then I looked into her eyes and it put me a little bit more at ease. And she said, I want to talk to you, Germ. And I, and even her voice and her, just her manner. I said, oh, man. And she said, Germ, you know, you know a little bit about me, right, Germ? And I gave her a little, I said, I said is that, was that a rhetorical question? Did do you ask a good rhetorical question? And I mean, I guess that would be, would you ask a goat a rhetorical? Of course you would. There's no other question to ask a goat. I guess. Maybe it's a rhetorical question. Would you ask a goat a rhetorical question? That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer it because... I mean, that should be, that's like, it should be the new question for like a, like a, one of those tests to see if you're mentally, you know, you say, well, geez, what mental illness are we testing for with this test germ? Well, I don't know, but you'd say, would you ask a go to rhetorical question? But it's a rhetorical, you know, an empathy test. And they say, okay, germ, okay. You know, you say, if they answer it, it says, oh, boy, sorry, you, you're not, you can't have the job. And they say, why? Well, that's a rhetorical question about a rhetorical question. Of course you wouldn't ask a goat rhetorical. But anyway, Marina, Marina, she said, you know, I'm of both worlds, German. It's really hard to put in a story what it, what, what that means. But she said, I was raised here in this world. But, I, but I'm not a human. And she said, I had to learn that the hard way. She goes, because my whole life as a child, I knew there was something wrong. There was something that I was missing out on. And she said, I could see it with all the other children. She's like, there was just something just out of my reach. And she goes, the most devastating thing was it wasn't just one thing, Germ. It was millions of things that I, they had that I couldn't have. She goes, I'd watch those children and the things that were pumping through their veins, germ. The fear, the wonder, the thing that would make them smile, the feelings of not having power, of being insignificant or being excited. Of just seeing your mother down down the way. She goes, I couldn't have any of those things. The things that drive your heart germ. Those are the things I had to 
Those are the things I had to grow up without. And she said, now, once I learned who my mother was, yes, I could have things just like that and so much more. Uh, people became people who became my playthings like all the other gods and interrupting in your affairs and but I, I still was of this world too, Germ. Do you, do you understand how confusing that could be? And, you know, I kind of did. But, and then she, but she just kept, you know, she went out. She was, she was trying to make a point, so I don't want to mess it up. And she said, but then I had my first taste of it with Hernan, Germ. For here's a man you'd probably say he's a bad man, Germ. A man I shouldn't love, that I shouldn't feel a taste of all these feelings that you feel for him and, and wonder why, why could I possibly feel these things for him? I mean, there are pl plenty of reasons too and plenty of reasons that don't make any sense, Germ. And I'm only feeling a sliver of all the things you could feel. And it's not enough for me, Germ. And she said, and, and that's what I want, Germ. Do you understand why I would want that more than anything in this world or the world beyond? And I kind of, I mean, she, I said, I didn't say anything because I'm a goat. And Maria said, she said, I'm going to give it to all the other gods, too. I'm going to destroy them. And she was, this is the complicated stuff, Germ. Don't try to wrap your head around it but I'm going to give them their humanity so they no longer play around with this world, but they become a part of it. She goes, that's what the gods really crave, Germ. I'm positive of it. They crave being here. They're jealous of you. They're jealous of you, Germ. They're jealous of these people, and that's why they've waged war on them for their entertainment and their spite. And so that's my plan, Germ. And I gotta warn you, Germ, if you try to mess it up, or if something should happen to Hernan, I do have, I do have the magic of this world and the world beyond, you know, almost at my fingertips. I just have to, you know, right now, this pyramid is messing things up for me, but it's also going to enable me to get exactly what I want. So don't get in the way, Germ. Just go along with the plan. And and I guess I kind of made, I guess I was making eye contact with her in some empathetic way, and I kind of, I guess I turned my head at exactly the right angle. I think it was to look at a bee. I said, do not eat a bee, goat. Do not eat a bee. But I think Marina thought I was looking at her, but I was really looking at the bee. Which I ate, and then I luckily I didn't have to talk because my tongue swelled up. If I was a talking goat, that's what I would have talked like. Uh, but I guess baby talk with vocal pry. Uh, but she thought I was looking at her, and she said, Everything's going to be fine, Germ. We're going to send you back to your world. And Lady Witchbeard will train me in the arts of magic. And she'll serve me and her non, as we know, as he takes command of this world. And then she patted me out of my head and she was off. And I said, well, what she said, I got some good. He said, this world locally. And I said, oh boy, I knew, 
because I, I, I knew a whole, I said, geez, I, I didn't trust, I didn't trust Lady Witchbeard's trust in, in, is that what I said, trust, I don't trust Lady Witchbeard's trust in Cortez, and I don't think I trusted her mistrust in me, mis, you know, mistrusting me for my mistrust of her, for her trust of Cortez. Uh, but then I was like, oh man, now I'm really at a goat, uh, a goat decision point because they said, okay, what the hell do I do now? Because, okay, so I could go home and go back to my life. It sounds like Lady Witchbeard would save magic, trans-universal magic saving. That was her plan, to save magic. And, but she would be stuck in servitude to Cortez and Marina. And then probably Cortez would become, he'd be married to a former demigoddess. And also, you know, goddess, he would have a witch as a pirate witch who also could probably consider her general in a uh, military situation. And uh, maybe Marina's got some magic casting ability because she's a half goddess. Uh, so he, uh, he said, geez, he's going to really... I said, oh, man, what... And then I said, uh, I got to take my, and I, I was really feeling stressed. Uh, but I guess, I guess it wasn't really showing my stress because, uh, because I was eating and that's what I was doing pretty much the whole time. Because Lady Witchbeard came and, and she untied the one end of my rope and she started leading me off. And she led me out of camp and she led me to the entrance of this cave and it was like this giant entrance uh, to a cave. And it was very cinematic. It had green light. And I said, okay, this is the cave to the underworld. It's got green light coming out. And Lady Witchbeard said, uh, she, she, she untied my thing. And she looked at me and she petted me. And then Cort I heard Cortez. He was behind us a ways. But he said, oh, there it is. And then the men started gathering, and they said, you know, it was chattering. But me and Lady Witchbeard were, you know, 100, 200 yards ahead of them. And she patted me, and she said, I need the coat germ. I need you to do what's right. I need you to, to help me save magic and do what's right for you. And I thought about it, and I said, geez, my goat got here. And I said, this one of my problems is uh, rash action. I don't know. Actually, I didn't even think about it that much. I just said, my goat gut is not. And I said, it could have been the tar or the bee or the hot peppers. But my goat gut was not okay. And again, I was like, okay, here's my options. You know, but Lady Witchbeard, not going to do nothing. Uh... Faint, okay, no, stomp or snort or run. And I said, geez, Germ, do what's right. Or I guess I said, well, I guess the other option would have been to take off the coat. 
and just say, here you go, Lady Witchbeard. But I decided to run into the cave uh, at top goat speed, which turns out is faster than Lady Witchbeard can run or any of the soldiers with a 200-foot, 200-yard uh, lead. And it ran right in the entrance of the cave. And that's where we'll stop for this week. So I hope you're you're asleep, you're resting. But if you're not, you know, just picture the green undulating lights of the cave. An inviting cave, you know, as green caves go. But also, you know, before I ran into it, it was a sky of many colors. The green undulating lights of the cave against kind of like a tan but above it, a beautiful, beautiful sunset offsetting the uh, darkness that wasn't lit by green light. You know, post-sunset sky. And also, as you say, Jesus, you know, which is green skin. You say, Jesus, when does green skin look good? Sunset, post-sunset dusk. Looks pretty good on Lady Witchbeard. So just picture the, the reds of a post-setting sun on a witch's face. And think of a fainting goat. You know, you could probably do some fainting goat material, you know. If, if you're a fainting goat, you know, let me know. Text me. You know, to tweet me. You know, hey, it, 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 fainting's great. You should have made us faint, Scooter. I, I will talk to you soon. Uh, I want to have, have many other thank yous. I want to thank Lauren for the lovely email. I want to thank Stanley for the amazing, help, amazingly helpful email. I want to thank Brendan for taking his time to help by email. Tara, or Tara, Tara. Tara is how I, you know, I was raised to say it, but Tara is how adults say it. Or, you know, adult, you say, geez, I'm trying to be respectful and considerate of other people's feelings. It's Tara. I think I got to reread that email. I want to thank Joe M. I want to thank Justin. I want to thank Molly for the comments on the website. I want to thank uh, Arturo over on YouTube VN Graveyard. I want to give you your second shout out since you loved your first one so much. Uh, Vainglory. I can't tell if that's a YouTube bot or a real. Uh, YouTube account, but they keep saying, saying, saying hi. So I say, hey, back to you. Let me know you're real by saying something about would say Vainglory. Uh, Facebook, a couple of these people, I, oh, Justin and M and Joe. Never mind. I'm getting stuff mixed up. Oh, yeah. Joe M and Justin were from Facebook. I wanted to thank them. Thank you twice. You're so nice. Sue, Pauline, William G. Lori, Alexander, and Julie, Dustin, Kim, uh, Twitter, Kimberly A., uh, Marnie and Fan, Fat Anarchy, we're working on solutions, uh, Lisa with extra S's, Lida. I want to thank you. Congratulations to Nerd, Nerd, Nerd Goblin, who I believe is getting married as you're, maybe as you're hearing this. She said three days, but I don't know. Again, I'm not good at math, and I'm recording this Wednesday evening for a Thursday release. So, thank you. Congratulations, or future, you know, congratulations. Possibility that Tom and was her bridesmaid. Please get that on video, please.
I don't know if there's going to be dancing at the wedding, but hopefully. I could see Tom and doing the worm and getting hurt. So maybe I was going to say get video Tom and doing the worm, but don't get him doing the worm. And no, clearly no alcohol for Tom. And uh, Justin D, Mark, Graham, and Babs, thank you all. Over on iTunes, if you review and rate the podcast on iTunes, it helps us uh, get exposure on iTunes by move, staying in the charts, by charting, I guess. But more importantly, put your uh, uh, review out there. And that's a God honest good thing. I never buy anything on Amazon without reading a review. And I don't, I, sometimes I'll randomly I'll say, hey, let's see what reviews are on the sixth page, if they're all good reviews. Because I'm looking for a review that connects and speaks to me. So if you take the time to write a review, it'll maybe it'll speak to one more person. That'll help our podcast grow. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's your honest opinion. And speaking of honest opinions, uh, Sleepless in Narberth. Now, I, I know someone in Narberth, so hopefully it's the person I know. If it's not, that's wild. I mean, it may know two people in Narberth. But they, they fall asleep without a problem. It's the only sleep aid they need, but then they wake up in the middle of the night. That's when they need the podcast because their brain's buzzing like a hive of mos- cloud of mosquitoes. So glad to help in Narberth, a lovely town on the uh, Philadelphia train line. And then I want to thank Blue Meanie Face, who was nothing but 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 non-meanie. And their face doesn't make me feel blue, except for like for over from over smiling, because they say we have a gift. Scooter's no joke, funny, but Blue Meanie Face is willing to put fifty dollars down against the sleep order with this podcast. So thanks, Blue Meanie. All right, so that's everything this week. Thank you so much uh, for the support, and let's uh, keep getting on with you. Let's keep the show going. All right. Uh, I want to say thanks to Chris Posty Poster, Simpson Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music. Scotty and Jennifer on our honor, on our artwork. We have a Facebook group, like kind of like an unofficial Facebook group, because there's no, you know, uh, official, you know, like, hey, you got to pay or some crap like that. Just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. That'll take you to the Facebook group, and then you just... Uh, you click that, you want to join. And then one of our great moderators, Laura, Jennifer B., Julie C., Rachel L. G., and Lila I will get a hold of you and let you in there. And then you can talk sleep stuff with people. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to create a safe place. I'm going to send my voice via via the zeros and ones across the deep dark night. Extend my hand. Extend my voice. And say, hey, come join me in this safe place. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's cranking in, in three main spots, when I hear from people, it's your brain, uh, number one, body, number two, people with either chronic pain or temporary pain issues, uh, or your emotions, number three. And, and that's not an order of importance, obviously. Some people, it's uh, all three. Some people, it's just one. And you're just having a temporary bump. But some people, you know, as I said, the Christmas examples are great. You, you got something big and exciting coming up. And you need to be distracted from it. So whatever it is, I'm going to try to distract you from it. 
And the way I'm going to do it tonight is I'm going to talk about Metastasis, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. And I watched the episode. I'm going to well, watch episode one, so I'm going to talk about the first time I watched it, the notes I took. Then I watched the parallel or the corresponding episode of Breaking Bad, took some notes at that. Then I watched Metastasis again. Now, Metastasis is in Spanish. I don't speak much Spanish, but much, you know, I guess more, I now speak more than, I, can, I can't say I don't speak any, but I couldn't tell you what barely is in Spanish. So I can't say, you know, I can't, I'm not even positive of speak, to be honest. I'd have to pause and think about it for a while. So the third time I watched the episode again, Metastasis, but I watched with the subtitles, and I say, okay, let's learn some words, let's write some down. And then I look the words up, and, you know, I say, geez, what else did we notice? You know, what else can we talk about? But I use a lulling, soothing tones when I discuss it. And if this is your first time here or your 50th time here, you're like, well, geez, that sounds, I'm curious to hear hear how this guy does it, but it doesn't exactly sound gripping at the same time. Uh, so you ha- do you have a unique uh, uh, viewpoint, uh, cultural, social, political, about Breaking Bad? Uh, no. Do you have, uh, you know, background in media, media criticism? Or a knowledge of, uh, you know, metaphors or, you know, are you Vince Gilligan's, you know, best friend from grammar? Any? No, none of those things. Uh, do you have a unique insight into the human condition that could be related to the journey of Walter White and Walter Blanco? And, you know, other, you know, like an intellectual way of viewing it? No, I'd say unique, unique maybe. Human, I'm, I'm I'm human, so I do suffer from the human condition. Uh, but the rest of that stuff you said, I, I wasn't sure I really understood it. So no, we'll we'll just say no. Uh, but I'll tell you what. But you know, I, I tell you what. And this, and I don't mean to shame you or accuse you of anything. You sound like the kind of brain that when you let, let, me, let me ask you this brain part of somebody's brain that's talking to me, probably mine, but it could be you know. A uh, relatable part of my brain that somebody else might identify with. Uh, sorry, sorry, you got quiet there. Well, I just, uh, you didn't, usually you shame me, so. Okay, yeah, like I said, I'm not shaming you, but you, you know, you, you seem like you had a lot of concerns about what I'm going to be doing here. Uh, does it feel like a lot of these concerns crop up about bedtime, about, uh, you know, this guy that's running the show's inadequacy in all those arenas, socioeconomic, you know, all those. Uh, yes. And are you trying to protect this guy from all his uh, shortcomings in the cold, cruel world out there? Yeah, kind of, I think I am. And does it get real stressful you at bedtime because it's all quiet and you want to figure out the solutions to all his problems? Yeah, yeah you're right about it. And, and do you find... And I mean this in the most gray area, open source sense of the meaning. I don't think open source. I wish I could open source my brain. But uh, like, do you find that you maybe just don't have all the tools that you would need to protect this said person? Like you you can't 100% accurately predict the future. It would be nice for you, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I just usually use shorthand that the future is going to be not so great or a lot worse than that. And I make most of the, you know, things I tell them at bedtime based on that. Well, geez, that's great because this is a really constructive uh, conversation we're having with each other. 
But basically, what I'm going to do here for you and for everything else out there is that you you like these lulling, soothing tones I'm using with you, this kind, uh, you know, trying, you know, I, I don't find myself full of compassion or empathy, but I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to have a little empathy for you, whatever part of the brain you want to. Call you, do you, do you have a name? Well, it's funny you should ask because you know they they have a lot of names. I'd like to be Bad Brains, you know, like the band. Well, you the group. I guess they wouldn't call themselves a Bad Brains, eh? Well, that's uh, or Bad Brain, Bad Brains. Yeah, just call me Bad Brains. I know it's plural, but uh, he makes it crazier, huh? Well, hey, Bad Brains, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go lie down over there? You listen to me. You 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 run security back there. But I'll tell you what, with my lulling, something about my lulling, soothing tones, they tend to keep security on the down, you know, the lower level. So you can just kick back. Why don't you take your shoes? Are those shoes you're wearing? Yeah, these are bad brains, you know, bad shoes because I'm bad brains. That's great, bad brains. So just kick back. I'm going to talk about these shows. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to take your hand and everyone else's hand. And together, our little campsite here is going to transport us through those gates, across whatever the realms of consciousness or whatever. You know, you're in charge of those big words, but we don't need them right now. And ideally, they'll carry us over in a dreamland, and, you know, the person you're in charge of will be just fine. You know, my lulling, soothing tones will keep them safe tonight. Or what? Technically, they won't. I know because I saw you getting agitated there because that was the technicality, and you got me on it. You nailed me. And you know, bad brains. That was a test. I just wanted to make sure. You know, I said, "Well, kick back." But I know you're, you're secure. This person's secure, and your security attempt to keep them secure. But I'm, you know, I'm a different kind of security person. I'm the kind that says, "Well." Like, I work for the company that's, I guess, well, that's, a, we don't have time for a whole nother metaphor. But, but I'll tell you what, I'll be doing my best using, distracting all you guys so you won't get rested. So tomorrow, when your humans got to go out there in that world, you know, work, life, waking up stuff, uh, but, you know, then you'll be ready to help them. You'll be rested because I want you at your best, too, bad brains. And so, uh, how's that sound? How's that? And, and you know what? You don't have to like it, Bad Brains. Just give it a shot tonight. What do you think about that? And I can promise you, I'll do a little bit of silly stuff just for you. I don't know if I'll remember to say Bad Brains. Uh, bad Brains, do you, what would you think about having a puppy named Bad Brains, too? You could say, oh, Bad Brains. Come here, Bad Brains. Oh, Bad Brains. Like, do you guys, do you brain, brain, brain parts have, uh, uh, pets? Oh, I think bad brains is, uh, in some sort of fugue state. Uh, you know, like a sleep mode where he, 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 it, I guess it's more of a it, I don't want to, uh, but, but bad brains is, you know, we'll sleep it, but why, you know, kind of like a motion detector. So we'll just, so that's how the podcast works. I just used it, an uh, example by accident. Uh, which is uh, uh, how these new openings usually work, because my brain has a plethora of uh, different watchful, uh, isn't there a watchful housemaster or something? I don't know. You know, different things that are, you know, when, I, when I go to bed, they get all irritable. You're irritable, I know. Don't worry, bad brains. I, I corrected myself.
Uh, so that's, that's the package. If you, you know, first couple of times here, you might be like, what in the hell? And that's a perfectly legitimate, normal reaction. Uh, you might be skeptical at hell, as hell, or I'd be skeptical at hell. I wonder if that gets you in a deeper level. Oh, you're skeptical? Bring them downstairs, boys. Oh, boy, I better get this skepticism out of my system before I go down there. Uh, sorry, I get distracted there. And now I can't get, you know, skepticism about hell, extra punishments in hell because I'm skeptical about hell. Oh, boy. But, you know, I'm going to just try to distract myself from that and keep going with the story. But this is your first time here. This is what you can expect. I'm, I'm not a guru, not a sleep expert, uh, not a meditator. Well, I try, I'm testing out. I mean, I'm not, not a, a guided meditator, you know, mediator of meditation, definitely not. No science background, you know, except for, chem, you know, chemistry kit when I was little. You know, I'm probably one of the reasons they banned a lot of those ingredients in there. So that's it, but the ingredients tonight I'm going to use, lowing soothing tones, pointless meanders, wings of pointlessness. I got those uh, extended and uh, gently waving, if you could just watch those gently wave. Uh, Vestigical wings, uh, maybe, because I'm not positive what that means. They always say tail. But they're just gently, but they're pointless. They, they, and you say, well, does that mean they can't fly? I, I can't tell you that because it would take me forever to explain it. Uh, but the key message I want to tell you is I'm glad you're here. And I do hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. All right, so we're starting off talking about episode uh, 13 of Metastasis. B.U. Boo. And it starts off with Jose standing. He's where I said, are those Air Jordans? He's tapping his foot so he couldn't help but know. And I said, he looks like he's wearing Air Jordans. He also looks worried. He's also wearing a Grim Reaper t-shirt. Uh, there's a, you know, some sort of a, a friendly... Uh, cartoon like a uh, beetle that says, you know, kind of like Beetle Bailey. I no, no, Beetle Bailey may have been a human. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure he was a human, but this is like a beetle that says, Hey, Jose. And then Sweaty Mohawk shows up, uh, whose name on this show I can never remember, but he, he's Sweaty Mohawk to me. He'll always be. And he, what do you say? Don't shirt. I think that's what it is. Uh, sweaty Mark shows up, don't shirt, or don't something, S-H, uh, or sh- well, something, and then he shows a note to Jose. Jose can't really read it or understand it or something. And I also put that this scene, or the parts of the early part of the scene especially, they look really good in HD. And so I don't know if they got a little bit more money for this episode or I was just paying a little more attention, but there's a couple other close-ups in this episode where I said, wow, uh, did they have more money to make, did they get a little bit more money for production or or something? It looked really good. And this metastasis already looked good, so it's not like it was, uh, so I don't know. Uh, but then Sweaty Mohawk's kind of laughing at Jose. Jose uh, not to, I said, is he not taking him serious? And then 
Jose's like, all right, I'll deal with things. He gets high. He's waiting. He's watching. He's watching a garage, and he gets ready. Is that a put garage? And then the opening of the show comes, and then Jose's at a gate. It's locked. He goes over. He drops his deadbolt. Which I said, geez, he's not... He's not gonna be locksmithing anything without that. But then I, I guess he, he dropped it on purpose. At first, I thought it was like a, well, that would have been a spoiler. I me telling you that now, but, uh, but then he throws it over, and then there's some uh, graffiti on the door, and maybe I'll remember to take a, a screenshot of it. But it's not written in English or Spanish, but symbols. But it looks a little bit like it says Ashkash, and I'm not joking here. Uh. I get it. K A S H. It looks like, and maybe a V A, which could be, you know, short for Ash, uh, Ashkash. And then Jose knocks on the door, just like a cop would. He yells, and then a woman or like a girl in a red uh, Girl Scout looking outfit comes and hands him a flyer. And that was like uncomfortable because Jose was like acting like he was a cop or a burglar. Then he knocks again, the door opens, the house is full of junk, a giant, one of those giant water bottles that you'd have on a, you know, a soccer ball. And at first he's like, well, no one's home, but then a little kid's there, uh, uh, slightly older than a toddler. In, in in his PJs, he's watching a TV show about cooking with tomato paste, I think. I said, is that how to make tomato paste? Is that they cooking with tomato paste? And the kid's like, you know, like, man, this is a, war, a repeat. And the Jose's kind of grilling. He's like, hey, is anybody home? And the kid kind of ignores him, a little bit catatonic, the kid is. And then Jose tries to change. He says, you don't want to watch this about tomato paste, especially if it's a repeat spoiler. They're making a tomato-based sauce. And the kid's like, thanks for nothing, man. But it ends up that's you. And then Jose's like, oh, it's the only channel that works. And the kid's like, oh. That, didn't, that part didn't happen with uh, anything about the tomato. There was tomato paste, though. Then we're at Walt's. Yellow comes home. She sighs. Uh, she listens to messages uh, she, on their uh, what are you, answering machine. That was something that used to take voicemails, a separate unit you needed. And she's got one bag of groceries. It looks like really giant lemons. And a call, then a call comes in. It's Marcella. Oh, Mar- Marcella calls, starts to leave. I put, oh, she starts to leave a message for Walt. Cielo uh, talks to her. Uh, something about a lot of plata money, plata stacks. And then we have a back and forth between them where Marcella's kind of listening. And I noticed, I said, why, I wrote this, why do rich people always, like, listen to phone calls from second-floor balconies? Because Marcella's, like, standing on the second-floor balcony of her house. And she's got one of those balconies that looks down at the, you know, the great, they usually call it the great room a lot of times, I think. But, you know, she, I don't know, what's up with that? You know, why are you guys always talking? She's, like, leaning out over the balcony. It didn't look comfortable. If I was rich, I'd be in, like, my zero-gravity chair, like Jesse was talking about. 
or my couch, you know, feeding grapes to my, you know, having someone pay to feed me grapes or a volunteer or an intern and drinking grape soda for sure, as somebody joked, you know, but for sure. I mean, unless I needed, you know, unless I was rich because I, I needed, and I'd say, well, no more grape soda yet because, you know, I need the, uh, the money maker, whatever that would be. Because grape soda, whatever your money maker is, if it's your body, your brain, your heart, your energy, you know, grape soda is not good for any of that, unfortunately. You know, the only money maker it is is for, well, I don't even think grape soda is a profit center for soda companies. Uh, so just a, just a distraction maker. So actually it'd be perfect for this podcast, uh, grape soda, the official soda of this podcast, grape soda. Uh, thank you. I want to say a special thanks to Grape Soda for making this episode possible. That uh, turns out, oh, wait, this just in Grape Soda caused a sleepless night, so uh, too bad I took it. Oh, wait, I didn't take any money from Grape Soda. Uh, but maybe one day, you know. But anyway, rich people, second floor balconies. But Ciela keeps thanking her, but saying, hey, don't say anything. I just want to talk. And then Marcel's like, hey, maybe we should grab coffee. Uh, then Walt's at school, he's back teaching, he's bald. Uh, there was a kid that looked like a bird, a bird-looking, a bird-like student, male student, I think. I thought we were going to come back to him, but that was the only note I had on him. Like kids are nodding while Walt's talking. I oh no, a bird-like kid is chewing, not chewing on a pen cap. Maybe that was another kid, but he had the pen cap in his mouth. Walt strolls the classroom, goes over to the periodic table, starts talking about carbon. And I said, have those guys been calling me a cabron or carbon the whole time? I don't know, uh, because they're pronounced differently. The uh, principal shows up, uh, and Walt kind of talks about her being her carbon makeup. I mean, her, you know, physical makeup, not on... Um, her being a carbon-based, uh, you know, life form. And she watches and listens, and Walt starts talking about Tracy Hall. He writes that on the board. The students are really paying attention. There's nice close-ups of Walt here again, where I'm like, oh, was it, did the budget go up? Or was I just watching, you know, I changed Internet service providers. That honestly could be it, that uh, I'm getting a better signal, even though it's still both were through the Ethernet, but... It could be that simple. Uh, but Walt is all serious. The principal is like, why? Hey, what, where's he going with this? And the students just stare. And then Walt starts talking about money and carbon. He's really irritable. Class ends. Yeah, the principal's like, hey, can we talk? She's kind of checks in on him. I think she says she likes his bald head look. And something gets said in the bad music, like the bad news music starts playing. Uh, and she looks away from him. Walt clasps his hands, but I couldn't figure it out. But then it seemed like it ended well. Uh, then we have a dude on a skateboard. He says, ciao, Morgan. Morgan. Hey, hey, Morgan. No, not Mo- Morgan. Morgan, I think that's it. And Walt and Walt Jr. laugh and then... Walt's acting all passive-aggressive. He's got a nice black jacket on, Walt Sr. does. 
And then there was a flyer on Walt's car, and he grabbed it real quick. I said, does someone know his secret? Is this uh, some sort of mystery I forgot about? And then we have Jose Miguel with the kid. They're eating. Jose tries to connect with the kid, plays peekaboo. He gets a laugh. Then the parents come home. Jose busts them. He says, hey, guys, you're in trouble. You know, we need to talk about your parenting and the fact that you you borrowed some money from Sweaty Mohawk without his permission. Uh, Then we have Walt Morgan in their car. They're talking. Walt's making some sort of point about his cabeza or something, and Morgan's not sure. And then all of a sudden he likes the idea. And they get home. There's a real nice car in the driveway. And then there's a, on there, there's a Lab Day Atomic sticker. And we're like, oh. And Cielo and Marcel are inside, and Cielo introduces Morgan, the former Walt Jr. And Walt is act, do, really acting up a storm. And then she's like, hey, you don't look bad. And then Walt Jr. wants to thank her, really uh, big-hearted. And then Cielo even gets more heartfelt. And then Marcel's like, I got to get the hell out of here. Uh, I, I said, I got to go radar, maybe? I don't know why I wrote that. And then Walt tries, oh no, Walt tries to follow her. That triggers Cielo's radar. She's like, what? But Walt runs after Marcella. And then Walt tries to, like, uh, lay some, like, stay calm level shit on her. Like, total BS. Uh, it starts raining and she drives off. Uh, then we have, uh, uh, uh Jose with the uh, addicts, the parents who are, and he's saying, Gaia say, and then he says, you take off your shoes. Let's, uh, you know, let me, let me take, let me take these drugs off your hands so you don't do them. And they're like, well, we smoked all the drugs we borrowed from Sweaty Mohawk. And he, he he's like, I don't believe it. And they're all laughing. And there's like these crazy close-ups of these people. And cackling of the, the, the woman. And it was like, I put Terry Gilliam level of cackling. So if that kind of stuff bothers you, I wouldn't rewatch this part of the episode. Like extreme, strange laughing. Like almost like a... Yeah, Terry Gilliam movie. I just said, Jesus, this is like Terry I said to myself... This laughing reminds me of the strange uh, laughing of a Terry Gilliam movie is what I said, like when I was thinking about the laughing. And I said, what is this room? I said, oh, Terry Gilliam laughing. It just really overdid that. But uh, then uh, they search everything. They blame each other. There's a lot of comedy here in Breaking Bad and the metastasis between this couple. Uh, the kid comes out, Espacio, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we got an ATM here, we're trying to get it open, we accidentally locked our own money in there, strangest thing. And then we have more close-ups of the woman, Terry Gilliam style, and then we see, you know, where, you know, how their money got stuck in the ATM, where that happened. And then the, the, the male is trying to break into it with a sledgehammer, and then him and his wife or his girlfriend, they can't get along. Jose's just not happy about this kid. He's like, geez, you guys, you guys can't, 
you you know, you're addicted. You can't even keep your money out of ATM. You're supposed to get money out of the ATM, not put it in there. He says, Abra say, uh, he talks about uh, food, you know, getting these kids some, you know, more nutritious food. And then Jose's like, I'll, I'll get your money out of the ATM. So he takes over, tries to break in, time passes. And then this was a disorienting episode because we're at a white, and the next episode is like a white tablecloth restaurant with a double-decker bus. Ah, but there's a double-decker bus and uh, Walt and Marcella are eating there. But Walt has the same jacket on as before, but I said, is this a flashback? Or is this present day? Are they in France? Are they in London? Uh... But she and also she was wearing and I this is my exact wording she has strange rich person jacket on. It was a strange one. It had some sort of fake. It was the weirdest jacket. Only a, and I'll talk more about it. But it was the only rich person could wear it. Uh, probably cost a year's salary for most of us. Uh, there's also some kind of jazz porny music playing. And then I put her jacket as uh, my my I put fezzy neck. It probably meant fuzzy neck, but almost like an animal fur. But it was also a jean jacket, and then also had like these strange letters in some different color jean stripe, the J-E-R-E. And then she was also wearing a shirt sweater that had fishes and dragonflies on it. But that was the least, you know, that was the least of her problems. She's rich, you know, clothes aren't her problem, Walt's her problem. And she, you know, they're, well, it's like, this isn't your problem. She's like, it is my problem, you know. And she wipes a tear away. They talk. She gets serious. And she's saying, how is this not my problem? And Walt gets very venomous, venom, venomous, and serious. Uh, gracias, uh, verdad, gracias. And then Wall ends the real conversation. How he ends it, he's really cross. It's not, it doesn't end well. And then we're back with Jose. I notice he's got a real nice jacket on, too. So the back of his jacket, but sweet back of jacket. But then the mom gets a drop on Jose. She says, you should take a nap, Jose, while he's playing with the kid. And then Jose falls asleep, and then she's yelling at him. But he's like, I, you know what? I'm so tired. You're right. I'm going right to sleep. Then we're back at Walt's house. He cracks open a beer. He's thinking. He's sipping beer. Uh, Cielo's watching him. She's like, "Buenos noches." Uh, and she, she then she's like, "Hey," he's like, and then she's like, "Hey, what's up?" And Walt's drinking Nevada beer. I put. And then Cielo seemed to either know something or had an old jealousy. I couldn't figure that out. And then she wants to know something. She seems exasperated as Walt tries to give her a simple explanation. I also started to do some kitchen analysis. They have three nice pieces of wall art in there. Real nice lamp. I don't know if I got any more notes on that, but uh, whatever Walt says to her, Cielo says no. And she doesn't believe it. And then even more attacks on rich people, it seemed like. Uh, she's like, what's up with rich people? Because rich people are all like, what? And then she's like, wait, are they not going to give us any more money? She seems sad. And Walt's kind of playing this hero victim role. He's really good at that. 
you know, working all those angles. And then we're at with Jose. He wakes up, and the guy, the husband, he's like sawing and drilling the APM, ATM machine. Jose's deadbolt's on the floor. He's like, hey, I could use this to, it's a magic deadbolt to get me and the kid out of here. But then the mom, she's an addict. She says, you know what, I don't care about any sense. I just want some more drugs. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything she, she, everything says, Jose says, well, the ATM says, hey, I'll give everybody money. Uh, if Jose leaves, leaves the kid, ideally he'll get a, a help from the CPS. The addicts will get help. And the ATM seems to say, the ATM says, money solves all these problems. Don't worry about it. Call the proper authorities. Take the money. Everything's going to be fine. And Jose says, says, Jose says, thank you, ATM. And the ATM says, I sat on your friend, but that'll be fine. Here's some more money. Get this lady some help. Get the kid into some, you know, loving, supportive situation. And Jose, we'll need you probably for the next episode. So hit the road. And Jose says, what does ATM stand for? Loving money machine? And ATM says, don't think about it so much, buddy, and have a good one. And so Jose takes the money, and then ATM says, but you don't want anybody to know you were here because, you know, they'll say, so cover, you know, get rid of your fingerprints first. So Jose does that, covers his tracks, calls 911, says, hey, I got a magic ATM. A couple of people that need some loving support. And they say, no problem, loving support squad on the way. And they say, you're so neighborly. And Jose, Jose Miguel says, that you know, that's what I do. And then he, they say, hey, leave the kid outside so we can get, give him a hug first. And so the, Jose takes the kid outside. He says, hey, buddy, I'm going to play peekaboo here for a minute. And then the police are going to come and, and take you someplace nicer. And he rolls out, uh, I think he, Jose says, hey, it's going to be okay. And the kid looks after Jose as he goes out. And I noticed he had a nice sky and clouds blanket, and, and that was the last image, sky and clouds in a blanket. So that's our first metastasis run through, thanks. All right, so we're talking about Breaking Bad, uh, Peekaboo, Season 2, Episode 6 already. Wow, we're really moving. Uh, but it opens with Je- a shot of Jesse. He's smoking. There's a loud train. Very atmospheric, as always. A loud train going by. There's a shot from the ground. Jesse's standing above us. There's a stop sign over his shoulder. Uh, utility poles and utility lines, and then there's a little buggy poo. And a nice bug, because Jesse hates, it makes Jesse smile, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He looks down, he smiles. I think he even reaches out to the bug, but then Skinny Pete shows up, and Skinny Pete does not like bugs. And he says, Bugs, I'm not a Buddhist. My name's Skinny Pete. You're, you're going to the bug farm in the sky. And then Jesse, he gives Jesse, Jesse's like, he says, yeah, I found, and Jesse's trying to read Skinny Pete's writing. He says, this is a five or an S. And he's like, yeah, five S. And then Jesse's like, dude, you spelled streets wrong. And he spelled it uh, street, street. I guess that makes sense. Street, street. 
And uh, Skinny Pete's like, I can't be about uh, spelling and shit. I'm a drug dealer. And they both had on Nick Caps. And then they talk about the guy's nickname. That's pretty funny. You, you could, you should watch it though, because he, he, uh, he has a pretty dirty nickname. And Jesse's surprised by how, and, and he's like, you, 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 this guy with this weak nickname, like, stole some drugs from you. And Skinny Pete's like, you know, normally I would handle this myself, man, but I'm on probation. And then Jesse's in his car at the next scene. He's smoking, getting ready to go. He goes to the house. It's covering some graffiti, but pretty artistic. Or semi-artistic. Not art, but not just like a graffiti that a bored artist or madman might uh, do. And Jesse knocks on the door. He's practicing his, you know, his being, uh, what do you call it? What do they call that that I can't do? Uh, assertive. He's saying, I, I'm going to be assertive today. And But Jesse's pretty high, it seemed like, too. And then a male woman shows up. And he's blocking the mailbox. Now, this male woman probably, let's see what my exact knows, super cheery, nice male woman. But she was probably the night one of the nicest male women I've ever seen. She says, "Honey, you're black in the mailbox," and just says, "Sorry." And she says, "It's gonna be a nice day, Jesse." This I thought was just this line just stuck out. He says, "Yeah, high seventies." That was so Aaron Paul, Jesse, that he would like. No one says, "Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a nice day." Yeah, high seventies. Uh, but then Jesse goes in through a window. He falls down. He find a he found a prosthetic leg and a bunch of inhalers. He's waiting around. He meets this kid that lives there, a real nice kid who turns on like a shopping channel. Uh, over the air shopping channels, which there is still, you know, I thought maybe since I went, I got rid of cable. Uh, I've been meaning to do an episode about uh, over the air TV. But there's a more, you say, geez, you're not going to miss the infomercials if you get rid of cable. I'll tell you that. I also noticed the couch was held together with uh, duct tape uh, in parts. And I said, well, that's, a, that's some good thinking, those, whoever did that. On the shopping channel, they were having a steel knockout sale. And then Jess, Jesse, uh, Jesse's like, hey, kid, what's your name? And he says, my name's Diesel. And he goes, don't you want to watch something else? But then, like we said, and he goes to change the channel. It's the only channel that works. But Jesse's like, don't you want to sound like, like Mr. Rogers? And then we have, uh, it's Walt's first day back. Uh, Skyler's listening to a message from uh, Skyler's so Marie. Marie's so funny. She's like, hey, just want to wish you go, Walt a good day back. We'll be thinking about him teaching valences and covalences. Okay, that's all I remember. I think Skylar was unpacking groceries, and then the next message is Gretchen. Uh, but then the next the next call that comes in is Gretchen Schwartz, and she's like, "Hey, I just got down from Santa Santa Fe, hoping to see you all." And Walt's cell phone doesn't work. And Skyler picks up, and Skyler starts to explain everything to her, but of course this is part of Walt's grift, so Skyler's speechless when, uh, I mean, Gretchen's speechless as Skyler starts to thank her for everything. Because uh, Skyler's like, sorry, I've been putting this off, I've been meaning to call you and thank you, I just didn't know what to say. 
and, and Gretchen's trying to drive her car. And, you know, Scott's just like, she really saved us. And then she has this cute moment. Uh, and the way she says it and, and, the, and the way it's written or the, 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 that she came up with. She says, she, I just want to finally say thank you. Uh, anyway, end of speech. I can't even do it how she did it, but it was great. And then uh, Gretchen's like, Jesus, what if I come see you right now? Let's, let's hang out. we we got to catch up. And then the next scene is uh, Walt teaching. He's talking about stuff that's way beyond me. Pauline's, I call it, trains, duels, something. And Walt even says, Jesus, enough to make your head spin. But he goes, uh, just keep one element in mind, carbon. That's the center of it all. Without carbon, there's no life, uh, no universe. Uh, carbon. And then the principal comes in and he says, carbon is carbon. And he says something about a diamond being uh, carbon and the man who invented diamonds. And he goes, that's got your attention, right? The man who invented diamonds, Tracy Hall. Uh, Dr. Tracy, oh, he, made, he came up with that way to make synthetic diamonds. And then another theme of the show comes through and the episode, Walt's motivations via teaching. Because yeah. he says, geez, these synthetic diamonds get used in everything. It's a billion dollar. And, you know, he worked for GE and they screwed him. You know, they made an incalculable amount of money. And they gave him a $10 savings bond. And it, car, car, Carmen's face, Carbon Carbon, Carbon Carmen's, she says, she said, I don't know, this is a little bit out there. But then well, it's like, you know, uh, say carbon paper to a carbon man for making something out of carbon. And then uh, Carmen and Walt have a meeting. And this always confused me in this series, this, uh, this particular meeting, maybe because I have a crush on Carmen. Uh, so you just find her very beautiful and attractive, but she also seemed very caring, but I couldn't, I, I, I remember seeing this, uh, seen a couple times and just not understanding the motive, the, the subtext of it. But she says, it's good to get your back, Walt. You're looking great. He's like, he's like, well, skinny, which that's not bad. And the hair, but she's like, it looks good. And she's like, you're feeling good? And he's like, I'm glad to be back. And she's like, we're happy too. And then she's, she gets vulnerable, but I, I didn't understand the vulnerability. She says, well, it's just good. It's great. And he's like, well, she's like, you can talk to me about anything, Walt. And he's like, is it, cause he's like, is it, I'm detecting something else. She's like, you could talk to me about anything, anytime, completely confidential. And I never could read this, and maybe it's because I was drunk a lot of the time watching this, so maybe something happens later that I missed. But I couldn't figure out if she knew something, if she felt something for Walt, if she just, you know, related to his position, and she was just a really caring person. But it was that extra moment where she said, he says, even Walt detects, he says, something's going on here, and I'm not saying romantic. But it could, I mean, I guess that's what I was thinking, just because I'm like, oh, Carmen's beautiful. Uh, but uh, it could be something, more, you know, plot-related or, uh, like, Skylar's reaching out to Walt, his last chance to say, just tell me what's going on. Maybe she's trying to save Walt, I don't know, but and I don't know if it ever gets paid off or it's one of those things. 
that they had an idea and that, that it, but, but who knows, but it's just some of the scene that always stuck out to me. So I just had to talk about it a little bit there. Uh, but then after that meeting, we have, uh, uh, Walt and Flynn walking over. It's like, yo, Flynn. And then Walt finds the uh, picture of him on his windshield. It says, uh, I'm missing my pants. I'm buck naked or something. He's yelling. And we have this weird thing between, uh, uh, Walt Jr. Flynn and where Walt just is, uh, uh, talks about what he would do to, to, if he knew who, you know, he's like, I think I know. And, and he, he just seems a little bit darker. And he says, what do you say we get the kid who did this? And Walt Jr. first, he's like, eh. And then Walt's like, no, no, I'm just kidding. What do you say? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, that just like in the movies, right? And then we have, uh, oh, no, that scene comes after. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, we have Jesse and the kid eating a fluff sandwich, and Jesse starts playing peekaboo with him. And then the parents get home, and Jesse says, hey, stay in your room. I got to I gotta go deal with your parents. I got to talk. You know, I gotta, I've got had some assertiveness training uh, because, you know, I had to deal with this Don, Donald Trump-like character who's running for president, Tuco. But he went to live on a farm, so don't worry. But I had to learn some assertiveness. And I still have more to learn, but I'm going to practice on your folks. And he asks them to be quiet with, with strong language. There's a dog barking. Then we have Walt and Flynn talking about the suspects or Old Western. They get home. And there's a, a, a what do you call it, Bentley, I think, or a... I thought I wrote it down, but one of those real, you know, the cars that, you you know, no one buys except for, you know, maybe celebrities, like cars that are just unbelievably expensive. I, th- I don't think it's a Bentley, though. I think it's, I'll, and maybe I'll think of it. It is one of those ones. I think on Entourage they got them on the show back in the day. But it says Gray Matter on the license plate or MTR. And then Flynn goes in, and Skyler says, "Hey, yeah, this is Flynn, Miss Schwartz." And he, she goes, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you." And she goes, "Oh, Walt, what a surprise! You're looking good." Walt adds a shocker. He goes, "Yeah, it was." Or Skyler says, "Yeah, it was for me." And then I love. She says, "You have a very good shaped head, Walt." And I said, "Jesus, this is like anything uncomfortable people say." But that's brilliant. You have a good shape to head. She said, she's, no wonder she works at Gray Matter. And I'm not sure if she patted him on the head for a luck, or I imagine that or something. And then Walt Jr. Flynn gives her a really heartfelt thank you, and there's no way to repay them. And Gretchen's trying to be all smiles, but she's like, I got to get out of here because this is super uncomfortable. And Skyler's like, come back for dinner. Bring Elliot for sure. And then Walt, he doesn't walk out of the car at first, but then he's like, oh, you know what, uh, I, gotta, I think I gotta tell her something. Which I think is delayed, maybe Skylar was like, what? And he's like, hey, hey. Oh, she, I think she says, hey yourself, uh, so coolly. And then she just drives off. Uh, yeah, he says, hey, she says, hey yourself. And then she, he, he tries to talk, but she's just, she's like, I'm out. And then they have a shot of the big sky, which was gorgeous. And then we have another comedic, you know, dark comedy scene with Jesse and the kids' parents. 
uh, where Jesse's Diesel or whatever, he's like, hey, uh, you know, I need you, I need my money. And the guy's like, well, I bumped my head. It hurts. I'm seeing double. And they're talking about what you do in case of a concussion. And Jesse searches them. He's like, I told you. He goes, the guy goes, I told you, Diesel, we don't have anything. And Jesse's like, that's not possible. So he searches everywhere. And then he finds, uh, you know, one of them has uh, one, one thing, another has another. And they, they, they go, what, divisional labor. I thought that they said, geez, one person's holding uppers, one person's the downers. But Jesse's like, well, where's the rest of my stuff? And then he's like, I'm not joking around. This is a serious situation. And Jesse also says something like, hey, I'm, I'm so serious. Uh, uh, something about his crane. Oh, something about a cranial. That was hilarious. I forgot what that was. Oh, the guy goes, I got a headache. It's turning cranial. And Jesse goes, I'll give you a cranial. Uh, but this writing is just so good. So then he's like, hey, come out in the back. Uh, and Jesse's like, you know, I'm going to do intervention here if you don't give me my money. You know, no more drugs ever. And he's like, yeah, you got, he's, we got it out here. And he goes, he goes, man, we got this ATM. He goes, uh, she's like an aunt, as he's referring to his girlfriend. Wife. He's like, she can lift 100 times her own weight. And the guy's like, this is, he goes, Jesse's like, this is my bank. He goes, don't worry, it's FIDC insured, a victimless crime. And he's like, we got this out of a barn, smooth as silk, and... uh is like we roll like the breeze, and we see we know it's like Jesus guy's not always telling the truth. And then the guy's trying to get into the ATM, and he's like, I'm about to get in. And Jesse's like, I thought you knew what you were doing. He's like, Well, I've broken, I've gotten six, but I've never gotten one open. This is our lucky number seven. And then Jesse gives a parenting some parenting tips. Uh, he's like, where's the kids? They're like, oh, we're, you know, we're around. He, you know, he's around the house. And he's like, uh, you got to give him some good food and a bath. And put some baby powder on him. That was great. And get him a decent TV show. And, you know, mom's like, well, geez, I'm, I'm an addict, you know. And Jesse's like, well, that still doesn't cut it. And then the next scene is this white tablecloth restaurant, very fancy lunch spot with Walt and Gretchen. And the camera moves slowly across the restaurant to get to their table. And it's a nice, nice back and forth. Because uh, Walt's like, you didn't tell, did you tell Ellie? She's like, not yet. And he's like, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to decide. And then, uh, well, say, like, well, let me tell you my side of the story. This is a bad, you know, my unfortunate, you know, fortunate thing. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, tell me why. He's like, well, that's not the issue. And she's like, well, why'd you lie to us? And he's like, I didn't lie. And she's like, well, you said your insurance. And then, you you know, you told them you were paying for it. And he goes, this isn't an issue that concerns you, Gretchen. And she goes, excuse me? Yeah, it concerns me. She goes, you involve me in your lies. And, you know, it was a big lie. They thought, you know, I helped when I didn't. And Walt's like, I'll take care of it. And, you know, just it's, this is my business. And she's like, again, you need to explain this to me. This keeps happening to Walt. Which you think is interesting as an audience member on her second time around, like where everybody's trying to understand 
And I guess we as the audience are trying to understand, too, what these characters are saying. Hey, well, help me understand what the hell's going on here. And they're talking about the actual action. We're also trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this guy's brain, you know. He's breaking bad. But Walt's like, I'm going to explain the whole thing to my family. She's like, well, explain it to me. And he's like, I only owe you an apology, and I apologize. I'll say it again. I have now apologized twice. Sorry. Uh, Sorry again. That's three. And she's like, I just don't understand. We we offered to pay for no strings attached. And then you you say no, but then create a why involving us. And now you're saying that it's not my business. And Walt's like, yep. And she says, what happened to you, Walt? And Walt, he says, oh, whoa, excuse me, magic checkbook. You know, Jesus, you know, I should just beg you for charity. He goes, you and Elliot cut me out. And she goes, that can't be how you see it. And he goes, that was my research that you guys got rich off of. And she goes, no, I can't believe that. And he goes, oh, you're so innocent. And she goes, you're the one who ditched me. He goes, oh, so innocent, sweet, and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you left on 4th of July. You know, you you're, you wouldn't talk to me, and you broke out of there. And he goes, oh, so you, you build an entire, but you still stole my research. You know, you can't, you know. And then she goes, you abandoned us, me and Elliot. And then Walt cuts it deep. He says, you're just a poor little rich girl. You're getting richer. And she's, she cuts right back. Walt tweaks but She says, you know what? I, I, I feel sorry for you, Walt. And he says, fuck you. And the episode, I mean, you say, geez, that was intense. That was good. And then it just gets, it gets more delicious, the Walt and Gretchen thing. But then we get back with Jesse and the mom, and Jesse still won't let it drop, you know. He, and they start shaming, you know, shame a mother. Like, if if you don't want, I mean, you, you can, but just be prepared for the consequences. And she takes action. She says, Jesse, you, you need to take a nap. And he says, oh, and she says, I have a magic nap spell here, with spell wand. And she says, take a nap. And he takes a nap, and she yells at him. And I think that was during a peekaboo session. And then we're back in, in uh, Walt's at home. He's drinking a beer. Skylar comes in. And it, it is a great scene from beginning to end because she says, uh, she says, should I ask you where I've been? I guess we're beyond that now. She goes, Gretchen called. We got to talk. And Walt's like, oh, boy. Say it, and, and, and then it's like the grift, a double grift or whatever. She she says they're cutting off the money. And we'll say, what, why? And she says she didn't say anything. She just said uh, we can't keep paying for Walt's treatment. And you can feel Walt concocting the lies. Because she says, oh, geez, that's it. You know, she sounded apologetic and quick and got off the phone. And Scott was like, I was stunned, but I called her. She wouldn't answer. She goes, so what, what the hell happened? She, you know, everything seemed fine today. And then you talked to her in the driveway, and now the money's gone. And Walt says, well, uh, that's where I'm coming home from, you know. I went out to talk to them, her and Elliot. And she was trying to tell us, but she could, you know, that they're broke. 
He goes, and she's like, Scott is like, what? He's like, you know, rich people, he says, they're cash poor. And they're leveraging or something. And uh, Scott was like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, this is, the, so this is back in, uh, right, I think right before, or right after, so this is during the big, uh, uh, depression we had right, you know, right before Obama became president. I guess, I don't know, or it's taking place then. And this guy was like, I wish you would have just told me. And he goes, well, they're prideful people. Oh, Walt, so delicious. And Walt says, we're going to make it. Don't worry. And then Scatter says, and she still drives the Bentley. That was the name of the car, Bentley. And Walt says, keeping up appearances. Oh, I also forgot, uh, when they sat down to talk, they sat on the couch with the Afghan. Two different color browns and a red and a tan were the colors there. And I just love that it was uh, how good Walt that he was had. Or, and when he realized, he goes, huh. And then he sat back and he tapped his right thigh as he was thinking of Eliza tell Skylar, but it was just great. He's like, huh. And then we're back with Jesse in the ATM and, and you know, some stuff happens at the house. And Jesse says, well, she said, let me take the money out of the ATM and go. And he says, let me take care of the, he goes, let me set this kid up. He goes, hey, kid, come outside. He goes, your mom, your mom and dad, you know, they, they need some medical assistance to get off these drugs and you should probably be, you know, he goes, just stay here. The authorities are going to come and take good care of you, I hope. And he says, you have a good rest of your life, kid. And then the kid, you know, waits for the authorities to come and rescue him. And Jesse heads off into the night, a little bit like a hero, I guess, uh, uh uh, at least in this case, it came up, things worked out semi-decent for Jesse. Uh, so, and that's the, that was the end of the episode. All right, next up is the red pen run-through. Mostly words, but a few notes. Entonces, de heime, wego, disque, okay, that was the nickname of the guy in, uh, in Spanish. Or Colombia, uh, he says, De un poque haber manda. I know it suggests uh, Jose Miguel was smoking with a big lighter, a disposable lighter, but not a big, like one of those bigger, like a Zippo size one. I know I've seen those before, but I don't know what brand they are, uh, with some designs on it, uh. And right down, but I also noticed he had a, a steering wheel cover on his car, and it was one of those ones with the studs for her, his and her pleasure, uh, driving pleasure. Uh, that joke didn't work. And then again, I said the Oshkosh it says on the door, it said Triangle K, Triangle SH, uh, which to me is is some sort of a pictogram for Oshkosh. And K may be so no. La vie, la vie, lo mismo, alguien, abeconcito, besitos, pensando, que peña, de dolor de cabeza. Uh, Walt in his classroom, he had a big periodic table, huge. 
And uh, to confirm what I said earlier, there was a bird-like student uh, with his pen in his mouth, or just his pen cap. Sige Carmen Escarbon. Diamantes for diamonds, Las Brocas, Ketal. Uh, Walt hates the injustice completamente injusto. Uh, nosotros bastante, uh, bastante, pasa algo cualquier. Uh, Pirata Morgan, that's what Walt says about uh, Walt Jr.'s new name. Pirata Morgan, uh, Pirate Morgan, uh, Ben Ben Bamos, Cayo Pirobos Alacanes. Quien sabe conocerte, uh, que gusta verte, no te vas mal, uh, tu bolso, claro que si, mientras, uh, que va a decir que se pare, uh, bocillos de atrás, uh, suavena, uh, that's some suave, uh, carajo, uh, Leda Asco, uh, he felt uh, Despacio, Cobran Ayudo, Testigos, oh, that might be testicles, uh, Pasando, no va a poder, no me diga para, Oyo, abrace, Esto, sirve para más que meterle, uh, droga, compele, comida, cubo. I looked that up. That's slang for something, but I don't remember what it's slang for. I think, like, what's up, but I'm not positive. Uh, or no, maybe up late or something, because then I noticed there's a TV channel over the air that has that same name. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, though, later. Exactamente, eso justo. Lo siento mucho de este ellos conmovida debo disculpa Iban Trace. I think that's what saying. I apologize three times. Uh, orgulo, that was interesting. Mentria, uh, tu no eres así de sirle. Siento mucho que estas así me das lastima. Bente a la mierda. That's what Walt says to her at the end. Bente a la mierda. Uh, then we get a little hagale, levantarse. Uh, Walt Fridge, I wrote here. It's a clean silver. There's a J and a W. Those, uh, you know, little kids used to play with those magnets, letter magnets. Uh, the J is green, the W is blue. Uh, uh, over further away from where Walt was standing, there was a coral like you or a C. There's a bunny magnet that looked a little bit like a sticker. An apple, like a three-dimensional apple and three-dimensional shoe, maybe. A uh, beer, oh, beer opener, bottle opener. Uh, circle accent tiles around the kitchen, like with uh, interesting circle accent tiles. And then I was studying the art, the piece art number one, the centerpiece is white with uh, pink flowers off center. 
uh, possible blossoms because art number three to the right has more pink flowers and a tree branch. And those two pieces of art, they look like some sort of stitched art or, you know, whatever that's called, cross-stitching or something. And my, my guess is cherry or apple blossoms. They have brown frames, uh, different tone to the brown frames, but pretty close. And then they have, like, a, whatever that mat's called. you got to pay extra for that normally. And that's how you know it's, like, decent art. Oh, you got a frame and that extra square shit. That's some fucking art you got now. You must have paid money for that and not, uh... Print it out on your, like I do, print stuff out of my printer. Even now at my age, I like to decorate with stuff printed or, you know, print a photo at Walgreens. Or uh, I'll just hang up some art that I got on National Geographic. So, uh, so, but so, I, but those mat things I know are important. And then the other piece of art, the left art that I call art piece number two. Uh, Blanco House Kitchen Art Number Two is a different. It's in a gray frame. It's a different style. Very bu- busier than the other two. Looks like there's could be something bright colored on their birds, but it's divided by a gray river rock or mass. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout to see. You know, figure out more about that. But you know, that, that's a little bit about their kitchen art. Um. Uh, but that's about it about their art for now. Para, para El Teco, Subio, Nibolo, or something, Sarasu Madre, uh, Pedirle. When, when, uh, at some point when Jose Miguel's making, figuring out stuff at the house, there's a strange, like, few seconds slow mo. Like almost a strobe effect. It was for effect, but I said, well, it's a strange effect. Uh, hopefully, I'm looking up the words. I'll look up the uh, the notes, the bills, uh, paper money at Columbia. Uh, Jose get out, gets on a red phone. He says, Zulo, por favor. And then Tapate and Trentor, mejor. And that's the end of the red pen run through. Thanks. Right. Hey, it's time for our language learning portion. Before we got into the words, I wanted to have been meaning to add some new vowel, proper pronunciation of vowels. Uh, Alexandra's been uh, emailed me about how to do that. And the first one we've been trying to learn is O, O, which is just O, where you cut it off. O, O. And I figured we'd try to learn A and E because I figured, well, geez, I'm behind, you know, 13 episodes, one vowel. You know, so A, the vowel A is ah, 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 I believe, like aha, but just, just cut out like ah. So just the first part of aha, ah, and then the vowel E, it looks like is eh, eh, like almost like A, eh, 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 eh. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. And you know, anybody, if I'm doing it wrong, feel free, I'm not being sarcastic. Feel free to correct me. I want to learn and help people learn, uh, you know, while helping people sleep. So let's just start it off right here with, eh, and, and don't say, and maybe I should just stick with the beginning of the words because, yeah, for now, get to the first vowel. Let's see if shoot for the first A, E, or O, right. How's that sound? 
Uh, that's so, entonces, and eh, 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 entonces, entonces, uh, deheme, eh, deheme, uh, let me, deheme, wego, wego, later, dude, wego, disque, dis, disque, uh, supposedly, uh, supposedly I'm supposed to be learning some Spanish here, disque. Aver, we know we should. I should have known that, but I, I still had to. I said, no, I don't know. Let's see. Because there's Aver, Aver, a Roborone. Which doesn't sound like a, a let's see, let's see, a Roborone. So maybe Aver means something different every, in different situations. But this situation, Google Translate said it means let's see. Uh, which is funny to see. Uh, Aver, what Aver means. Let's see what Aver means. Aver. Uh, Aver on first, Aver, uh, no, is Aver on first, uh, that's why I'm looking, Aver, Aver, I'm trying to figure that out, if Aver's on first, you want to know who's on first, Aver, so you, do you want to see who's on first, see, that would be another way to learn Spanish, I wonder, uh, who has the rights to some of that old comedy stuff? We could do that in Spanish. Uh, because that wasn't that hilarious and full education there. Uh, ver, manda, manda commands. Uh, que me piso, no. I tread on me, not. Uh, don't tread on me. Maybe it means, uh, I don't tread on I. No, that would be no que me piso, que me piso. I thought K was what, though? Uh, again, we're only dealing with you know, one of the biggest, you know, it's Google Translate, but it's not Google. This isn't a human being. Uh, Lobby, Lobby, I saw, I saw, Lo Mismo, the same. How's Scooter Spanish? Uh, lo Mismo, Poquito, Improvianto, but mostly Lo Mismo. Because uh, he, he already forgot to do the A's and the E's. Alguien, ah, ah, alguien. There you go, buddy. Somebody is listening. Uh, alguien, baconcito, baconcito, uh, ba- baconcito. Uh, that, that means some, that's slang for like little, little, little buddy, little brother, a little cool guy, I think. Uh, besitos, how about you give me some kisses, uh, for, for, for trying to pronounce these words right, huh, maiden? Besitos. Uh, Passando, she's, she's thinking about it, even though she's a goddess and she's not here for real. You know, she's up there in, uh, the seventh heaven or wherever the gods old and new hang out during the, uh, between seasons. Passando, she's thinking about it. Pensando, actually. Pensando, pensando. Que, Pena. Que, Pena. Oh, what a pity, Scooter. Yeah, if you only knew the half of it, de dolor de cabeza. Da dolor de cabeza. It's a headache. Uh, sigue, you follow? You follow what I'm saying, sigue? Uh, uh, diamante diamonds are forever, forever. Like diamonds in diamantes in the cielo. Uh, your bacon cito like diamantes in the cielo. Ooh, e tu, ey, yo. 
a little bit. It's, you know, that's just, you think about it in 20, 30 episodes, I'll be able to do that. And you'll say, well, Mondo, it was the same. Is that right? Did I use Mondo correctly at least? I don't know. I can't find my spot. Um, uh, but I said Las Brocas, it's like bits, like like little bits of, uh, little bits of wisdom. K-Tal, what's up? How are you? How you doing? Completamente unjusto. Completely unfair. Completely mispronunciated. Uh, Bastamante, no idea. I used to work with Mr. Bustamante a long, long time ago, Mr. Bustamante. But that's it, that's Bastamante there, Bastamante. Ba, uh, is that right, eh, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, ah, uh, like pa, sa, ah, uh, go. Pa, sa, I'll go. Uh, that means something happens, but if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, well, something happens, uh, Scooter, that Calquier, anyone? Anyone, any, that's just any, though. Calquier, Calquier. Uh, Pirata, uh, Pirata Morgan, uh, Pirate Morgan. Ben, Ben, Bamos, come, come, let. Come, ladies, come, come, ladies. There's a little bit, a bit, a bit of something. I learned some Spanish lately. Uh, ben, Ben, Bamos, Ben, Ben, Bamos. Uh, Cayo, it says K. Perobos, I always get, let's look that one up live here. P-I-R-O-B-O-S. Okay, according to this form over here, it means uh, it's a bad word. Uh, possibly uh, against someone's uh, sexual orientation or race. So, uh, so it looks like it is a degradating term, so we'll try to avoid that one. Well, but now I'm just opening new tabs here. So we learned, I guess, whoa, there's egg on my face. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know, and Google Translate didn't know. So uh, what about this alacranes uh, scorpion? Uh, I feel like I have scorpions in my pride now. Alacranes. Ah, 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 Kian sabe. Who knows, man? It was a mistake. Who knows? Kian sabe. Well, who knows how many times I said it before I looked it up. Well, not well. You know, because every time I saw the word, I thought of that uh, actress Piper Perobo or something was her name, right? She was in uh, she was in a couple rom coms. You know, I mean, I do know who you mean, and uh, I don't know if that's her name, but you know, can we move on? Sure. Uh, Kian Sabe, who knows? Kono uh, Certe Piper, it's, it's nice to meet you, Kono Certe. Uh, que gusta verte, they, they like to see, you know, me recover from my mistakes. Que gusta verte. Uh, no te base mal. You don't look bad. You know, it, 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 you know, don't worry about it. Uh, can I take two bolso, your bag? Can I take two bolso, your bag? Uh, claro, KC. Of course you can. Claro, KC. Uh, how come you haven't learned that? That would be more embarrassing than... Yeah, you saying a slang word, isn't that knowing Claro KC? Yeah, well, I'm learning. Uh, of course I'm learning. Mientras, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's good to see you. No te base mal. 
it stops bocios of back bocios de atras while it's out of your back pockets I think that means suave I don't know carajo we know what that means carajo off is the way it would be used get the carajo out of here Vle uh, de Asco, it will suck if you don't. Vle uh, de Asco. Uh, he falta, there's missing. They're missing. T-H-E-R-E, missing. Uh, uh, despacio, slowly, slowly. Please try to talk a little slower. Slowly, despacio. Uh, ayudado, I think that means listen, but the way I spelled it was wrong. Testigos, I thought that was testicles, honestly. It's witnesses. Can you believe that's a, that's, that's a, that's a hilarious mix-up? Especially when I was at court that one time in a Spanish-speaking, and he said, uh, are you bringing any testigos? And I said, of course, you know, two. Unless you know something I don't, uh, Your Honor. And then they, they said, they said K? K? I said, they said, uh, uh, those testigos. And then I started, I said, well, no more like this, one, two, she does it, okay, four. I said, it was six now, six, six testigos aquí. And then they, I said, I said, have you, have you heard my routine uh, about who's on first or whatever? And they said, testigos, seis testigos o do, dos. And I said, aquí or aquí. And then they, that's when I grabbed myself and that was the end, you know. New char- no trial. They said no trial for this one. Uh, so that's good to know. For this day forward, I know testigos is witnesses. I did up until this moment. I'm not kidding. I didn't. I thought it was testicles. Testigos, in testicles. But it's witnesses. Unless you're witness, you know. We say, oh boy, those witnesses, those testigos. They say, wish you boys seen more, but uh, you know you've seen a lot. Uh, yeah, like we see nothing. We we don't know what you know. We I said you're the best witnesses ever. Depending on you know, and they said well, what will we witness, Scooter? And uh, anyway, they said then they just told me hey hey give up on the testicles material, and I said uh, sure, uh, but I and I said I lost my place. I need a testigo to help me. Oh, pasando, I'm going to move on. Pasando, going, pa sa. No. Uh, no ba a poder. He will not be able uh, uh, to. Uh, and then another derogatory word, para. Uh, no me diga. And para got used a lot. Oh, yo, I thought it meant look at me or listen to me. Abrace seer. Uh, I don't know if that's right. Esto sirve para mas. Que merderle. That serves to put him more than droga, drug, uh, comida food, cuobo. I looked this one up last week and I still know it. Q-U-I-U-B-O. Uh, it could be, we could be in for another embarrassment. Okay, so that one, Q-U-Q, that means just what's up or what's up or what happened. Q-Hobo. And I think I was saying last week, there's a channel here, late night cartoon channel. I think it's called Q-Hobo. It's in English. It's like cartoons for stoned people or drunk people. I used to watch it a lot. 
uh, now they don't drink every once in a while. I'll turn on still great. Got random, uh, random strange cartoons on there from the past. So check that out if you have any antenna. It might not be that. That might not be the name of that work, but that's what I think it is. And they would say exactamente, and I would say no, not exactly exactamente. I would say whatever the opposite of exactamente is, and they'd say eso that, and I'd say eso that, and I'd say gusto boys, be gusto with me, be fair with me. Well, lo siento mucho. I'm I'm very sorry uh, for for the mix-ups this week. Lo siento mucho. And they would say, ellos, they? And I would say, what, my uh, testigos? Which testigos are we talking about? The old testigos or the new ones? And they would say, testigos nueva? And I would say, oh boy, hmm. And I think I would say, uh, I would say, cuando is which, maybe, k, uh, how much, k, 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 m, I wish I knew that. And they would say, con movida, to move. And i say, no, no, you know, well, move with me. Uh, Debo, I must disculpa say I'm sorry again for that. Ivan Tracing, go three. Put aside my orgulo, my pride, orgulo. Um, but, but, but maybe be like Walton to slip in a little mentria, mentira, mentira lies. Uh, but two no eres I see. You are not like that, listeners, dear listeners. Two no eres I see. Uh, de cierte to, to tell me, you know, tell me the truth. Uh, siento mucho que estas así. Sir, so, you're so sorry. Uh, me de lastima. I feel sorry. Uh, verte a la mierda. That's what Walt says as he leaves. And that is like an insult. He says, I'll see you later, you uh, carajo. And Hagali, go ahead, make my, Hagali, make, uh, go ahead, make my day. Hagali, make dia. Levantase, are you going to rise up? Maybe. Where are you going to rise up? Para el teco for the roof. I'm going to raise the roof here. But power out techo, I need to raise her because it can't hold us. The ceiling uh, can't hold us. We're uh, say so much. Uh, para el techo can't hold us. Para el techo can't hold us. I got me. That's make scooter. Well, you know. Subio, I went up to the roof, uh, to the techo, Subio, to check it. it. It held us under, you know, and it held out the rain, which was great. Uh, Nibelo, I level, I level up. If, you know, if I check the roof, my roof checking skills may level up in Nibelo. Uh, Sarah Sumadre, you know, something your mother, uh, Sarah Sumadre. What, why? Cause I, cause I said the roof can, did hold us. I didn't say the ceiling can hold us. I just said the ceiling did hold us after it held us, you know. I wasn't against it well, not holding us. You know what I mean? And they say, well, the next time, Padirle, ask me first, okay? I say, okay, sure, sure, I hear you. Uh, I want to talk about the Colombian uh, money just real quick because it was, you know, it's come up in more than one episode, and I wanted to you know, learn a little bit about Colombia. 
And, you know, the money came out of the ATM, but we've seen it before. I said, who's on that money? Who's that money? Who's that money person? Uh, so I head over to Wikipedia. Colombian peso, according to Wikipedia, uh, is the uh, currency of Colombia, informally abbreviated COL dollar sign. Uh, however, the official uh, symbol is just a dollar sign. Uh, as of uh, July 26, 2015, according to this, the exchange rate is uh, about 2850 2850 pesos to $1 uh, U.S. Yeah, we'll run through the pesos, uh, replace the real uh, in the 1800s. 1871, Colombia went on the gold standard and pegged the pesos to the franc, the French franc. But that only lasted two years because of printing press inflation. Then they pegged it to the pound and some other stuff. Uh, they left the gold standard, I think, uh, when the UK did in 31. Uh, let's see, modern. I don't want to, there, there's a lot of coins, but uh, I don't know if I want to, uh, let's talk about the banknotes and maybe we'll go back to the coins. Banknotes. Uh, and between uh, 1857 and 1885, Columbia's provinces uh, issued paper money in uh, 1050 centavos and then in different pesos denominations. Uh, then uh, in the 1860s, uh, skips that. Uh, between eighteen sixty five and nineteen twenty three, sixty private banks. Oh, that's a great idea. Issued notes uh, in different denominations. And then in eighteen eighty one, Banco Nacional introduced notes for twenty centavos, uh, one five ten twenty fifty and a hundred pesos. Uh, then in 82, 15 centavo notes and 10 centavos in 85. Uh, 1,000 peso notes in 1885, 1900. In 1904, Treasury took over money production. And then in 23, Banco La Republica took over. Uh, but it looks like currently uh, there's a... Currently cir circulating banknotes are the thousand pesos bill, who has uh, Jorge Elisir Gaetan on the on it, on both both halves, one side in, in a crowd, and then the two thousand uh, pesos has Francisco de Paula Santan San. Santander, Santander, Francisco de Paula Santander. And on the back it has the door of the uh, Casa de la Moneda. And then on the 5,000th pesos it has Jose Asuncion Silva. And on the back it has outdoors and a fragment of the poem Nocturnal. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and the 10,000 pesos it has uh, Policarpa. Sala Viertira, and on the back has a Guayadas uh, main plaza, the birthplace of Policarpa uh, Sala Barrita. And then at 20,000 pesos, it has Julio Gravito Amero, and on the back has the moon. 
as in a reference to the gravity, Garavito crater. Garavito is his name, I'm sorry. And then on the 50,000 pesos, Jorge Isaacs, and then on the back, a photograph of La Maria. So that's a little bit about their bank notes. I just want to look up a little bit. Maybe we could look into this more of, uh, you know, again, some of the history of some of these uh, wonderful people. But I just want to touch on it real quick. Uh, I guess that didn't do us any real well, but we know it's a peso. And, uh, yeah, let's look up the first person, Jose Eliezer Gaitan. Uh, was a politician, populist politician, a school education minister, and a labor minister, major mayor of Bogota, and a charismatic leader of the Liberal Party. Uh, unfortunately, he 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 was sent to a farm by people that were you know not for him. Uh, in in forty eight April forty eight, when he was it was speculated he would have been become president. Uh, and this was before uh, some insurrection took place in '48. Uh, Doctor Gaetan w- was against the use of violence and uh, he wanted to elect a left-wing government. Repudiated the uh, communist revolutionary rep- approach of uh, the Cold War era. And unfortunately, when he was he was lost, it, it led to a period of uprising between conservatives and liberals. And facilitated, uh, according to Wikipedia, you know, uh, a lot, lot, a lot of loss. And of course, there's a lot of history about, about what would cause that thing. But it sounds like he was a popular hero. And here's the legacy: uh, Gaetan is a popular myth. As Gaetan was not able to have a proper funeral because of the chaos that followed his passing. His relatives uh, put him to rest at his own house, known as the House Museum Jorge Elisir Gaetan, where he still rests to this day. A popular story, perhaps apocryphal, relates that during a debate with a conservative candidate, Gaetan asked him how he made his living, and the guy said, from the land. And Gaetan asked him, well, how'd you get this land? And the guy said, well, I inherited it from my father. And Gaetan said, well, where did he get it from? He said, he, well, he inherited it from his father. And then he said, well, where did his father get it? He said, well, you know, from his father. He said, well, where did his father get it from? His father. And where did his father? He said, well, we stole it from the indigenous people. Somebody along the line did. And then Gaetan said, well, she said, well, we give some of this land back to these people we took it from. And they said, well, you know, uh, obviously we don't go, you know, uh, the big wheel just keeps on turning, I guess, as they would say. Yeah, or the Khaleesi would say, well, let's just break that big wheel then. But it sounds like this guy's a hero, so I'm glad we looked it up. Uh, and that's Jorge Eliseer, Eliseer uh, Gaetan, and he's on the 1,000th peso note, which we probably see a lot of in uh, Breaking Bad, so, or Metastasis. So that's cool. Uh, thank you. I want to thank Megan, Megan, for the emails. I want to thank over on Twitter, Flighty Broad, Graham, Mark, Sandy, Eve, Alex, Eli, uh, for the support. Over on Facebook, Justin, Caleb, Chris, and Laura, Julie, Carrie, Elizabeth, GP, and then I want to thank Robin and Molly for the comments. 
I want to thank all of you that reached out to me over the past two weeks with words of encouragement or inspiration. And I'm, I honestly am taking it all to heart. And, and uh, you know, so thank you so much. And I think that's it. Let's get, I think that's it. That's all I have here. I don't think there was any new iTunes reviews. If you want to review the podcast, leave me podcast.com slash iTunes. And that's it. Uh, well, well, I'm in the, the thank, official thanks. I want to thank Chris Post, who posted some from Sounds Like an Earful that does our music. And I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. Hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you. The podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Nope. This is the second time I've been doing the intros. I've been having trouble now. The podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. That was too fast. The podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Nailed it. All you need to do is get in bed, turn on the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a, a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been running through your brain, your body, your heart, your spirit, your your, your soul. Your, you, say, you say you just got some electrical energy. What if, if you got aura, aura problems or third eye problems... Like any of that stuff, I'm gonna to try to take your mind off of that stuff. You say, "Geez, I woke up my aura. I'm all green today. Holy moly!" And that might be a metaphor. You might be just some of you. You say, "Geez, holy cow! How do you know my aura is green?" And some of you might say, "Well, geez, I can I can relate to having a green aura. I'm not a aura man myself, but uh, I'm familiar with the concept." And some of you might be like, "I don't even know what is he talking about." with the aura talk and i would say well just stick with me because i'm going to try i'm just trying to distract you as a matter of fact uh, from that little voice or that little part of your body that as soon as you uh, that as soon as you lie down i don't know if that if you guys can hear it or if that's just my ear i just got a high-pitched noise action here but sometimes it, it, it it's worse for me when than a high-pitched noise of you know wah. Whatever it is, when you right when you're trying to sleep, uh, whether it's overthinking or physical pain, sadness, worrying, anxiety, phobias, whatever it is, I'm gonna t- talk tonight. I'm gonna, uh, you know, weave a little, weave a little something, and it, 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 you you just listen. But mostly, just just you know, just kind of listen. You say, "Geez, I'll kind of tune in." I'm gonna use some lulling, soothing tones. I'm gonna use some silly stuff. I'm gonna pat, you know, you know, pat that on there. Like I'm making. Uh, I've never made any paper mache. Would you believe that? Uh, you know, lived a whole my whole life without making paper mache. And say, Jesus, you talk about a bucket list. That's probably I didn't even realize it. I don't have a bucket list because I have so many. Anytime I start making a list, it's just like bedtime. And, you know, as I say, with a lot, I have a lot of rules about bedtime. No making lists at bedtime. Maybe an hour before bedtime, make a list, and then stop an hour before bedtime. Uh, there's your pro-am sleep tip. Now, probably don't do what I'm going to do later, which is get ready for it and then say, well, geez, that paper mache sounds pretty good. 
and then say, well, should we look up how to do it or just, you know, well, I think just water, Elmer's glue and flour, isn't it? And then balloons and then paper. So you got the machets, that's, you know, the liquid, the paper. I see, geez, you know, I don't know any newspapers, so we should maybe we'll go out. I got a phone book somebody dropped in front of my apartment. Uh, could we do some, uh, don't do that at bedtime. Or, well, geez, this might be something. Here, here's a crazy idea. The craft time in the middle of an intro. Uh, has anyone, does anyone, any crafty people do this? Let's do, uh, trap the list inside a paper mache. If you need to do any bedtime listing. Oh, yeah, this is, this usually doesn't happen where I come up with strange ideas like this. If you're new here. Uh, the distracting's already begun, and actually, I don't know how the hell I'm going to weave this into a metaphor about distracting people at bedtime, but it might be possible. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, everything in my brain, in my, you know, whatever, the rest of parts of my personality, would love to list a bunch of crap right when I get into bed. Now, what if, uh, probably schedule this uh, not at bedtime, but let's just imagine because I'll probably really do it, and but I don't want you to. We take the phone book, we rip out some pages, but bust out a Sharpie, and we write a, a list about it, you know, whatever you guys can complain. You know, go ahead, fire up the old complainers. I got about 45 different complainers in my brain. You know, Shame, shame Master 2000, still mad that I lost the... Uh, you know, year 2000 breakdancing competition in 19-whatever. I think that was on the, the comeback on, you know, 1998 or something. But uh, so we'll do that, and then we'll use that as the inside of the paper mache. So we'll do a balloon. Maybe we'll put some lists on the balloon, but we're going to, I think you pop the balloon. So then we'll mache up that balloon. We'll pop it. And then we, you know, and then we can always do a... Uh, a uh, pinata action. I think those are made of paper mache. And then, you know, fill it with candy. Again, not a bad bedtime thing unless you, and probably even chamomile candy. I don't know if that exists, but it's still probably not a good idea because either it's going to have sugar or some sugar substitute or, you know, you're going to fall asleep. You know, don't, and obviously we, most of us have learned not to chew gum at bedtime, but just in case there's anybody out there that hasn't learned that. Uh, and hasn't learned that ice does not work and peanut butter does not work. I think those are just devices uh, that the great parent in the sky came up with to make it more humiliating that you have gum in your hair because you always end up just cutting it out anyway or just go to school looking like a fool. That's what they would tell me. And I say, Jesus, with the peanut butter and the, 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 anyway, don't, you know, but just in case I got somebody out there I can reach out to, don't you take the gum out of your mouth right now. Okay. With that being said, uh, so this is a podcast to take your mind off of stuff and paper mache, not to, to totally go off rails again. What a wonderful paper mache. I'm, I'm, I'm Ben Mache's French. Because it's got all the, it's got like a C and an E at the end, dead giveaway for a French word, if you ask me. But mache, but you know, the French do have uh, words like that that are just one paper mache. 
if if there's ever a train, you know, if I do start uh, throwing subconscious stuff in there, that'll be an action word. Paper mache. And they would say, well, what did Scooter do with his powers of uh, mind control? He, he actually had, when he said paper mache, people just started making paper mache stuff with their lists. And actually, he he got rid of the bucket list. He created the mache list. And then he was sued, you know, by the maches. And also by the Irish, because he then he said, well, it's the McShays, you know, top of the paper for you, you know, whatever he said. He tried to do an Irish, and so he's a wanted man. And also he encouraged people to buy non, you know, non-Elmer's glue, because he, he saw, you know, he's anti, uh, you know, near monopolies. He was, one of, he was one of those people that made the mistake of going against Crayolas and the the Elmer glues, but we, we, we wish we would have known now that Lord Elmer, you know, Emperor Elmer and the Crayola boys, you know, just wreak havoc in the world we used to call Earth. You know, now we call it Terra, you know, depending on where you live, Terra Brown. And uh, anyway, that's, that's what you can expect out of this podcast. And I, I don't know, sometimes my brain just goes off. Like a like a cat, I guess a slow moving cat, or more, I guess more like a drunk mouse. My brain moves like a drunken mouse, and maybe you know, maybe one not like a drunken mouse from a cartoon because it's not a humanoid mouse, but it'll just shoot off in a random direction and then shoot the other way and be like, "What the hell's wrong with that mouse, honey?" I don't know. Is it trying to get away from it? Where is it going? Well, Jesus just went. Oh, here it is back again. I think it's trying to get across the room to end this opening and explain to people that is to take your mind off of stuff, bore friend. You know, you fall asleep whenever you want. But he seems to be, you know, we can't go in a straight direction to get to the mouse hole. Hey, honey, I got another question for you. Why the hell don't we cover that mouse hole up? Oh, honey, you know, we got our drink. Why do we serve vodka to the mouse? You know, why don't we start with that question? If you're going to be, you know, if this is going to be our mouse, you know, I told you, you know, no mouse discussions after eight. Okay, dear, let's talk about it tomorrow then. Uh, so that's it. This podcast will include things like paper machine, drunken, probably not. There won't be any, usually just in the intro is there drunken mice and paper mache. Another thing, don't paper, don't paper mache any mice, you know, uh, please, you know, teen boys, if you're listening, uh, probably not because you would, you know, already trolled me. But if you are, don't paper mache any mice. Maybe you could drip a little glue, just, you know, a tiny bit to say, oh, you look so cute with that little. No, don't do that either. But you could make a paper mache mouse, you know, with your mache list in there. But that's it. We're the podcast to put you to sleep. A lighthearted, uh, obscenely strange. I don't know what what the right word is for me. I don't know what the hell I've been talking about for the past eight minutes. But I got the best intentions. I want to, you know, put a you know mild smile on your face. I can I can bet you if you're thinking about paper mache and mice, you're not thinking about all the other crap. That's not going to do you any good anyway. We all know. You need and you want to get some rest. So give this a shot. I'm your boyfriend. 
I'm here to chat you off to dreamland. I'm reaching my voice across the deep, dark night to be there for you. Uh, the best way I know, I know how, you know, which just happens to be with all this uh, strange stuff. But I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I really desire, I strive and yearn, all those things. I stand here on the shoulders of a drunken mouse, metaphorically, of course, you know, trying to paper mache my way into your dreams. I just made that. I'm pretty, now I'm pretty pleased with myself. The drunken mouse just threw up on my foot, though. So that's it. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, hey guys, this is Scooter, and I guess this is going to be controversial, so that's why I'm doing a uh, little prelude here. But I don't know how many of you out there get obsessed with infomercials. Like, I don't really have a lot of infomercial time on my hands lately, uh, but I'm a lover of infomercials. I, I got to tell you, I love infomercials, and I can't think of anything, you know, it's a win-win-win situation. I, I was I was just thinking to myself, I said, Scooter, what, what could be more soothing than you? And I said, one of those infomercials, maybe. And I said, and geez, what could pay for the podcast? You know, I could take a day off and get paid. And I said, geez, an infomercial, maybe. And I said, what, 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 what would the audience say? And I said, well, well, like maybe some of them will be asleep. And he said, "Well, Jesus, is it going to be? Is it going to have lulling, soothing tones?" Well, I don't know. We're not from. I don't have. They said you don't get cast control. And I said, "Oh boy, really? Well, how much money are we talking?" And they said, uh, they "Said uh, your lawyer's dealing with." It. I said, "Well, just I don't have a lawyer." And they said, "Who's who? Who 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 is that?" And I said, "It's you, buddy. I'm the you know I'm the super super ed." I'm the one that knows what he's doing. I'm the man, you know, your man, your brain, you know, I'm the manager in your brain. And they said, oh, you're the, are you the one I'm looking for, the internal cheerleader? Oh, yeah. So we got this, uh, I got this infomercial lined up for you. And it's a win-win, Scoots. You, you take the night off, we'll get paid. And if this works, we'll get paid a lot. That's, wait, so is, no, is there guaranteed money? Scooter, there's no guarantees in life, buddy. Come on. You get the night off. Uh, do I get a free sample? Uh, no, I don't know if you, you want this sample, Scooter, to be on it. Well, that sounds shady then. Well, this is Scooter. This is something the audience can really... Okay. Wait, did you say I get the night off? Yeah, I actually have a... Uh, I have a special movie pack here with uh, Junior Mints, a bunch of different kinds of M&M's. And uh, 45 gallons of so, oh, okay, I'll see my audience later. But, uh, and uh, you, you didn't take over in my same voice? Well, of course. Well, hey, everybody, this is Scooter. Don't take, ignore that the part of me that was just there. I'm proud to present, you know, after calculating what would be the best for everybody, I've decided to uh, do like the stations who turn the show over. Well, every once in a while, to a couple of people, well, to a news pro- program with an E, program, new news program. I don't know where the quotations, because they have not, uh, they just sent me the audio. Uh, so they, they, they said they were going to send me a script, but. And I want to tell you the views, exp- I don't know what they do at the beginning. Before an information, they always say the views don't necessarily. But do not represent the uh, 
whatever of the Sleep With Me podcast whatsoever. We don't endorse this. We just sold this space to, what is this called? Something Enterprises. I can't read it because I got it wet. But Something Enterprises, I think it says LCC or something. So we don't have anything to do with this other than that they paid and paid us. Uh, uh, so I'm proud to, uh, I'm, I'm so proud to present, uh, you know, whatever's coming up next. Cause I, they said I couldn't listen to it first. So here we go. Ba, 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 ba. Hey everybody, I'm Linda Liebitz here with another episode of I on science. Your favorite news program about science with science. This is actually our first episode, and I'm just so honored to be here. As many of you know, I'm someone, you know, we're here at Eye on Science. We're interested in keeping our eyes on science, and I'm so interested to be here. I'm here. I have the honor and the pleasure of being here with, uh, with sir, would you do us the pleasure of introducing yourself and, and because not only are you an author, not only are you a speaker, not only are you a creator, you're a soul, you're a solo, a preneur, and uh, a business person, a human being, and, and and might I say, just an inspiration. Go ahead. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Linda. I'm so glad to be here tonight. Uh, my name's Albert Halls, and uh, uh, some might call me a human being. I, I would take that. That would be the most pleasurable thing. Uh, but yes, I'm an author. Yes, I'm a, I'm a well-known researcher and uh, many things, but I'm, I'm proudest, to, proudest to be a man that some might call revolutionary, but I think I'm uh, enemy number one in, in the mind of uh, uh, scientists. Uh, pharmacists and uh, you know uh, no you know university professors Linda <laughs> you know non people who say you're they say I'm not even a human being. Well, geez, what what now? Why why in the earth would they say that about you? You seem so humanly nice. Well, Linda, would you believe that you know I I've just dedicated my life to wanting to help people. And when you start helping too many people, you know, when you, when you help someone to help themselves, they can help someone else, Linda. And once you start doing that, you start rocking some boats. And once you start rocking some boats, you know, some people say, well, no, 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 no. When you, when, so when you get a person and you teach them how to say yes, uh, there's a lot of people that want to teach them, uh, reteach them how to say no. If you, do you think, do you agree with me, Linda? Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I wish I could say no sometimes. I mean, I wish you, but yes, yes, I love, I, I have, I, I'm just so excited to hear about your program uh, because I hear it's just changing lives one life at a time. Well, that's right, Linda, we're, we're here, we're changing lives, not just one life at a time, but one, uh, not just one person at a time, but we're, we're planning on changing it, uh, we, we, you know, really like that, but fast, you know, Linda. Now, I've I've heard that, that you're you're offering big things like health, wealth, success, power, and and even you know weight weight loss. And 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 what about these? Can you do anything about the? Now I'm wondering, do you do wrinkle repair and toilet cleaning too? 
Oh, Linda, 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 I, we, well, actually, uh, you know, it, when you empower someone, Linda, when you give them the power uh, to be empowered, uh, any of those things are possible. Those things are just uh, uh, simple. Uh, those things are just simple things to someone that's completed our program or worked with us here at the Institute. Oh, so, so the Institute. Now, tell us more about, about the Institute you work for. Well, we work, I, I, I happen to be the founder and the creator and, and the honorary uh, president of the Institute of uh, Human uh, Transpatial Transportation, Linda. Now, transpatial, that is a, that's quite a, that's quite a mouthful. The human, potential human uh, institute of human potential, transpatial potential transformation. Now, people that run institutes, those are normally scientists. Now, are you, are you a scientist or a doctor? Oh, Linda, Jesus. Now, that's quite a question now. That's, that's, you're going to be the next one. They're going to be looking to take down and, 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 and call, uh, uh, Charlotte and Nora Fraud, Linda. So watch what you say, because they're always watching. Well, I guess I will. No, but, but are you a doctor? No, Linda, uh, let me ask you this question. W what does a doctor do? Well, a doctor he, he writes prescriptions. Okay, Linda, you're on the right track. What else does a doctor do? A uh, doctor char you know, sends you bills. Okay, Linda, exactly. What else does a doctor do? Uh, doctor, you know, maybe spends too much time. Okay, Linda, uh, anything else a doctor may or may not do. A uh, doctor can write referrals. Okay, okay, so sounds a bit like uh, a doer and not a doctor or a donter. Well, I never thought about that. That's uh, interesting. So are you a doctor? Well, I'll tell you what, Linda, thousands of years ago, when man and woman helped man and woman, and they were empowered by a life of uh, the simplicity, uh, they had doctors back then, I believe. Oh, did they? And, and those doctors were considered healers, Linda, the doctors that helped you get better. So if that's how you're defining a doctor, then I'm going to teach you to be a doctor. And all of you out there in our, our audience listening, you're going to make us doctors. Well, I'm going to make you healers, Linda. He heal, doctor, heal yourself and then heal the world. As uh, someone once sang, I think that was change the world, but that's fine. Now, are you a scientist? Well, Linda, let me ask you a silly question here. Is, is the world round? Is is this a trick question, uh, uh, Doctor Halls? Uh, Linda, is is the world round? Uh, our Earth or the the oh, see, Linda, that's a, you're you're overthinking the question. But I'll tell you what: if you asked a scientist a thousand years ago if the world was round, they would have told you it was flat. And now, if you ask a scientist, you know, if the world's round, they look at you like your head is square, Linda. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Like your, your, head, your head is a bit square, though. Well, Linda, many years ago before, in earlier times when things were simpler, scientists merely observed things. As uh, Newton once said, he said, apples fall to the ground. There's a force bringing the apples to the ground. He didn't bother with all the other stuff, Linda. 
and he was a scientist. And now, if he's a scientist, then I'm a scientist and you're a scientist. Do you understand what I'm saying, Linda? No, but I think maybe, you know, I've, I, I do these interviews, you know, this is a eye on science. Let's put our eyes on science. What do you say, doctor? Well, Linda, I think that's a great idea. Well, well doctor, why don't you tell us why you you have exciting exciting news about your institute, and I've just been bubbling, waiting to hear it. Why don't you tell us some of the things you've discovered at your your institute? Well, Linda, we've discovered a way. Since, since the dawn of humankind, Linda, people have been asking themselves, how do I get ahead? How do I feel stronger? Why is my body aging? Why can't I feel and be more attractive? Jeez, I, why am I so tired? Why am I so... Millions of questions people today ask themselves. But they've been asking themselves this for thousands and thousands of years, Linda. And do you have an answer? Linda, I'm, I'm happy to announce to you and the listening audience that I do. So you know why we're aging? Isn't it something like our cells are getting older? And Warner, no, Linda, I have the answer to the question behind the the answer to the question behind the question you just asked. Oh, what question is that? Can I stop the aging process? Can I be more attractive? Can I make more money? Can I have unlimited success? And Linda, I'm happy to tell you, I've discovered the answer to all these questions, and the answer. Is, is, is it yes? It is yes, Linda. Well, wow, that must be so complicated because I know I've read about the workouts LeBron James does or stuff about how much work it is or that, you know, stopping the aging process is a, a natural process would be impossible. In our world, it would, Linda. And that's why we at the Institute are transpatial. We believe, we, we've, we've grabbed the code of transpatial transformation, Linda. Now, transpatial, that was a word you said before. It almost sounds like a made-up word. Is that a made-up word? Linda, it's a word we've discovered here at the Institute because there didn't a word exist before uh, for, for what we've uncovered. Well, Linda, I'm happy to tell you that not only is transpatial transformation possible, it's incredibly easy. Well, this is this is amazing stuff. But do you have a, a personal story that could put it into simpler and more folksy terms for us? Well, Linda, I do happen to have a story about a boy, a young man, in, in the heartland of our country, where the grass grows like wheat and the corn stands tall. And men and women go to work every day, and they push their sleeves up, and they work hard to bring home food for the family. Well, that sounds like a wonderful place. And, you know, Linda, we all know it's a place that's disappearing around these here parts. But, 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 but not long ago, maybe just two or three generations ago, there was a young man. And he was raised in those parts by a loving, a loving set of parents. And the parents worked hard every day to make sure this boy and the rest of his family had food and, and education and, and things like discipline and understanding 
and those things. Now, they didn't have the finer things in life, Linda. Oh, well, not, not, not all of us can have those things. But then one day, uh, you know, a big, big, big company came, and, and the family lost a farm, Linda. And the boy overheard some things, and he wanted to save the farm. And he had got this crazy idea that if he ran away and hid in a cave for a while, he could save the farm. Well, that that doesn't make any sense. Well, this boy did, Linda. And this boy went away to a cave, and he had already had a cave. He, was, he called it his crying cave, where he would go and cry. I just feel like you, this story, even the way you're telling it, is so... I, I feel like I'm there with this boy. Tell me more. Well, this boy went down to his crying cave, Linda, and he cried. He cried about the farm, cried about his favorite cow. And he said to himself, I'm not going to let these city slickers come and take my cow and make my father frown and my mother, uh, you know, fritter about. And he said to himself, I've been in this cave and cried so many times, but no tears today. I'm staying in this cave till the farm is saved. Now, I went, Linda, what, what, what would uh, a city slicker tell you happened? Now, if you were writing a story in New York City, what would you say happened? Well, I, I, I hate to do this because I, I actually I do live in, in, I live in New Rochelle, but it's close. But I would say, unfortunately, that the boy probably lost the farm, but maybe he learned a life lesson that made him stronger. And maybe he started a car company or a chemical company. Or an agribusiness company. Well, Linda, you'd be wrong. Because the boy left the cave. Uh, the boy left the cave and the farm was saved, Linda. Well, well, well how was it saved? What, what, it sounds like, was this a, was this a, a bank? Uh, Linda, the details of these stories don't matter. What matters is, Linda, that against all likelihood, just as you, you saw, just like the uh, banks saw, they said, oh, we're going to take this here farm from this family for no reason. We're going to upturn their roots and the way of doing things. And we're going to impose our will on this family because we can. And this boy, he wouldn't have it. He ran away and I hid. And, and he did cry in his crying cave, but he still saved the farm. Well, I don't, I still don't understand how that's possible. Well, this boy uh, traveled into another dimension, a transpatial dimension across a transverse plane. I uh, went into this dimension, uh, went into another, uh, you know, this is complicated stuff, but this boy had the sense uh, to work hard in his transdimensional journey and put his sleeves up, put his nose to the grindstone, and through pure will alone, Linda, he traveled across dimensions and changed the fate and empowered his family forever. Okay, uh, and I... Uh, in the cave. Uh, not exactly, Linda. He left the cave and traveled transdimensionally. Into it's complicated, Linda. Don't don't try to wrap your head around it because it doesn't make any sense. It almost sounds like you've traveled into that dimension. You you've you've changed and your aura's changed and you've become so authoritative suddenly. And while I don't understand this story, I understand the fact. That the boy got exactly what did he get everything he wanted, everything and more, Linda. This boy got health, wealth, power, love, 
He made his mother smile, and his father patted him on the back. And the bankers were the ones crying and frittering away and returning to the city with their heads bowed. And no one was the wiser. Well, didn't they ask why or what happened? No one, Linda. No one needed to understand. It just all made sense somehow. And that's the science of it that we've been studying here at the Institute. What happened in that cave? What happened to the boy? Was he spinning a yarn? Well, I could tell you not, because I was that boy, Linda. And I can tell you what happened is that within my crying cave, I found a portal uh, to, the, to, to what many have called the transverse plane that may sit atop or around all oh, the universes that the uh, uh, famous scientists have been trying to unlock. Well, that's that. This is amazing. But you know, how much would it be to get into that cave, well, Linda? What if I told you you don't have to go to that cave? What if I told you that cave had come to me? And I, it just happened to, that portal just happened to open up at the right time when I needed it. Well, I would say that, uh, that, that, uh, that really doesn't make any sense then. Well, Linda, I gotta tell you, you're asking me a lot of tough questions, and I'm glad you're asking the hard questions, because the people out there, they deserve answers. And that's why I set aside all this time to get to this interview. But I gotta tell you, after, well, I got to ask you, what happened in the plane? I'm, I'm interested. So did did you black, did you hit your head or did you, was it, did do you have any history of episodes? Were you conscious? Was there any other beings there? Oh, Linda, now you're talking like somebody from the FDA. I thought you were here looking for answers and not questions. Well... Oh, you're, you're, well, 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 I thought you were looking for yeses, Linda. Power, wealth, those are those the things you, you asked about earlier. Because, Linda, I got to tell you, I have access. We at the Institute have been working on advanced scientific methods, science-like methods, maybe. That I think I, wait one second. Okay, Jerry says I got to see science-like methods. And they've built their houses on a foundation of lies, Linda. Now, I have a crossroads I've been facing because it's like I could either take all this information, all the power I know, and use it to fight these people, these ignoramuses, uh, these bureaucrats, or I could give it to the people that really need it, Linda. The people out there that are suffering, the people that have psoriasis, the people that are lonely, the people that have been passed up for jobs. The people that just say, geez, I just want to look like 10 years younger. And I wish I had a way to do that. If I did that, I'd be happy. Linda, that's, uh, that's, those are the people I'm looking to help. The people like you and me, regular people. So, Linda, we, we, the scientists, uh, we, the Institute, have been working day and night for the past 20 to 30 years. And due to my personal dedication, now, how many people work at the, well, Linda, let's, let's focus here. Linda, too, because my personal dedication was, Jesus, not everybody can have a cave. How can we replicate this and make it easy for people to have a transpatial transport, trans, transformation? Well, it'd be great if it was as easy as popping a pill. Well, Linda, how about if it was a little bit easier than that? Well, how could it be easier than that? But what about it, Linda? Uh, just a little bit of liquid. As a matter of fact, a great taste in liquid in four flavors. That not only includes the ability 
to cross over to the transverse plane, but also all your recommended you know, vitamins and other supplements, and you just take it at bedtime. So I would just drink this at bedtime. What would what would this what what, what, what do you call it? Like we Linda, we like to call it transy. Uh, transy. Yes, it, it's a uh, we call it transy, Linda. It, it's just like a vitamin supplement. We have bubble gum, cherry, cola, root beer, and coming in the fall, we'll we'll probably have uh, peppermint and chamomile, Linda. But what we discovered at the Institute, Linda, I said, what was in that cave that was so special that brought this little boy? The ability to travel to another universe to save his family's farm. Through means that's too complicated to explain at this time. And we traveled that cave using advanced scientific instruments, Linda. And you know what we found out? What did you find out? That the cave and the rocks in that cave were full of elements, Linda. Uh, what kind of elements? Uh, Linda, would you believe natural elements were in that cave? But natural, 100% natural earth elements. That's right, Linda. Elements that used to be in our diet back when we were simpler people. And they, they were in abundance until the modern age stripped these things from our diet. And we believe at the Institute that years and years ago, uh, people would have this in abundance and they could travel in that traveling to the transverse plane was a fairly normal experience for ancient man. And that would explain our current obesity crisis, our current sleep crisis, crime, unparalleled dissatisfaction. And would you agree all those things are in abundance in our world? Oh, yes. And would you believe, Linda, it's just a matter of modern man lacking the right type of minerals within his body, within his or her body, to access a transverse plane. And some people might say, uh, now let me ask you a question, are you saying this would be like a religious experience, or like crossing over into heaven, or something like that? Oh, no, no, Linda, this would be as simple as, you. you, you do you have a gym membership, Linda? Uh, well, yes, I, I do. And do you go? You ever go to the movies and you say, "Oh, this is a romantic comedy. I need a little romance." As a matter of fact, I do. Okay, Linda. Well, and how much do you think you you spend good money on those things, don't you? And and it just brings you a little bit of a temporary fix, or you have a gym membership and you feel bad about yourself because you don't go enough. Yeah, you're right. These are the the ills of modern man businesses. Taking advantage when all it is is a, is a lack of proper elements. Now, we at the Institute have worked hard uh, to find the, the right uh, secret blend of the elements. And we've used DNA carbon basing. We've analyzed the caves and we've even analyzed uh, so, some of ancient man to say, geez, what was going on in these people's bodies? That enabled them to be so young and thin and strong and happy, virile and powerful. Okay, so tell so so I just drink this supplement and then I find myself lost in another world? Oh no 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 Linda, it's so much more simpler than that. That's the magic that, that ancient man knew so much better than me than, than we did, Linda. You know, the ancient man used to sleep in caves with paintings. 
And if you went through with a torch now, you, it seemed like the paintings moved. And there was all sorts of theories about those paintings and those caves and such things. And for thousands of years, so-called psychiatrists and psychologists and brain, brain analyzers have tried to unlock uh, the power of human beings' dreams, Linda. And Linda, you always ever have dreams, and you don't, they don't seem to make any sense to you. Or in your dreams, it's a little bit like your life. You, you get close to getting what you want, but then you just can't quite get it. Because you, te- you, know, you can't speak, or you, can't, you don't have clothes on. Or your, your your teeth are missing or something like that. Or, you know, you have a tentacle instead of an arm. Well, yeah, that, that happens to me all the time. It's lack of elements, Linda. Now, ancient man knew better. They would simply go to sleep. And when they dreamed, as they call it nowadays, ancient man was really crossing over into the transverse plane, which is just as real as you and I sitting here, Linda. Well, it doesn't get any realer than this. And when they crossed over, ancient man would have adventures. They would learn how to become a warrior. They would have great love affairs. They'd have battles with the gods and goddesses. You ever wonder where all this nincompoopy literature comes from, Linda? Ancient stuff and these crazy ideas. It was just adventures in the transverse plane. And all those dreams you have that are just as unfulfilled as, that are just as unfulfilled. Now, wait, 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 let me ask you a question, because I see the way, Linda, have you ever had a dream full of satisfaction, full of joy, full of passion? I have. And Linda, how did you, how did you feel after that dream? I, I felt wonderful and, and a bit forlorn. And Linda, did, did the dream affect you for days afterwards? You felt good for a few days afterwards. I did. I felt like I was walking with George Clooney on cloud nine. And Matt Damon, but he was, he was still asleep. But yes, I did. But Linda, what if you real, what if, what if every once in a while we get the right balance of elements? Didn't you wake up and you could have sworn that dream was real, Linda? Well, I, I, you're right. You're right. I, I, I could. Linda, what if you, it was real? Well, that's just that's just silly. It sounds silly. Who does it sound silly to, Linda? To you or the person you're thinking about that's going to criticize you for believing it could be real? I I I, I don't know what to say. Well, Linda, now we're, we're now we're getting somewhere. If we could just get you rebalanced and get some of these vital elements restocked in your body. You could just be like your ancient sisters. Years, you've heard of uh, wizards and warlocks and witches, Linda. What if those things were real? Didn't little Linda ever fantasize about flying on a unicorn with, you know, whoever it was? But then also having an experience there that you can bring back to your regular life. You feel younger, Linda. You look younger. And suddenly you find you're getting what you want in your life. Because when you go over the transverse plane, the transverse plane knows how to provide for you what you really need. And that's another part of our secret program, is as you drink trancy, you're going to just uh, say out loud an affirmation of what you want. 
and you're going to speak it out to the tra- to transy. I like to say it right in the bottle, right after I drink it. And I, lately, I'll be honest with Linda, it's a different Linda. I say, I'd like to kiss Linda Cone. And, that, and it hasn't, hasn't happened yet, but I think that's just a lack. I've been working so hard, my elements are so out of whack, Linda. But anyway, that's all you do. You go to sleep. So I just go to sleep, and, and I say, I want popping buys, and the next day I wake up and I have popping buys. Well, and if it was only that easy, not, nothing, we, we all know, I'm not here to sell snake oil. Nothing happens in one night. It's a process. But when you do cross over in the transverse plane, you will have the common sense, and you'll have eight hours. You'll be recovering eight hours of your life, and you'll be working out. And you may not even remember the next day working out. You might not even feel, because you, when you're working out of there, on a transverse plane, there, there's a level of higher intelligence there. Because there's none of this mishmash nonsense in our world. So you'll probably work out a little bit less, a little bit slower. And it could be, you could supplement it here. And you'll find your workout skyrocketing, Linda. You'll find any effort you put in this life uh, will pay off tenfold in the other world. Okay. So it takes time. That that sounds reasonable. I, I thought you were going to say it's instant cure. And, I, you know, we all know that's that's a load of malarkey. That's right, Linda. That's what they sell at grocery stores, a load of malarkey. But I'm not here. I'm here selling real answers to real problems. Well, what if I'm, what if I, my sister, she says, Linda, how do you do it? How do you go on those shows and interview those brilliant, brilliant scientists? I'm afraid I have, uh, you know, performance anxiety. What about her? Uh, Linda, you, you, you already know the answer. She just takes some transy. She tells, you know, she says, geez, I'd like to be, I'd like to develop some confidence. I'd like to perform. And I can guarantee you, once her elements are rebalanced, but even before they're fully rebalanced, she's going to start to have dreams of her being a star. And if she sticks with the program, Linda, you know, the potential is unlimited. But but that's the other side of it. you got to stick with, you know, the, nothing happened. Rome was not built in a day, Linda. And your dreams can't be answered in one day. You know, one trip to the transverse plane, you'll just barely be able to find your way around. Now, I got a quick question. Do we actually go to the transverse plane or we just dreaming of it. We physically, Linda, now you're talking metaphysics, and that's above my pay grade. But I believe if if you just test this program out, you're going to find out the answer for yourself. And it's probably worth a try. Well, I got to tell you, if, if what you're telling me is real, you're telling me the truth, I swear on my heart, Linda. That all I need to do is drink a little, wonder, you said it's a wonderful tasting, I take vitamins already. That's right, Linda. You don't have to buy vitamins anymore. And I just take this at bedtime, and I say, geez, this is what I'm, this is what I would like. You know, my, what about my ankle, my right ankle? I could, Linda, there's a, you can heal yourself, I told you that already. And so I would just say, fix my ankle. Because the doctor said it's, they said it's uh, that kind of arthritis that can't be cured. Linda, who do the doctors really work for? Come on now. Do they work for you? 
do you have you ever signed a check a hundred percent to the doctor? Well, I, I, you're, you're right about that. So, and I would, and yeah, when do you just give it time? Just like all things in all good time. Now, I can't make any guarantees because this is the kind of road only a brave person that really wants something can travel down. Okay, well, now here's where we get to the, this is where we get to the gotcha moment. I figured it out now because you've gotten over all my objections and you've told me that all my dreams are possible in my dreams. You've told me how to do it, but now you're going to tell me how much it costs and I'm going to say, oh, goodness gracious, no. Well, and how about if I told you uh, I could start you out for free and everyone listening just tonight. Tonight only, you know, but in some parts of the world, it might be not be night. So everyone that's listening right now, I can give you 30 days of this program, 100% free, including shipping and handling, Linda. Well, that's usually, that's a gotcha thing you say, free, $30 shipping and handling, and then it's just sugar water. Yeah, that's how those agribusiness people do it, Linda, but not me, not, not the Institute. You know, you're looking at a boy who's cried in a crying cave and saved a farm, Linda. I'm the God's honest truth, and I want to help you and every listener start down the path to your dreams, and that's why I'm offering it for free. Because, Linda, we all know anybody can pitch. There's a pitch man in every corner, Linda. There's an advertisement on every channel. I could tell you everything you want, but if your neighbor Larry tells you, Linda, my gorder's been got because of this stuff. You're going to believe him. If he, you see him with the woman of his dreams tomorrow, you're going to say, Larry, what did you do? You don't even, you know, your your teeth are, oh, wait, your teeth aren't green anymore, and you have a bride. And she, she seems, you say, Linda, my elements are in alignment now. Well, this just sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Uh, there is no catch, Linda. You take uh, a 30 day splat transit, you try it out, and if you like it, you know, when you order the first transit, we'll say, We'll take your credit card number, and at a convenience, we'll send you the second month when you're done with the first month. But I can tell you, if you're like me and you say, Jesus, this is, you, you'll know after four or five days if you want to keep trying it. And if you do, We'll just keep sending it to you month after month, and we're going to have new flavors. And every month it'll come right to your doorstep, the answers to all your problems. But 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 they aren't the answer to your problem. You are, Linda. We're just helping you get back in alignment and head over to the transverse plane to get it all worked out. Well, that, that just sounds wonderful. And what, what a generous offer that, Linda. I consider it as a cost advertising because I'm so confident that everyone here is going to try this. And not only are they going to tell everybody and their cousin to buy Trancy, but the world is suddenly going to be a much more wonderful place to live in, Linda. And I can tell you when I run, you know, when I run, run into Larry at a red light next time, he's going to say, go right ahead. Look at me and my, my nice teeth and my nice lady friend now. I'm as happy as a clam. You know, road rage will disappear, Linda. Crime will disappear. Obesity will disappear. Riff raff will disappear, and all those things are possible with just one bottle of transy. I mean, one bottle every day for you know, for for for, for are you saying forever? 
Well, and that's going to be your choice. You know, we once you subscribe, our operators are standing by. You can order it on the Internet. We've got ourselves a transi app with two Zs, though. Don't, you know, the one with one Z is a different, but, but a transi app with two Zs. However you prefer, you want to write us a chicken money order or a, uh, you know, cash on the barrel head, Linda, we'll, we'll work with you. Because I just want to help. I just want to help make this world a better place. And I tell you, Linda, all the people, you know, I, I tend to get hot-headed and rail against everybody. But the one thing I want to put out of business are crying caves, Linda. Because I don't want any more boys losing their farm. Any more Linda's losing their doll. I found your doll, by the way, when I was in the transverse plane. Snooky. Uh, the bunny with one ear. Wait a second. No. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a fix. Do you have Snooky? What color is Snooky? Uh, Snooky's uh, 50% pink and 50% turquoise because your parents, they, they said when you were born, oh, it's really Snooky. Oh, it, uh, here it is, Linda, and I had it, and I, I, I did. I came across this in a dream, and I brought it back for you. Oh my goodness! I'm so happy. Uh, so that's it, Linda. That's a simple product, a simple solution for complicated problems. You know, and it all happens at night. You know, people talk about being more efficient. We've got eight hours of time, and I, I, I and the fine people of my institute have finally unlocked that time. And I'm proud to offer this worldwide. I'm not just going to help us here in the U.S. of A. I want to help our brothers and sisters, almost everyone across the globe, you know, with a few exceptions, uh, have access to this product across the globe so we can finally say enough is enough. And I want everyone's elements to be in alignment, Linda. Linda, you, you seem speechless and you're just rubbing your face with Snookies or whatever it was called. Yes, I just, oh, this is the greatest day of my life. Transy, thank you. Okay, Lynn, I'll take off. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see, you're going to hear uh, clearly how, you you know what, I don't even need to advertise. You know how to find us. You know you want to find us. The solution will be at your doorstep. And I'll tell you what, it's not just free shipping and handling, it's free two-day shipping and handling. Oh, you know what? I'm just kidding. My accountant said, no, do not offer overnight shipping. But I'm going to offer it to you because I know there's plenty of you out there that want to get your hands on transit and want to get it started. You want to start the rest of your life, I think. So go ahead and call Google. You'll find out the number. And join us here. And, and a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to join the transit family. That's why I'm going to make one more offer to any of you that are still out there that are on the fence. That want to cross over into the transverse plane every single night. I got two offers for you, ladies. And one is double strength transy. Double the elements. And so you get to, you get to, you know, when is double bad? You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Double the elements. You know, double double the trip over there. It trains the extra strength. And this is only going to be available for a short, short time. So call and contact us immediately. But those of you that uh, happen to be listening right now, I want to call you my transy family, my, my close personal friends. 
And if you want to cross over there with me, and you say, well, geez, I don't know about this. It kind of sounds a little different, a little the kinds of, you know, I'm not the kind of person that just goes crossing over the transverse plane by myself. Uh, I understand that, and you could become a member of the, the transy community group. And that's just an extra a tiny monthly charge where you can have a transy, where where you can have your own transpersonal coach, and you can meet people that are just like you. They say, geez, I, I, I want to lose five pounds. I just want to transverse in the transverse plane and lose five pounds. Where you can hear and tell stories of your personal transformation, where you can see miracles firsthand, and where you can help your fa- fellow transy family members uh, unlock their potential. Think, think of all that. So you can join the, the Transy family. That's the Transy Surprise Society plan. And that's only going to be open for a little minute. Because, you know, we can't just take everybody. But you folks that are listening right now, I get the sense because I've already met you. You know, because I'm almost fully restocked with my elements. And you might say, what element? I say, save that for the FDA. You know, they don't work for you and me, okay? And I would say if they wanted to know what elements restack your body if I transverse to the transverse plane, they would have told you, but they don't want you to know. In fact, they're probably afraid because they say, geez, if Bert was happy, what would we sell him? Right? Uh, exactly. So I want to thank all you folks for your time. I want to thank Linda, Linda Cohn, if you have to be listening you know, I'll be making out with you soon in the transverse plane, but I will not interrupt your wonderful life here in the, you know, normal world. So that'll just be, you know, my, our private business. Well, I get, uh, anyway, don't worry about it. I get a little distracted myself. I has, you know, uh, but anyway, folks, I'm so happy to be able to offer this to you. I want to thank you for your time, and I want to wish all of you the best. And those of you that are brave enough, those of you that are too afraid, those of you that say this is nonsense, there's no transverse plane, this is a bunch of jokes, I feel bad for you folks. Because it's 30 days free, well, why wouldn't you try it? That's just a part of your brain talking that doesn't believe in second chances, but here at the Institute, we believe in a chance every night, a chance to unlock your dreams, power, youth, wealth, health, love, weight loss, all of those things available to you right at your doorstep. Transy. Transform your life right now for free. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for this honor and opportunity to enable you to empower yourself every single night of the rest of your life, which will be a life worth living. So contact us today. Before, you know, be, I would say contact us immediately because once we get your address and stuff and your credit card bill, or your, you know, it would be better if you give us your bank numbers. You know, even when the government tries to step in and block this miracle program, we'll get it to you. We will find a way, because I will not be stopped. 
Transit will not be stopped. Progress will not be stopped, ladies and gentlemen. I'm proud to be here. And I'm proud to be here to help you help yourself. Thank you so much. I want to thank uh, over on Twitter. I want to thank Rachel B. T. Chicago Girl. Lace Face. Uh, Drop Point. I want to thank L Magazine UK for writing us a nice little blurb in there. You know, about being the podcast to help you fall asleep. So that was nice. And I said, Jesus, could you, could you guys put Tommen on the cover? And they said, the actor that plays Tommen. And then I said, never mind, this is a crank call. And they said, we were in the middle of the, talking to you. We said, they said, oh, I've gone into a fugue state crank call. Goodbye. And then they said, they said, hey, they were so nice. They said, hey, we're not going to pull that nice blurb we wrote about you. You probably, you know, that's why you put make the podcast that puts you, you're quirky. They have a different term for it in the U.K., uh, effing weirdo, but, you know, the same difference. I mean, even different than that, but it's fine. So that's L-U-K, thank you. Uh, Facebook, Jubilee F. Uh, Laura, Alexandra, Christian, Caleb, Justin, thank you. Over on YouTube, I want to thank Josh C. I want to thank VN Graveyard for the ASMR tip. Thank you. I want to thank Andrea Girl, who I think is different than our longtime huge supporter, Andrea G. Uh, Email-wise, I want to thank Aaron and Cole. I want to thank Meg. I want to thank my sister-in-law, Julie, and my sister-in-law, Flannery. Both separately emailed me this week about the podcast. So wonderful. And on behalf of Flannery, I wanted to give a shout out, big shout out to uh, Vivian and Thomas. Welcome to the family. My new, uh, say, I guess Vivian can't be my sister in law, but you could be my, you know, uh, Boar sister in law. And, and Thomas, Boar brother in law, congratulations. Welcome to the family. You know, doll, you know, no hugging. Maybe sometimes I hug, but mostly dolls all around. So that's that. Uh, over on iTunes, I want to thank Zodiac Abstract for the uh, review. Works like a magic mythic elixir. And wait till you hear tonight's episode. So, uh, well, you'll probably be asleep for it. But if you're not, uh, elixir, so you know, elixir-related episode, believe it or not. Well, pay, you know, pay to pay. You'll see. You'll see. I say just so Zodiac Abstract, thank you so much. This uh, soothing, calming, uh, quietly humorous podcast, and they're hooked. Uh, listen to it sometimes once, sometimes twice. Uh, thank you, Zodiac Abstract. If you want to review the podcast, anyone else, uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Uh, it'd be a big help. It helps us uh, stay uh, you know, when people search for sleep, if I think, I, see, I don't know, it just shows your opinion. You say, hey, I relate to that. I, I just do it for that. Thank you so much. And let's get on to the show. <laughs> 